Hello fellow homebrewers, JP here, and I want to introduce to you the brand new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Series available at More Beer. More Beer sells the highest standard in homebrewing equipment, and the Brewbuilt Conicals are just that. They're made from mere polished 304 stainless steel, and they come with loads of features that you and I have been looking for. They have a full 2-inch bottom dump valve, which will eliminate your clogging issues, while the sturdy base includes four reinforced legs, just like those big pro tanks do. More Beer also carries the Brewbuilt line of options and add-ons like casters, pressure kits, and even external glycol chillers. So you can find out more about the new Brewbuilt X1 Conical Unitanks by going over to morebeer.com for detailed videos on the entire line of Brewbuilt Conicals. You can trust Brewbuilt with your next fermentation, and you can trust More Beer to find the right conical for you. Brewbuilt at morebeer.com. Today's Sunday session is brought to you by More Beer, the makers of the all-new Ultimate Conical Fermenter. Check them out today at morebeer.com. We bought dogfish heads, old brew house. They just have a more of a connection with this living organism. And let me tell you, that was a piece of shit. Well, it doesn't help that we got like 12 dudes in here. I feel like Sam bent me over. Pre- preferentially, I think you'd be naked the entire time. Sam's a walking boner. Well, don't get used to it. Going right now. I don't get those cues that well. Maybe because I'm not freaking gay. Sometimes you need to take a step back and just go, You're kind of small. You're climbing that manhole pretty easy. In defense of your wiener, your balls are gigantic. <laughs> no. Seriously, we're oh, um, sideshow big. Oh. Sweet God. <laughs> now, live from the Brewing Network Studios in Northern California, this is the radio program for home brewers, craft brewers, beer lovers, and beer geeks. It's your only source for live beer radio that brings expert brewers together with, well, expert drinkers. This is the radio program with a head on it. This is The Session. Not as much to do this week. We can relax. Oh, great. I'm already, I'm already half asleep, man. Well, I don't mean that. Oh, that's too bad. Relax. More importantly, why did anybody tell me that Whitesnake has a new album out? Oh, man. You, you know what? You told us. I mean, we I, told, I told you. you guys today. Why right. didn't anybody tell me before? It's been out for like a week. For a week? I think so. Mm. You know that this stuff is important to me. You are such a loser. Well, and you already listened to enough bad music. I figured maybe you didn't need more. Yeah, they're oh. going on tour with Steel Panther. <laughs> oh, well, you if know they, there's going to be a tour. That would be pretty sick. Oh, yeah, if they had never... Steel Panther open, um, I would go. Not that I wouldn't anyway. Let's face it. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> it's a White Snake show. You got to go. Yeah. But how many albums has White Snake had since 1988 until today? You got to wonder. I don't know. Three. Uh, let me see. Three? Yeah. yeah. Only three, and they're Only still three. talked about. That's pretty good. <laughs> right. That's pretty good. Well, this one's going to be a hit. Maybe it'll be their comeback. <laughs> they can ride the whole 80s revival thing. It already is a hit. Yeah. What do you mean? Let's see. There was one in 84. Oh. Slide it in. Slide it in, yeah. Jesus. <laughs> what are they talking about? The new bad boys of rock and roll, White Snake, with their album Slide It In. 87's album White Snake was the one. Yeah, that was the hit. The it's self-titled? That was the Skyrocketed. You want to hear a little bit of the new White Snake? No. What are you crazy? Of course I do. Yeah. 
Check this out. Yeah. Um, I said no. Too power, bad. Power ballad hit single. That's pretty. That's some saying? angry shit right there, buddy. Nate, you like that. Oh, hell yeah. <laughs> I don't know, man. It's not very glam rock anymore. No? It's still very L.A. sounding. It's, yeah, it's, it's L.A. rock and roll. Yeah. Right. A little Sunset Strip action. Oh, yeah. I think he sounds a little more like Ronnie James Dio nowadays. Than he did before. A little more Ronnie James, a little less day, um, uh, Led Zeppelin action. Maybe, yeah, you know? Robert Plant. Yeah, he was always Robert a Plant. hybrid, but he was more Robert Plant. He was riding that one a little harder back then. Yeah. The lyrics are as good as ever. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's their audience. He doesn't want to distract it too much, you know. I want it now. Moscow, how many of the original White Snake members are still in the band? Uh, there, that'd be one. David, uh, David covered him. <laughs> what? Uno. Moscow's really comfortable talking about White Snake right now. That's ridiculous that there's only one left. See, this is, is it still White Snake? No, it it's just Snake. White fake. <laughs> just Snake. <laughs> you should have just changed it's it. It's just White, actually. <laughs> Well, he was really impressed on that last uh, set of tours they did around with all the state fairs in the U.S. maybe, and he picked up new musicians along the way. You never know. Right. Yeah. The fastest guitarist in the world. But that's why I'm not getting that glam guitar in there. Right. Yeah. It's a little harder, but still watered down, which is plain old rock and roll. Want to try another one? Kind of. <laughs> all of the names are very... <laughs> give, give me a couple good names, and let's pick one. All right. Uh, let's see. Love Will Set You Free. That's their ballad. You think? I think it's yeah. got to be. Yeah. Uh, tell me how I need you. One of these days, uh, dogs in the street. Oh, that's a good, yeah. Let's do dogs that one. in the street because that can't be bad. <laughs> <laughs> it can't be taking a dump in the street. <laughs> Maybe it was supposed to be logs in the street. <laughs> oh, that's a fast oh, one. There's the metal. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> right. You were right, Jim. Can't be bad. No. I disagree. It's like Molly Crew style riffing right here, yeah. That's glam guitar. <laughs> Their hair just got bigger. We're gonna perform the whole album at BNA6. Done. In cowboy boots. Whoa! <laughs> what? Is he making sound? <laughs> what was that word? Oh yeah. I want to see them all old and triple singing this on stage. Oh, yeah. Oh, dual track vocals. <laughs> nice touch. <laughs> this is real good. He needs right. more auto-tune, though. It doesn't sound this, modern this enough. This is right. White Snake. Dude, this, tell me this is, this is their single, right? It's got to be. Well, let's, let's compare it to full band White Snake. Very similar. There's another 100k of production value here, at least, I think. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll go just to hear this if they're on tour. Oh, he's got to play it. There's no way they're not going to do this. See what you were missing while you were listening to old school rap, Chad? 
Oh, man. Good stuff. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> well, his vocals on this on this shit are way higher. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And not on the new one. You can't, you can't hear him, so they're just mixed down a little bit. Right. Can't take it no more. Can you play this at BNA 6, Nate? Well, we can work on it. I don't know, man. <laughs> I think between you I and Schumann, we could get this yeah, done. Yeah. I got to get my spandex pants out and see if we can whip this one together. I got I something you could borrow. <laughs> it's fine. I think we should get Bevo to sing it. She's the only one who can hit the high notes. Yeah. <laughs> I think we should get Bevo's drunk baby to sing it. <laughs> drunk baby? Well, it'll be drunk, yeah. We should name our BNA6 band after Bevo's fetus. Let's just call it Bevo's Drunk Baby <laughs> is our band name. Yeah. I don't like that name. You don't? Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Bebo's baby should be taken away from her. Banned. That's terrible. No. That's worse. <laughs> I wonder if Dogs in the Street was a response song to Who Let the Dogs Out. You think so? <laughs> Just curious. Well, there you go. So we might have to wow. take a Sunday off if they're on tour in our neighborhood on a Sunday. Uh, Don't expect to hear a show. Yes. I'll tell you that right now. You in, Nate? Oh, yeah. <laughs> at the Oakland Coliseum. I wonder where they would play, actually, oh, if, they, if they did come around here. I think they'd play the Pacheco <laughs> Community <Yeah>. Center. <laughs> the casino. <laughs> I saw Slayer once at uh, San Jose State University in their, in their uh, fucking basketball court. Oh, that's awesome. Half. It was half court, though. It was half court seat. <laughs> <laughs> it was just like, wow. here, you're in this auditorium, but half of it. Well, they reserve the rest for back basketball practice that <laughs> just, day or something? Just close. Yeah. That would be great. Yeah. <laughs> green room back there. Show starts at 3 o'clock. Oh. Yeah. Who else will be on that bill? We should bet as the tour comes closer. Before we look, don't look. No, I was going to look because... You think the, the tour's probably already scheduled, right? Oh, yeah, All right, got Moscow, it. look up the tour. Tell us if it's scheduled. We'll see if we can, if we can bet who's on the bill with them. I'm thinking, um, you know who still plays all the time in these rock show tours is uh, Rat. Oh, Rat. Yeah, <laughs> oh, Rat they do. That would actually be... I didn't even yeah. think they were that good back then. No. I can't believe they're they're the ones who lasted this long. They played the Oakland Metro about a year ago or so. I think that's like a venue that I play. <laughs> <laughs> right. Oh, by the way, we do have a beer show for you today. I'm just oh, yeah, excited about White Snake. But uh, I want to bet first on who's on tour. I might. Th- Rat's a good one. That's a good guess. L. A. Guns. L. A. Yep. There's a there you go. That's another good one. L. A. Guns could easily be on tour with them. Yeah. Yep. They were the shitty version of Guns N' Roses, if you ask me. Yeah. Hmm. Who else? L.A. Guns. Or they have who like came a, first? You LA know who Guns? would be great, just because it'd be funny, is if Cinderella opened yeah, up Yeah, see, there you go. Wow. <laughs> I've never even heard of these people. Or if they like, Skid Row reformed or somebody oh, like that. You could throw yeah. them out, or Warrant or something, you know? You know what would be cool is we should make an all-male... All Band uh, cover band of Cinderella and call it Cinderfella because those girls in Cinderella were kind of <laughs> ugly. I think there already is a Cinderfella. Oh, really? Yeah. Bunch of gay dudes. <laughs> Wait, that was the first lineup. You don't remember oh, this song, yeah. Devo? You're very young. Put the headphones just on your belly for the baby. <laughs> I want the baby to know Cinderella. The yeah. baby can't hear yet. As oh. its as its eyes are forming, I wanted to hear Cinderella. Yeah. This was their ballad. Chad likes this one, I can yeah. tell. Wow. It's a song to people's <laughs> baby. More reverb on vocals, please. I think they're in that stadium you were talking about, Dipper. Yeah. He's like a. He's, no, I've never heard this. He's like a retarded Ace Freely. Yeah, like an Ace Freely. <laughs> wow, you get more retarded than that, I guess. Is there a chorus? Yeah, that's the good part, of course. It's a ballad. Come on. <laughs> can we speed um, along to that? 
Another band that came in from the chat room, Slaughter. Sla- oh, nice oh, one. Slaughter could easily or open. That, oh, yeah. that makes me go the next step to Warrant. Winger. There you go. Winger, Winger, Winger could do it. Winger could do it. This is just a bridge, Bevo. Don't worry. Okay. Well, I don't recognize the bridge either. <laughs> I'll take you to the bridge. Where are you off the bridge? Did I skip it? You oh, live under the bridge. Is this appropriate song for a pregnant lady? <clears throat> I don't think so. About <laughs> Brett Michaels, would he be part of this tour? Poison? He, would, he yeah. could probably easily open for them. <laughs> that would blow. You know who I hated that everybody liked was uh, Scorpions. Oh, oh Scorpions. you can't like Scorpions. Man. They were awful. German, they could open right? for him though. Winds of Change and all that stuff. Tesla might open for them. Oh, oh dude. Tesla, yeah. Um, or uh, uh, Skid Y&T. Row, dude. Yeah. Skid Row would open Skid for Row, them. That, yeah. What's that douche's name? Sebastian, Sebastian Bach. Sebastian Bach, yeah. yeah, man. He opened for Guns N' Roses. He's all cracked up. Played an hour and a half, man. It was good. So Played did you eight. find out who's on the tour? Yeah, Vengeance. Vengeance. I've never heard of that, those guys. I think it just sounds like it, man. Vengeance, huh? Oh, all capitals. Must be good. Yeah, they're serious about <laughs> it's it. It's not vengeance. It's vengeance! Yeah. <laughs> With an exclamation point. <laughs> yeah, the point right in your face. Is your vengeance? What the oh. Whoa. Must oh, be the wrong. Hell yes. Must be the wrong <laughs> vengeance. No, it's the gotta be the nice, the right one. How awesome would that be? They're appealing to a wide audience. My is it? <laughs> that would be great. Let me look and see if there's another vengeance. I think this is Tasty's road trip mix. Right <laughs> Did I spell vengeance wrong? V-E-N-G-E-A-N-C-E. Yeah, I got it right. It's not Vengeance Rising? <laughs> no. Oh, JP no. says it has an exclamation point at the end. Yeah. <laughs> that was Nate. <laughs> oh, Nate I just said it good, belongs in people's faces. Oh. Well, this is Vengeance. Vengeance. Then. Vengeance. vengeance. Hmm. They're from Connecticut. There you go. They're from Connecticut. Mm-hmm. Oh. You know why that doesn't surprise me is Connecticut is a metal state. <laughs> like even That's today, true, actually, yeah. Jack, correct me if I'm wrong. Oh, yeah. There are still tons of metalheads in Connecticut. A lot of denim jackets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Canadian tuxedos. Yeah. And denim pants. Well, according to Vengeance's Facebook page, there are spe- exactly 1,031 metalheads in Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't surprise Oh, it's probably double in many states. Yeah. A lot of metalheads. Oh, David Coverdale does have a very nice shout out to his friends in Japan. And according to Bevo, he has more makeup on than she does. Yeah. You want to hear what he says? Sure. Beloved Japanese friends, I honor, I love, and I respect you, and you are in my heart, my thoughts, and my prayers every day. Respect. Please stay safe and strong through these difficult times. <laughs> love and light, David Coverdale. This white honor. snake. The snake. <laughs> He's got to make sure he makes an announcement to his last audience outside of the United States. Or... <laughs> right. Oh, they're playing Hartford May 12th. Did you say that was to his Jap... Oh, Hartford will blow up. Where are they playing? The <laughs> Civic Center? Uh, the Webster. The Webster. I don't know that place, but I was going to say that Hartford and Jersey is someplace in Jersey are the only two places that they can p- still play a big venue. Oh, yeah. A lot of Everywhere Bar- else they're doing small. And shit like that. Oh, yeah. Is he playing New Haven, too? Mm. Toad's um, Place or something, maybe? Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're playing half their tour in Connecticut, yeah. as a matter of fact. <laughs> no, that's the only Connecticut date, baby. Oh, man. It's going to be a big one. There is not a person listening in Connecticut Ooh. right now that can Moscow? deny how much of a metal state Connecticut <laughs> remains. It's not just that they were in the past. It's just that they never left it. 
They uh, just stayed there. Rhode Island, too. For oh, sure. really? Providence. Oh, yeah. Big metal town. Uh, there's, yeah, quite a few. Well, I play hard rock. And they're stuff. doing Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania, Columbia, Maryland, what Westbury, uh, New York, Biloxi, Kinder, <laughs> Richardson, Texas. They're playing Kinders in Pacheco, I told <laughs> yeah. you. The barbecue joint <laughs> down the City. street. <laughs> I told you. After Oklahoma, at a place called Rocklahoma, they go on to Moscow, St. <laughs> Petersburg, Helsinki, oh, Oslo, wow. Slavburg, UK, Glasgow, Wait, or hang on, Newcastle. Hang on. I really want to go to Rocklahoma. <laughs> Can we do a show from Rocklahoma? <laughs> Oh, cripes. <laughs> Athens, baby. And then we can go on to Balladbama. Oh, yeah. my gosh. Wow, they're playing two gigs in Greece, man. I'm surprised people go over there. California. Just oh, skip yeah. to California. I'm trying, baby. There's metalheads oh. in Greece. So they, 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 they go haul, and then they come back to Lincoln City, Oregon, and then they jump to uh, the WI State, whatever that is, Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Do you have to like click to one by one? Is there not like a list? No, there's a list, but it just takes... They're not playing <sighs> California, no California at all. The only West Coast date is July 29th and 30th in Lincoln City, Oregon at Chinook Winds Casino. <laughs> That's awesome. I'll go see him at a casino. Are we the only metalheads left in California? I think so. They're Us doing and Steel so. Panther. Yep. They're, they're doing a lot of festivals. Uh, you know, you're, I think Europe uh, has a bunch of like metal fests, right? Aren't yeah, they just, yeah. Like, yeah. Every summer. Yeah. Along with Connecticut, that's a place where the metalheads have never gone away. It's <laughs> many places in Europe. It's true. Yeah, Germany, like the, right? Every, yeah, everywhere Germany, they're going. Yeah, Germany, Scandinavia, which you saw on their their tour schedule, of course, and Greece as well. Apparently, is a big metalhead audience yeah, there. Yeah. yeah, well, they're playing two gigs in Greece, baby. How come you're not touring in Europe, Nate? I should be. Like, yeah, could be big over there. No, instead, I'll just hang out here. It's, it's much more comfortable, and we have beer. So. <laughs> Ooh. All right. Well, that's two. But so the closest we can get is Oregon. Yeah, man. There's a lot of rednecks in Oregon. That's yeah. Why. Let's face it. You can go to Portland, where there are normal hippie people and other normal people. But I hear in the backwoods of Oregon. The meth epidemic started in Oregon, apparently. <laughs> it's next that get says real it red. All. Yeah. Uh, really? Why would you not? How can they not play L.A.? Because L.A. doesn't get right. Vegas. No. Are you kidding me? Really? You can't get people in L.A. to come to Lakers games. <laughs> all right. Boy, basketball's all right. All right, good show planned for you today. We got Stephen Beaumont, who is a veteran beer writer, uh, not just for Celebrator Beer News, but he's been doing that for a long time. He does their travel column in there. Uh, he's also got the World of Beer blog, and uh, I think he's written what, like five books? Yeah, Six. five. Yeah. And he's working on his seventh. Does a lot of beer traveling and beer writing. Really opened doors, I think, for a lot of beer writers and was one of the early guys doing it. So we got him on the show. We're going to talk about the beer writing scene and where he's going and what he's doing. He's up to some interesting things, so it'll be fun to talk to him. Stephen Beaumont, you can check him out now. If you go over to, I think you can go to like celebrator.com and, and probably see a couple of his articles. Um, and you can Google him, too, and find out his different books that he's done and get yourself ready for the interview. You can hit the Chat Now button on the homepage and join Bevo in there. She's hanging out. Join her soon because a time will come when she can no longer even fit into the call screener booth. Yeah. Oh, no, it's not a... What are we going to do? We're going to have to move the call screener booth into Schumann's old room. Yeah. Yeah. I'm thinking that I'll have to do it from another room. You're going to need a whole room. Smiling as she says that. <laughs> yeah. Shut up. Well, we I don't have to be in here with you guys. Well, we That's only true. have a week to do it, so we better... <laughs> she almost needs a room right now for the, uh, the, the ladies. Yeah, she, I knew this was going to be a boob topic. Yeah, well, <laughs> I wasn't going there, but it's a it big does topic. Happen. It's a big, big topic. It's a couple, couple big, big topics. Couple big topics. So, um, can I, if I can just call back to White Snake real quick? Sure. The tour that they're doing in Columbia, Maryland, yeah. on Saturday, May fourteenth, the M three Rock Festival. 
Hurt Smile, Sebastian Bach. Oh, oh yeah, there you See? go. Danger, Danger. <laughs> I don't know who that Pretty is. Boy Floyd, Lita Ford. Yeah, Lita. Wow. That was my first show. Slaughter. I probably jerked off. That was your first show? Nice. Faster. Yeah, Lita and Poison. That's awesome. Oh, man. Faster who, who, Pussycat. Who did you jerk off to? Poison or Lita Ford? <laughs> did it matter at that point? They were, they were all tell. pretty hot. Chicks and Poison are red. <laughs> Faster Pussycat. You're doing it four times a day. What would you get everybody. <laughs> yeah. That's right. Firehouse. Fire. I remember Firehouse. Yeah. Great White. Oh, God. Oh, no. I Mr. thought they died in the fire. No. no. <laughs> you no. thought the same thing last week. Well, I think I like Great White. No, no. You just I wanted just, them to I die just in really the fire. Want, I They're hated fans Great did. White. That's right. They it's the not done yet. Play one of their songs. Mr. Big. I love oh, yeah. Mr. Big. Shut up, Bebo. <laughs> I really do. And, this is, and Tesla. Wow. Oh, I thought Tesla. Right? I knew Tesla. I want to go to this show. This is the LA glam metal B and C list. Fuck. You just run <laughs> down right there, Jipper. Yeah, yeah, man. <laughs> this song represents the end of good glam. And it was right at the end, too. They dressed up like a glam band, but played this shit. It's like Leonard Skinner or something. Yeah. I don't know why people bought their albums. Why not just go buy Leonard Skinner? They wanted to die in a fire. I don't know. So all of them lived through the fire? No. <laughs> it wasn't even that band, I thought. No, it was Great White. Yeah, oh, it was it? Yeah. I can't take it. I hate um, them. Okay. Warwick. La- last Goodbye. thing I'm going to say. South Haven, uh, Mississippi. White Snake with Poison. <laughs> yeah, but it's not Poison anymore. It's just Brett Michaels. Sure. But I guess it's not Whitesnake anymore either. It's just right. David Coverdale. <laughs> it's a personality. Oh, it's not a full band, you know. Why don't, they do just, why don't they just form a band, Coverdale Michaels? Ooh, Drowning Pool, Papa Roach, Motley Crue. Wow. Drowning Pool is good. Uh, when, are they playing, are they, when are they playing Connecticut? I'll be there in May. Maybe I can skip out of my old man's wedding Ooh, and go to a Whitesnake show actually, instead. <laughs> They're playing there for three months, so I could probably catch one show. You probably book them for the wedding. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> My dad would love it. He was into White Snake too. Uh, Hartford, Connecticut, Thursday, May twelfth, with Vengeance. Oh, there's a possibility. Or Saturday, May fourteenth, in Columbia, Maryland. Even though it's not Connecticut. Uh, let's see. I'm sure it's close, right? No, I'm still. He- I'm not there to the end of May. Oh well, then you're gonna lose in the end of May. The end of May is when all those kick-ass shows down <laughs> south are going on. Can well, JP, will you do the Sunday session if I go on tour with White Snake? Oh yeah, if you follow White Snake around, sure, man. I'll contribute to the show. I'll bring back sure. reports from uh, the road. Yeah, <laughs> and syphilis. Yeah, just gonna say that. <laughs> well, and it's gonna be all all the roadies are like are the not reports all, all in the, VD. All the groupies are like sixty year old. <laughs> it's the same ones who were there in eighty five. Yeah. <laughs> they're, they're playing in Italy with Judas Priest. I might actually get some ass finally. Ew. Judas Priest. Yeah. That guy died, uh, didn't he? Which guy? Rob Hayden. Rob Halford? Yeah. Judas oh. or Priest? I thought Halford is dead. <laughs> Not. I thought the AIDS got him. <laughs> no. I don't the think AIDS. the AIDS give, got him give yet. Give it time. It'll happen. No. Oh. So he still plays I think with Judas Priest? Yeah, I think he's still going. I yeah. for some reason that the I AIDS thought, got him. I think you're right also, but... Uh, got who? Rob, Rob Halford? Yeah. yeah. Rob Halford, yeah. I don't like all this keeping the same band name, but switching out the bands. I was watching a concert the other day on TV, and Alice in Chains was on. There's wait, nobody wait left in Alice in Chains. Yeah, wait the a minute. The singer is dead. The bass player recently died. 
who's left in that band that's Alice? So they have a new singer who just does the, the same thing, but worse. The record label looks at their roster and says, uh, Why wouldn't you just uh, change your band name at that point? Yeah. If you if all of you guys died... No, I'd still call it The Session. Fuck <laughs> well, yeah, you should. I don't yeah, why would you change it? Because <laughs> you're David Coverdale. In this, in this context, context, right. <laughs> all right. Rob Halford is not dead. He's not dead. And no, only I one see. member of Great White died in that fire. The guitarist. The guitarist. Oh, he deserved learned. it. He was the worst one. <laughs> Fuck that guy. I just learned the, um, the Pantera story yesterday. I don't even oh, know. they Dime, have a story. Dimebag Daryl. Yeah, Dimebag Daryl. Yeah, his assassination on stage. And yeah, that stuff. Yeah. Sam, I saw some guy with a shirt on. And I was like, Is there video? Is that a band? Can you see him? Not that killed? I know of. I don't think That's so. Too bad. Yeah. That's too bad. <laughs> well, you know, his audience came back to haunt him. <laughs> <laughs> Good. You play for dudes like that. So, someone just shot him from the audience. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They, no, they jumped up on no, stage. They jumped up on stage. Yeah. Wow. Yep. It was an ex Marine, I think, or something. The guy was uh, talk about hating their music, not, not doing too well. Yeah, and that's one of those things where I'm sure the audience thought it was part of the show, and everyone was probably clapping. You know, it t- I think it, it was even before the show started. Oh, really? Yeah, they hadn't even played yet. Hey, what time am I supposed to call Steven? Uh, two minutes. In two or go. Minutes. I should take a break then. Uh, all right, good. Hey, well done on the other first segment, everybody. Good job. <laughs> we got our rock out. We got all we, our business we, done there. Yeah. We covered a lot. We jammed out with our clams out. I didn't cover anything. Uh, let's see. Uh, BYOB TV, the show, airs April 23rd here in the Bay Area. You can also go to coffeetv.com and watch online episodes there. Um, SoCal Homebrew Fest. Some of us are going down to that. I think I'll be there. The Beeve will be there uh, with her drunken baby, drunken fetus. <laughs> Drunken husband, you mean? Drunken husband. Yeah, and drunken baby. I'll, I'll also be bringing down a new homebrew called Drunken Fetus. Uh, Bevo's Drunken Fetus Pale Ale. And so you can meet us there at our booth at the SoCal Homebrew Fest in Lake Casitas, California. It's still in Lake Casitas, right? Yes, it is. Okay, good. Do you have plans for your placenta, Bevo? <clears throat> Are you going to, like, dry it? Plans oh, jerky? for it. Gross. Well, that's, it's supposed to be really nutritious. Placenta no. pale. Yeah. Really? Mm, placenta bock. Remember what Bub did when his kids were born? He took the fucking umbilical cord and went out and buried it and then planted a tree on top of it. I do remember that. Yeah. You should do that. What people. a freak. Yeah, wow. that's, that's real weird. Uh, okay, subscribe and join the BN Army. Uh, you can get updates on Twitter and Facebook. I'm sorry, I was looking at show, uh, Send your show ideas to Scott the Jew, uh, who's available at scott at thebrewingnetwork.com. Send feedback to feedback at thebrewingnetwork.com. And we'll do feedback later in the program when we have a little more time to talk about more rock. Yes, Bebo. I have Alonzo on the phone. He just wants to say hi. All right, I got him. Go ahead. Okay. Hey, Alonzo, what's happening? Hey, well, uh, I guess now that you guys are finally getting along with shit, I will try to make this call brief. I just Dad. thought I'd call in since I hadn't for a while and say hi. Yeah, we thought maybe you died in the Great White Fire. I haven't heard from you. <laughs> no, 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 not quite, but... Uh, but almost. Yeah, I guess I just hadn't called in for a while, so... And I had the house all to myself. The wife is... Uh, not around, and I am going to order a hooker, I guess, because it's just me. <laughs> Great. Uh, is she coming home tonight? Do you have to kick the hooker out at any time, or can she stay the night? No, no, she can definitely stay the night, because I'm alone for about three nights. Nice. You what know. do you use for that, Alonzo? you use Craigslist, or you got like a private service like Heidi Flights? Good question. No, I can't use Craigslist anymore. They got rid of that, remember? I don't. I had no idea until you told <laughs> the, me just now. The adult services. Remember, uh, Moscow? Uh, yeah. Yeah, well, now, now they're, uh, all those adult services have moved to offering, quote, massages. So that's where you go. You go to the yeah. massage. JP's part. clearing that up for us. Yeah. Nothing worse than three-day hooker. No. 
I gotta get a fresh one every day. <laughs> well, you gotta, what is this, pretty fucking woman? No. Get out of my hot tub. <laughs> right. And by hot tub, I mean toilet. Yeah. You're getting oh, all foamy. Gross. I'm tired of flushing it for you. <laughs> right. Uh, and I, now, award-winning beer writer Stephen Beaumont. It's, it's good to hear from you, Alonzo. Thanks, man. It is really yeah. good. I call him for Drunk of the Week later. You'll do fine, I'm sure. Empty house and all. All right, I'll take a quick break, and then uh, we'll call up Stephen Beaumont, beer writer extraordinaire. He's a good dude, and he's another Canadian. Uh, so two weeks in a row, uh, we've had the Canadians on the show. It's yeah, like, sorry about that. It's like a takeover. Pretty good, though. All right, hang in there. It's the session. We'll be right back. Listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. In April, more beer keeps slashing prices. In February, they lowered the price on ingredients. In March, they dropped their equipment prices. And now for April, they're cutting prices on their awesome beer ingredient kits. Lower prices on the award-winning kits you've come to love, like Pliny the Elder. Stock up for summer. More than 20 kits are on sale now. All as part of their commitment to bringing you the best value in homebrewing with low prices and free shipping over 59 bucks. And on April 15th, stay tuned for the release of a new More Beer Signature Series kit. Yep, 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 yep. Tasty McDole's famous Janet's Brown Ale. They're proud to donate $1 from each kit sold to the Leukemia and Lymphoma Cancer Foundation. Get more than ever this month from your brewing budget at morebeer.com. Nico, listen, our lawyer said that we had to do this for one hour, and after this, we don't have to talk to each other for three more months until the next meeting. Kids. Come on, let's get out of here. I'm supposed to have more lines. I'm the professional. <clears throat> hey, it's Sully. And I'm Nico. And we opened the 21st Amendment 10 years ago at 563 2nd Street in San Francisco, just two blocks from Giants Park, to make great beer and have a great time doing it. That's right, because to us, the 21st Amendment is more than just the right to make beer. It's the right to experiment, to be innovative, and just do things differently. And so now, we're putting our craft beer in cans. That's right, cans. You can find our world-famous Hell or High Watermelon Wheat Beer at Brew Free or Die IPA in the Northeast, Northwest, parts of the Midwest, and Alaska in cans and on draft. So next time you're at your local neighborhood pub or good beer store, be sure to ask for 21st Amendment in cans. Because everyone likes it in the can. Tasty Crack Cans. Tasty Crack Cans. Hi, I'm Jamel Zanishev, and in addition to my work on the Brewing Network, I write the style profile column in every issue of Brew Your Own magazine. Hi, I'm Sean Paxton, and when I'm not prepping for the homebrewed chef on the Brewing Network, you can find me writing articles on how to cook with your homebrew for Brew Your Own magazine. Greetings, cretins. This is John Palmer, and when I'm not writing for Brew Your Own, I'm reading it. John Palmer, Sean Paxton, Jamil Zanishev. If you love listening to them on the Brewing Network, you'll love reading their articles, tips, and recipes in the pages of Brew Your Own magazine. 
Join Jamil, John, and Sean eight times a year in Brew Your Own. And when you subscribe to BYO on the Brewing Network website, half of your subscription price goes right back to the BN to support great beer and food programming. So sign up for Brew Your Own magazine through the BN website today so you can listen and read your way to better homebrew. I love beer. I'm a brewer. I brew it. I drink it. It's in my blood, really. I'm that guy that pours malt extract on his pancakes. I wish I could just put a good brew in my pocket and take it with me. Now you can. Hey, brewers and beer lovers. Why not eat the energy bar invented by a home brewer using the same ingredients in your brew? Introducing Brew Bar Energy Bars, spelled B-R-U-B-A-R. Malt, oats, vanilla, nuts, cinnamon, coconut. You've put them in your beer, and you'll find them in your Brew Bar Energy Bar. All natural, made with simple ingredients chosen for the highest quality. They're new, different, and have a rich malty flavor and smooth, moist texture, just like a fine craft brew. You can find Brew Bar Energy Bars at BrewBar.com or find a retailer near you. And if you are a retailer, you should contact them and find out how you can sell Brew Bar Energy Bars. Check them out at BrewBar.com. That's B-R-U-B-A-R.com. And follow them on Facebook at Facebook.com slash BrewBar. Remember, it's in your Brew Bar Energy Bar because it's in your brew. California in our rearview mirror, Brewing TV is getting back to what we like to do most, brewing over-the-top beers and hanging out with the dolls. In our latest episode, Dawson pulls out the double D. Yep, that's right, a double decoction. Ooh la la. We brew an all-day Dunkel Keller beer, enjoy an unorthodox black and tan, and check it out, the Predator shows up for a snowball fight. Episode 34, Decoction Day, online now at BrewingTV.com. Sit down next to it, grab yourself a paper towel, and watch those yeast have sex. You're listening to The Brewing Network. The Brewing Network. Saving your life. One beer at a time. Did Moscow bring himself a fody of Anchor today? Nice. No, it was uh, left over in the stripperator from when oh. the Anchor guys were in here. No, that's too bad. I thought maybe you showed up with a paper bag full of Anchor. You thought I'd be wide my own bee? I would have been proud of that. Yeah, we like people who bring beer. Yeah. Anchor right. small and a big paper bag. You won't be so happy that I brought beer later in the show. Oh, <laughs> you taste what oh, I did. I see. Yeah, okay. yeah, later on in today's show, we're going to taste Moscow's first batch of homebrew mm-hmm. that he has decided to share with us. We'll talk about that and... Talk about what went right, and uh, we'll see if anything went wrong. So it's kind of old school. We used to do that with my beer uh, when we came in, and uh, like in the first year or two of shows. And did anything go right with when you did your segment? <laughs> my first two batches Whoa. were better than, than anything I've ever done since. So uh, my first two were okay, actually. If you go back and listen, I think people are like, no, you did, you did okay. And then it went swiftly downhill from there. All right, on the line with us right now, beer writer extraordinaire, Mr. Stephen Beaumont. Stephen, you with us? I am with you. Good evening. Hey, thanks for making it. Sorry for the wait. Oh, no worries. Now, Stephen uh, has been writing for, for longer than, than most of us have been drinking craft beer in this room. Not, not you, of course, Tasty. Um, I think that Stephen's first, uh, <laughs> first blog, did you start, uh, start writing about beer in 96, Stephen? No, no, I started writing about beer in about 1991. 91? 
Yeah. I was still getting stuffed in uh, in dumpsters by seniors in high school. Yeah, I was in high school as well. <laughs> when you were writing about beer, Stephen. By, by seniors in your family. Yeah. yeah. Well, I was in first grade. <laughs> Thank you, Vivo. Vivo was in first grade, Stephen. We're just trying to make you feel welcome. Well, you know, I, I'm, I've grown used to people making me feel old in the beer world now. <laughs> uh, so how did you get into beer writing then back then? Because there there really wasn't anybody doing it, was there? There, Well, there was Michael. Of course, yeah. Uh, yeah. Michael Jackson, okay. you know. Um, Fred Eckert had his book out, The Essentials of Beer Style. Okay. But aside from that, you're right. There wasn't a lot of it going on. Um, I decided I wanted to be a writer as my career and uh being the 90s when they're you know much as today the newspapers were in the doldrums so it seemed like a wise move for someone with no journalism school background to say hey you know what i'll specialize so i specialized in beer okay and, and you were know, you write, write about to... what you love oh and that I, I think do what you love write about what you love but were you able to get anyone to to buy into it and and hire you for that it took me about two years. The first year was just like learning. I, I already had a passion for beer, but I wanted to learn everything I could about beer, which of course meant a lot of time with Michael's books and and tasting alongside Michael through his books. Um, and then there was another year spent talking to editors, and uh, I, I actually lucked out. My first ever beer column was in the largest circulation newspaper in Canada. Really? So I started a bi-weekly column that I continued for about three years. That's pretty impressive, I think, back then, and st- and just starting out as well. Yeah, it was it, it was really uh, a, a lucky thing. I mean, I, it took, as I said, it did take a while to get someone to understand that beer was exciting and interesting and there was a lot to write about. In fact, it still takes a long time to convince people of that even today. But... Um, the, the gent's name was Peter Goddard. He was working at the Toronto Star, and uh, and he believed, and he said, okay, let's give it a shot and see where we go. Now, let me just, uh, I just want to talk about this for a second, because and, and, you mentioned how beer writing, you know, some of these problems still exist today. Mainstream beer coverage today, and I talked to Jay Brooks about this uh, kind of often, too, uh, one of our other favorite beer writers, and mainstream beer coverage today is still shit for the most part. We had a person call us up. You know, we just did the Martinez Beer Festival this weekend, and I had a woman doing the the food and wine section of the Contra Costa Times or something like that. Call up to, to ask me about the festival and then ask about the Brewing Network. I don't think she got a single thing right other than my name. It was, yeah. you know, she was talking to Justin from the Beer Network. Uh, I had said something. She misquoted me. I, I think I said that there were eight breweries all over the bay area was her quote from me <laughs> uh, and you know, all I mean, eight you, yeah my goodness. i mean you name it she got it wrong i'm telling you everything except for my name so coverage in mainstream press still sucks i think you know it it does it, it has improved a lot i mean if you if you go back to like my early days of writing um, the answer that I got more often than not was, well, if we want to do anything about beer, our wine guy's got to do it. And I had a lot of experience then as now with wine guys. Um, the difference then was, you know, the wine guys, I was trying to 
honestly, I was trying to get them to understand beer. I wanted them to, if they were going to be writing about it instead of me, I wanted them to at least be getting it right. Right. So I was out there doing a lot of wine guy education, but they were still getting it wrong, and they and they continue, um, bless their souls, they continue to get it wrong um, as often as they get it right. Uh, but it is a lot better today. Um, you have at least an understanding. I mean, New York Times writes widely about beer. Uh, you know, you see stuff in magazines. Um, Dave Wandrich writes in the Esquire about cocktails primarily, and every once in a while he dips his toe in beer, and, and you know he gets it right more often than not. Okay. Uh, so, so it, it it's really it's a lot better, but there's still, and, and I think the smaller the market, the worse it is, because they don't have the budget. They don't they don't want to send somebody to you know freelancer or or you know somebody to to really learn about beer they say oh you know go over there and and do a story right they don't want to take the time for it and that's why you end up with coverage like you just described yeah and i think that is what happens i also agree with you Stephen. it is getting better i love seeing new york times coverage about beer and i think i think the good coverage from the new york times has only in my experience only happened over the last couple of years i think even before the last couple of years they were still kind of messing about yeah, it's, it, I mean, it's definitely recent, but, you know, he, he gets good people on his tasting panel, people who actually understand. Um, you know, he, he's had uh, Phil from um, Southampton on his tasting panel. He's had Lou Bryson up there. He's, you know, so he's, he's had people who really do know what they're talking about sit down with him and taste beer, and that's, you know, that's a real step forward, Good. as opposed to just like gathering a couple of reporters from the uh, from the newsroom and say, "Hey, let's taste this stuff." And they go, "Wow, this is sour. It must be bad." Right. <laughs> you know. Right. <laughs> well, that's you got to have experienced people, otherwise, it's just a mess. Yeah, exactly. Now, were you able to stick with uh, you know to to make a living on on just beer journalism since ninety one, Stephen? Pretty much, yes. Um, That's amazing. I won't, I, I won't lie. Uh, the first few years were pretty rough. Um, but I think everybody has to, at least once in their adult life, go through that moment where they're not sure how they're going to pay their rent the next month. Oh, yeah. Um, but uh, I, I also do, today I do writing about spirits. I've been writing about spirits for 15 years now. Um and I do some travel writing. I do some consulting work. Um, I've got actually two restaurant consulting jobs on the go right now. Okay. And, of course, I do some speaking engagements. But the, the principal element of it is still um, writing about beer. Sure. So, Stephen, we've been talking about Toronto Star and New York Times and, you know, the newspaper industry in the last, what, five, six years. The Internet has just put a major stick into those spokes. So how has that affected you, if at all? Well, you know, the funny thing about newspapers is um, they've always paid crap. <laughs> it, it, you don't earn a living writing for a newspaper unless you're on staff. As a freelancer, and I, I've never in my life had a staff position. In fact, I've never in my life had a salaried job. Um, I've been either an hourly employee or a freelancer my entire existence all these 47 years. And... Um, it, newspapers were never something that you could rely on. You do them for the exposure to get your name out there. I see. 
uh, and that that's exactly what I did. I mean, the Toronto Star I did for three years. Um, I ended that by publishing my first book, which was the first edition of the Great Canadian Beer Guide. And uh, from there, it, you know, it really helped get getting my name out there and getting me credibility. Yeah, I think that uh, people still, even with the with the internet age now and how popular blogs are and writing. We still root ourselves in terrestrial media. Yeah, there's and more credibility. There's to just it. still more credibility. If, if somebody comes out as just a blogger, it's still a pretty long road to haul before they get their you know any respect about it. I think you're totally right. Blogging sort of has that same stigma, for lack of a better word, that podcast has <laughs> yeah, as really a term. The, you know, people are like, oh, yeah. so just podcast. No, it's the well, same thing that we do. Yeah, we have it yeah. too. Yeah. yeah, and just like podcast. Well, go, go ahead, Stephen. The thing about blogging, and, you know, I, I have a lot of friends who blog. I blog. I have two blogs myself. Um, blogging is great, and I subscribe to a lot of different blogs and, and get a lot of great information out of them. But the thing about blogging is there's no control. There's nobody looking at what you're doing. So that's why the blogosphere is so filled with, you know, a, a lot of just opinion writing that has no basis in fact right mm-hmm. yeah and, and that's that's where i think it loses its status you know i put jay brooks lou bryson um max banson who who uh writes um he used to be in the czech republic now he's over in costa rica um evan rail you know, uh, I, I put these guys up against any uh print journalist around there agreed with yeah. the stuff that they put into their blogs but at the same time, there's, you know, Joe Schmo and his cousin, Eddie Blow, and, you know, all these guys yeah. who are just throwing stuff out there with no rhyme or reason. And they're saying, wow, this beer is the greatest thing that we've ever seen. Um, well, that's because it's 18% alcohol. It's got hops blowing your ears off, but there's no balance to it, and most people can't get a hold of it. Right. Well, and I think they just want free beer. I mean, a lot of yeah, these people, well, like every, every sure. beer that they review is always good. At one of yeah. my favorite, uh, that, so I, there's a lot of people in the room here, Stephen. You'll, you'll hear tons of voices. That was JP. Sure. One of my other co-hosts here, Tasty, one of my favorite uh, quotes he ever said, and, he, and ironically, he said it on Facebook, too, another like social media thing, was he said, I, I wish I was a beer blogger because... They they seem to only get the best beer on earth. Bad <laughs> bad beer doesn't exist if you're a beer blogger. It's a special world they're in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, um, there. I, I've had for twenty years. I've had people saying, "Oh, it's so cool getting free beer all the time, et cetera, et cetera." And you know, I, I'm not lying to you. People do send me beer, but free beer is not necessarily good beer. And I pour an awful lot of beer down the drain, including good beer, simply because I've got to sit here and do tastings on six or seven beers. I'm, I can't finish them all. So good beer goes down the drain, too. But um, you know, you, you, you got to taste everything and rate it on its own merits. Otherwise, it's just, you know, oh, if you send me beers, by definition, I like it. Right. Well, wait, wait. Do you mean you have to actually apply the rules of journalism to beer <laughs> journalism? You know, <laughs> well, I never went to J school, so I don't know. Uh, so you're okay. You oh, get yeah. a pass. Then. You have no code of ethics, <laughs> right? <laughs> now, how did you even get into the whole beer thing, Stephen? I'm always curious to find that out. Uh, well, um, you know, I, I got I got started early because I grew up I grew up in Quebec, 
um, where two things happened. One was my parents had a lenient attitude. They, their approach to alcohol was to get their children to try it in front of them. They didn't want us kind of learning about beer as soon as we became adults and were legally able to drink and, you know, ending up overdoing it, et cetera, et cetera. It's very Irish of them. Um, so I, was, I had my first oh. beer probably around... Um, well, my first taste of beer. It wasn't a whole beer, but probably somewhere around 11, 11 or 12. That a boy. Do you remember what, and, beer, what kind of beer it was? Yeah. What, what brand? You know, I don't remember the brand. I do remember it was at a restaurant called Poor Richard's in Maine, because my family always vacationed in Maine. And it was my brother's beer, actually. He was He was able to order it. And I had a sip of it, and I said, I really like it. And my brother took me aside a little later on. He's older than me, of course. And he said, did you really like it? I said, yeah. He said, Cause most people, when they taste beer, they don't like it. I said, I thought it was really good. Right. And uh, so a beer writer was born. Yeah, a palate born for beer. That's, that's pretty rare. But the other, the other aspect about that is in Quebec, um, when I was growing up, they had a very rigid age of majority law, which is that if you're tall enough to put your money on the counter, you're old enough to buy beer. Oh, really? And I was a tall young guy. <laughs> I so, like that uh, Yeah. I by the time I moved to Ontario at fifteen, I was you know I I actually had brands that I knew I didn't like and brands that I knew I did like. Wow. At fifteen, see, I was now, and we we talked about this with Jay and and just in general, you know, America does have a, a taboo type thing about alcohol rather than uh, a more European approach or, or your parents' approach, Stephen, where you. You kind of educate uh, the kids as you go, teach them to respect alcohol. I mean, when I started drinking, uh, like I think most American kids, it was natural light and in large quantities and enough to get fucked up. And, and there was no kind of respect or choice or variety. Uh, I mean, you're talking about at 15, knowing uh, several different br- brands that you enjoy. At 15, it was, uh, well, what can I, uh, you know, the most I can get for five bucks. Yeah, all uh, function, yeah. no form. And yeah. and not that I didn't have a lot of fun, but it, it, I grew up with a different, uh, well, a complete lack of respect for alcohol, to be honest, and and certainly a lack of respect for beer. So, And I think I think that's what you get when you go that route, mm-hmm. you know, it, it's... It's not teaching you to understand alcohol and that yes, it can be enjoyable. And I'm not. I'm not saying I was. I was an angel. I mean, we we sure. had our our sessions when when we were kids, our underage drinking. And you know, honestly, the legal drinking age in Ontario is 19. Okay. I had my I had my 19th birthday in the pub where they had already served me for about two years. <laughs> and I insisted on them asking me for ID. And the, I remember the bartender looking at me going, what do you mean, ask you for ID? And then we all had a good laugh. Right. Joke's yeah. on him. They all had a no shit good laugh. Hmm. Uh, yeah, but, but you know, we, um, my friends and I, we, I, I even at that point, had a palate for beer where, you know, we had decided on our favorite domestic, which at the time was uh, Carling O'Keefe produced Carlsberg. Um, and then when we could trade up, we, we would get into some of the imports that they had on tap, which were primarily um, English ales. Okay. I See, I was drinking in, in while underage in a craft beer bar, though, and then celebrated my 21st birthday. So I had a quick adjustment. I went from 15 years old, drinking terrible things with no variety and no respect for beer, 
to pretty quickly, like by 1819, I discovered Sierra Nevada and, and good beer. And then uh, a wonderful craft beer bar that doesn't exist anymore in Concord, so I won't get them in trouble, but the Depot. And they had, I don't know, 50 beers on tap, and I was able to go in there at 19 and, and discover tons of good beer. Plus, I could also buy my weed from the bartender at the time. <laughs> <laughs> and then I celebrated... One-stop shopping. <laughs> it was one-stop shopping. The real and then California I celebra- quick stop. Yeah, <laughs> I celebrated my 21st birthday there and kind of had the same thing with it. You know, he had a no-shit moment and also laughed. I mean, obviously, he didn't care too much about legality if I could order a pint and a dime bag at the same time. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> What's one more law? Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, um, we, uh, there, there was no craft beer in Ontario when we were drinking back then. Craft, craft hit this province in 1984, the end of 1984. And uh, I turned 19 in, oh, God, how old am I? Uh, 63, 82. Okay. So in 82 to 84, we were a couple of years. I was in university, and uh, I think I said, did I say 94 or 84? 84. I meant 84, yeah. I meant 84, yeah. Um, In 84, I was in university, still hanging around with a lot of the same friends I hung around with in high school. And uh, we, we... immediately embraced the whole craft brewing thing. There were three breweries that spurted up in quick succession around here. Uh, but again, you know, we're students. We couldn't always afford it. So in a way, we were kind of trailblazers because we were doing what a lot of students are doing now. You know, this is kind of habit for students now is, you know, your, your main beer is the cheaper one, and then when you, when you can afford it, when you feel like shelling out or when you're at the pub, that's when you get into the craft. Got it. But at least you know what what good beer is. It's you know you're drinking good beer when you can't. Yeah, yeah, and and when you can't, you're drinking the best of right. what you can get. Right, right. So Stephen, uh, Belgian style beer is something that a lot of people who've been into beer for a long time often have uh, pretty fond memories of their introduction to. Um, in the United States, I don't believe it was commonplace for imported Belgian beer to begin appearing until the early '80s. Was that something you always remember from the beginning, or was that something that you remember? Uh, being introduced to as it emerged as an import. Well, I was I was I was introduced to Belgian beer in just after graduation from university, which was eighty seven. I was working at a bar, uh, a pub in Toronto, and the managers of the pub was a couple. She was Belgian, he was English, and she was from a little town in the north of Belgium, which is particularly poignant. To me right now, because they're holding an unfortunate funeral next Saturday, it was Hoogarden. Nope. And she brought me back uh, some Hoogarden from when Pierre, uh, rest in peace, was, yeah. was brewing it. Uh, I should explain for listeners who don't know that Pierre Salis, who was the, the revivalist of the white beer style in Belgium, just recently passed away on Saturday. Yeah. Um, so the, his funeral is going to be in Hoogarden next Saturday. Uh, but that that was my my like a wow moment where I, I tasted a Hoogarden as brewed. Well, I, I don't know if Pierre was still brewing at that point, but he he hadn't completely sold out to Interbrew at the time. He I think Interbrew had injected some money at the time, but not the whole thing. And and it was a spectacular beer. I I can still remember the taste of it. Um, and it, it just blew my mind. 
Uh, definitely rest in peace to Pierre. Uh, I've had some other beers from him too. Celis White and uh, always just awesome. Yeah, Grotten well, he's beers been doing like the uh, like the Brewmaster series, right? I forget. Yeah, he was doing a lot of collaborations uh, pretty recently, five six years ago. Yeah, I met him once, and he's also just a real nice kid too. Just a, a good guy, real nice. Oh, he's a, he's a great guy. I I met him at the GABF in um, God, I guess it was back in like '93 or something, and, I, and just terrific man. Yeah, I can't remember. Remember, I, I think I just read it this week. Uh, that was it. Beer Advocate rated Ho Garden as at, at ninety six out of a hundred. Am I making no, that, that was, up? That was me, actually. I, I oh. took Draft Magazine to task for that. Oh, oh, oh maybe that's where I must have been where I read it. Was, it. It, was, it was on Facebook, I think, because um, uh, I, I got to Draft Magazine when I was at the Craft Brewers Conference. Um, I hadn't looked at Draft for a while, so I'm looking through it, and I get their reviews at the end, and I think they gave it a 96 or 95 or something like that, and my post was, you know, really? <laughs> right. So why do, you, why do you take such ex- exception to that? Not that I disagree, but you know, what's your stance? Because I feel about Hoover in the same way I feel about Guinness. Is I remember what it used to taste like, and it does not taste like that now. Mm-hmm. Now you know I, I've got to emphasize this because I take people to task on this myself. There are two ways of looking at beer that you think has changed. In a lot of instances. It's people whose palates have changed. Right. So they say, wow, this doesn't taste the way it used to mm. um, be- because they're so used to hoppier beers or bigger beers or whatever. Um, Sierra Nevada Pale is one that, of course, has been hit by that several times through the, the last decade or so. Uh, I don't think Sierra Pale has changed at all. I think people are just used to higher hopping rates now. Okay. So they think it's changed. Um, Hoogarden, as recently as uh, 2001, I think it was, when my premium beer drinker guide came out, um, I wrote about it with great affection. I thought it was still, still at that point, a really, really good beer. And, you know, and it tasted today, I, it, I, it feels like it has had the, the stuffing knocked out of it. It's not the same beer it was. Okay. And you say the same with Guinness, with Guinness too. Uh, yes, I say adamantly the same thing about Guinness. And and in fact, it wasn't that long ago. I was I made a tour of Ireland. I kind of started in Dublin, ended up in Shannon, and went south around the loop of the island. And uh, I was talking to Irish Guinness drinkers and saying that repeatedly. And not once did I get challenged on it. Okay, interesting. Well, so that brings me to kind of a, a, another topic that my listeners wanted me to ask you about, too. Uh, you know, last week we had uh, Goose Island on the show, the former owner of Goose Island, to, mm-hmm. to talk about the acquisition. And um, so what, I got some feedback this week about our interview. And in the feedback, uh, one, of the, one of our listeners wrote in and said, um, you know, one thing that you didn't ask, uh, ask about that you really missed was, was how distribution will be affected and how we did ask him about how the beer itself will be affected. And uh, he told us it, it won't be affected at all. Uh, me and my son are still in charge of the beer and uh, we designed the recipes. But the question that came up from a listener was, well, what about distribution? And his comparison was to Canada. He said in Canada, you know, you can only go to the beer store. Uh, which is uh, owned uh, something like 49% InBev and and another 49% Miller Coors. Uh, I forget exactly what it was. But his idea was that this um, big... The beer store is in Ontario. 
Okay. Alone. So just, just Ontario. Ontario. Okay. Now, Ontario is the largest beer market in Canada, but okay. uh, I think we're about 40% of beer sales in the country. Um, but the And the beer store is about 85% of those sales. And what it is, is it is set up as a brewer's cooperative, which means that the ownership is based on market share, which, of course, means that the vast majority is Molson and Labatt, or, in other words, Molson Coors and Anheuser-Busch InBev. Right. Um, it's, it, I, I won't lie to you, the, the beer store is an awful shopping experience. It is, it's, it, I don't go there. I buy all my beer from uh, the LCBO, which is our, our state stores, okay. who also carry, and, and they carry much better beer, I've got to add, too. Right. Um, and the, just going into the beer store is enough to kind of make me never want to step back into the place again. I've been to both the beer store and the LCBO when I was in Ontario. I agree with you. I still think, also, I think that the, the listener writing in brought up a good point, because even at the LCBO... Uh, although this was uh, four years ago or so, the selection was still not not very good. It was still pretty limited, um, you know, for craft beer. There was definitely, I think, I found five or six uh, local craft breweries, local to Ontario, I should say, um, that were decent. Do you think that it, that you know, talking about the change in Hogarden, talking about the change in Guinness, and and something like a buyout of Goose, uh, are the big companies the things that that change this beer, or is it the consumer um, demand? I think the companies make conscious decisions to appeal to a broader marketplace. And uh, this is something I've been saying for a long time. And, and you look at any consumable food product, and it's the same thing, whether you're talking about McDonald's or Coca-Cola or Budweiser, the way that you get sales when you're selling at that level is not by making something that tastes better. It's by making something that's less offensive to a greater number of people. Okay, yeah. So what you're looking for is not something that makes people go, wow, this is good. It's something that people just don't even notice when they're eating or drinking it. Right. Something less And I filling. think that's what it's all about. Less filling. Yeah, doesn't taste great. It's less filling. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, this is why Guinness, they tell you now to serve Guinness at, like, what's Fahrenheit? It would be like 35, 36 degrees what? Fahrenheit. <laughs> nice yeah. and they, cold, They yeah. recommend that. Yeah, I think the really? can says 38F on it or something really? like that. Yeah, it's For kind better of, drinkability. It's kind of obscene. That's yes. awful. Yeah. <laughs> wow. And, and that's, you know, they, they tell you to drink that because that suppresses all the flavor. Right. I actually boiled as far as, as, as far as the sourness of Guinness, that was historically a component of the flavor of the beer. I mean, we all go back to the origins of porters and stouts, and that, yeah. that sour component was always an important part of it. Right. That's pretty much gone. Right. Oh, yeah, I would never that's associate a, sour with, with that's that way beer. gone. Yeah. Yeah. What yeah. do you think of their uh, still the foreign extra, though, that they still export? I, um, I reviewed that for All About Beer magazine recently in the Beer Talk panel. And my reaction was basically, you know, this would have been news if it had happened 10 years ago. Now, I I was completely nonplussed by it. It was okay. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's certainly nothing. I'm not going to get bent out of shape about the arrival of FES because, frankly, there are a lot better stouts out there. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Too little, too late. Something about the label, yeah, yeah. Though, man, to me, that's, that's a brand that I, I, I identify with. Because that's kind of what I was drinking when I first started drinking was stouts and full beers like that. So, so it's a nostalgia it, beer. It's, yeah, it's yeah. right. It's more of a brand identity for me, brand yeah. loyalty yeah. Um, to keep buying the beer. And, and you're right, it, it has changed. But I think uh, you know that's kind of hard to admit 
uh, in a brand that you drink a lot of is something's actually changed and it's not necessarily for the better. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, I've got a great Guinness story for you. Um, last November, I was down in Brazil, and I taught a, uh, as a kind of guest lecturer, I taught at a beer sommelier course in Sao Paulo. And um, I was, of course, getting translated into Portuguese. I was up there talking, and then she would do her best to translate everything that I'd say as soon as I stopped. And I said something... I forget even what I was talking about, but I, I, I think I said, oh, and, and of course, you know, the reason I say that is because Guinness sucks now. <laughs> and she did the full translation, and I didn't hear Guinness. And oh. I turned to her, and I said, you didn't say that I said that Guinness sucks. And she said, I didn't feel I wanted to get into that. Oh. Of course, by now, the class was interested in what we were talking about, so they wanted to <laughs> translate it. Yeah. Yeah, and she translated it, and everybody applauded. <laughs> nice. I didn't feel that I wanted to get uh, into it. Excuse, excuse me. Wow. Yeah, you're censoring you during translation. There. Interesting. She came with like some. That's a knowledge. great story. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, let me, so let me ask you specifically then what you think about the Goose Island uh, uh, transition and and how that might affect the beer. Anyway, the the whole distribution thing is is a non-issue because. AB InBev has been distributing uh, Goose for a while. Yeah, okay. So I don't think that's even an issue. Um, what I suspect might happen, and this is a big might, is that um, the distributor salespeople will be given more incentive to sell Goose. Okay. So they'll be going into their accounts, kind of pushing it more. Mm. Because, you know, all these salesmen, they get... Um, they get their their money by the incentive programs that the companies put together. Right. So no company that's, uh, you know, an AB InBev shop is going to put big incentives behind something that they've just, you know, invested a little time and a little money into and, okay, let's see what we can do with this. But now that they're, they're full owners of it, I suspect they'll probably put a little more emphasis on it. Okay. Yes. Um, so it's. Good. I'm. I'm really happy for the halls. Uh, you know, somebody wrote, "This is the the great American entrepreneurial dream," and you know, Greg Hall worked his ass off. John Hall worked his ass off building that brand in Chicago. And you got to understand, Chicago's a difficult market. It is the jungle, um, and you know, it's littered with with skeletons of breweries that that started up around the same time or earlier and failed. Right. Uh, and they they persevered through sheer grit and determination, and now they get their payoff. So, you know, you can't be you know, too bitter about that. That was the angle that, that, that I think uh, we took in the interview as well. Uh, and, and, I, and we caught a little... I'm going to read our feedback segment later in the show, but we caught a little shit for that for... Essentially, my take was uh, good for you, man. I think that you've been working for a long time. You make a great beer, and in terms of uh, whether or not the beer will now change, whether or not you, uh, you know, sold out in terms of uh, of the beer side, uh, the beer will speak for itself. Is what I said in the end. I mean, if I go grab a Goose Island and it turns to shit, well, I guess we'll know what happened. Um, and you know, I you know, I, I I was exchanging emails with Mike Roper from the Hop Leaf in Chicago, and. He basically said the exact same thing. He he was happy for them, thought that, you know, great for them. He respects what they've done. Um, but if he sees the beer going downhill, he's going to yank it and toss it. Right. Yeah.
And I think a lot of bars will do that, and I think a lot of their drinkers will do that. And it'll be sad. It would be sad to see a, a great beer brand die, but um, I, I, I certainly won't be sad uh, for the owners, the previous owners who did well. AB a- could come by me for fifteen hundred dollars. Wait a minute, it was eighty five hundred last week. <laughs> I went up. Is I, that it? Is I that thought, it? Yeah, it's last week down. it was eighty five. Well, I got a group of investors together. We're oh, gonna, you did. We're going to turn this into a pot show. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. Does I that mean mine and Shat's cuts go down from fifty and twenty five each to? Five, five and, and three, three fifty. <laughs> yes, great. I, now, yeah, I've sold you all out. What, what makes Chicago? I don't know if there's an answer to this question, but what makes Chicago more, you know, more of a jungle than New York or Toronto? It's uh, corrupt. Everything's corrupt over there. The mob. Oh, what? It, yeah, see, something my beer. You know, see, yeah. I'm not going on record saying anything about Chicago, but I, I will tell you what people have told me okay. dating back to Chicago Brewing Company and the Dine family back way back when. And they say, you know, it it is such a tight ship. The distributorships are so sewn up mm. and the uh you know they there was talk of mob money. I don't know how true it was or how false it was, but they said basically it is you go into a place and it's like I Either I'll put your beer on, what are you going to pay me? Mm. Or I can't put your beer on because they're paying me. Right. Old school. You know, and it, it's, it's a brutal market. And it's still it's better today, but it's still a very, very tough marketplace. Yeah. All right. Hey, Stephen, I, I have to take a quick break and pay some bills. Do you mind waiting around a sec? No worries. Okay. We'll come back in just a couple of minutes. We have Stephen Beaumont on the line, who is a beer writer extraordinaire, and we'll talk more about the Canadian beer scene, his upcoming projects, and what he's been doing for a lot longer than the rest of us. Hang in there. It's the session. You're listening to the Brewcasters, the Brewcasters. on the Brewing Network. you love craft beer, you're already a heretic. The very first thing we did when we started looking at the beers that we would brew, we got rid of all those recipes. We started from scratch. We've been pilot brewing the most creative things that we think of and the most interesting things. We've completely gone away from style. Heretic Brewing Company is opening this spring in Pittsburgh, California, and you can be a part of it. Visit hereticbrewing.com and facebook.com slash hereticbrew. Get the latest updates on the brewery and upcoming beers. Show everyone how you celebrate great beer as a heretic. It's a fairly powerful word. Being a heretic, that means you're not settling for ordinary beer. You are going with flavorful, creative, bold, interesting beers. A heretic is looking for the best beers out there. Be a heretic. Don't drink ordinary beer. Hi, this is Push from the Brewing Network, and I want to tell you about the Brewmaster's Warehouse and how you can get 10% off your next order. I'm a pretty techie guy, but I've never seen an online store like this. It's awesome. 
Go to brewmasterswarehouse.com and click on Brew Builder. You can whip up a custom recipe so easily even Sven could do it. Seriously, it's slick. You can share your recipe with your own logo and notes to the Brewmasters database if you want. And the best part, it keeps a running tally of the beer you're building while you're doing it. Then, bam, click Buy Recipe and your cart is filled and ready to go with helpful suggestions in case you forgot something. This thing is amazing. Brewmasters Warehouse is run the way a home brewer would do it with great service, fast turnaround, and $6.99 flat rate shipping. Brewmasters Warehouse and the Brew Builder blew me away. Check it out today at brewmasterswarehouse.com. I'm serious. And don't forget to put BNARMY in the discount code box for 10% off your order. Check out brewmasterswarehouse.com. Cheers. Okay, I rolled a 15 and I get a plus 2 from my yeast starter. Nope, sorry, you failed your roll. Your beer is infected. No way! You had to be at a 24. It's schizosaccharomyces. This sucks! I just failed versus oxidation! Our party is fracked! Doug's the only one left and his beer is a Berliner Weiss! What's this? A tea party? Hey, this is a brew session, man. Get lost! Is that an actual beer? Yeah, I crafted it. I don't really uh, use the dice anymore. I'm a 10th level beer nerd. Are you a 10th level beer nerd? Does your significant other know the difference between an Irish red ale and a Flanders red ale? Do you burp, strizzle, spalt, and fart Y yeast 2308? Then you're in good company at Northern Brewer. Northern Brewer has all your beer nerd needs, ingredients, equipment, and knowledge 24 hours a day at northernbrewer.com. Plus fast, cheap shipping, only $7.99 for the contiguous USA. And check out Northern Brewer's huge selection of dorky beer kits, including the socially awkward Patters beer and the sci-fi convention showstopper number eight make 10th level at northernbrewer.com Hilo, what's it feel like? Take awesome and multiply it by two? Yeah! <laughs> Spraying live beer radio all over your face <laughs> Can't get any better than this, baby It's the Brewing Network You're listening to the Brewing Network Because like beer Welcome back to the program. Thank you for sticking with us. We're talking to Stephen Beaumont, who's been writing about beer for quite a while. Books, magazines, newspapers, blogs, you name it. And, uh, Stephen, do I have you back there? I know I lost you for a sec. Yeah, I'm back. Good, I'm good. back. I, I had the opportunity to open a uh, Brooklyn Black Chocolate Stout in the break. Oh, perfect. Nice. That's a good beer. Yeah, Make the really second nice part beer. of the interview a little more interesting. <laughs> right. We're drinking, uh, so one of our co-hosts here, Nathan Smith, I don't know if you've ever met him, um, but he's one of our favorite Bay Area homebrewers, is feeding us a Citrus Bomb IPA. The, yeah, is this what you poured at the festival yesterday, Nate? It is actually. It's got a different dry hop than that one, though. This is uh, Falconer's Flight, a new hop blend from uh, Hop Union, I believe. It's uh, is used in the dry hop versus the one we had yesterday, which was a different different dry hop. What is that blend made of? They don't. They haven't told anybody actually, but we, uh, from what they've said, it's a blend of you know high alpha acid Pacific Northwest hops that we would suspect maybe hops like Amarillo, Citra, Simcoe. Things like that, but uh, there may be others in there that don't necessarily have names yet. It's it's not quite clear. So okay, yeah, it's uh, you can't tell hops without a scorecard these days. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. It's it makes a n- really nice dry hop though. It's one of the it's the second time I've experimented with this and and really enjoy it. So I figured I'd 
This IPA, Nate, is so good. It is good. That I haven't enjoyed an IPA like this since the first time I had Union Jack. Oh, that's too kind, man. Thanks, brother. That's how good. I think it's dry and clean and tons of citra, but without being too sweet of citra. Yes. And and thanks to Roger Davis, too, for him, you know, uh, gunning this idea into my head about just lower the bitterness by a bunch. Okay. Do a lot more late hopping and then, you know, kind of focus on uh, clean and simple flavors in the dry hop. Just, you know. Don't make it too muddy. So it's awesome. It's not muddy at all. It features another hop in the boil, which is kind of interesting. A hop called Delta, which is a Cascade Styrian Golden Cross. So it's kind of a citrusy, fruity kind of a, a blend. You know, it's pretty interesting. Actually, I should give Nicole credit for this beer. She helped me uh, create it. She did the the hop uh, choices, and I helped her kind of dial it in. But it was one of the few times we collaborated on a beer without fighting about stuff. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's monumental. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, we're both kind of perfectionists, so it's kind of good that we keep that uh, the brewing stuff separate sometimes. But no, this one was a lot of fun that way. <laughs> speaking of... Uh, Welcome to the open book. Yeah. yeah. That is Nathan's Well, life. speaking of fighting with your old lady, uh, or lack thereof, I hear that Stephen Beaumont is recently married. I think just within a, a, oh, nice. a year and a half uh, or so. A little over two and a half years now. Oh, two and a half years now. I'm yeah. sorry. Yeah. <laughs> JP's sorry for you. <laughs> Don't be sorry, JP. It's all good. You know, I actually had, I had a dream about marriage last night. Uh oh. But it wasn't. It didn't involve me at all. I was. It, oh. it was one of those weird things where, like, you think you're in one place, and it turns out you're kind of in another place. So all I right. was at the Morbier compound, unknown why. Okay. And then suddenly I was in a jewelry store, but still in the same place. And Morgan from Ale Industries was there yeah. with his wife, and and he looks at me and he goes, "Hey, JP, see that cage? That's a lot like marriage." <laughs> I was like, oh, all right. Morgan it was really would, weird. Yeah. You would say something like that. Well, yeah, but he was shopping for a ring for his wife while he was with his girlfriend. I see. Which he doesn't have. He's happily married. His kid, blah, blah, blah. I don't want to start any rumors, but. Weird dream. Uh, that's a weird dream. He's pointing to the cage. You guys digress a lot, don't you? Yeah. A little bit, yeah. Nah, just slightly. <laughs> yeah. A little yeah, bit. Sort of like Actually, guy. you're getting us on a good night, man. Yeah. Which is why we can't really be beer writers or bloggers because <laughs> we'd be a lot like Hunter S. Thompson, I think, where he starts off in a thing. Right. And then suddenly ends his, you know, story with, uh, you know, he's underwater or some shit like that. And on a lot of drugs. Right. So, yeah. JP, is this dream what led you to threaten your girlfriend with physical violence? I, I have threatened my girlfriend several times with physical violence, all in jest. <laughs> I'll um, have you know. And actually, one of her friends uh, talked to her last week and asked if she was in a, an abusive relationship. All right, we'll get back to that. Okay. I don't want to digress over there too, too right. far. Sorry. <laughs> we'll yeah, come back but to I, that. I agree, Nate. This is, this is awesome home. <laughs> oh, thanks. <laughs> Steven, have you ever homebrewed? <laughs> Sorry? Steven left. Are you back to yeah. me again? Yeah. Right, what do you sorry, think about domestic violence? <laughs> <laughs> sorry. Yeah, I'm asking if you've ever, uh, ever homebrewed. I, I brewed three times. Um, every Well, once before university, twice during university. Every last one of them was awful. <laughs> He's better at writing about beer and, right. and consuming it than producing it. Right. Yeah, they're two different yeah, things. I, like. I was actually, you know, early on in my writing career, I was invi- invited by this guy, out to he was he was a contractor of a different sort. He was a contract brewer, but he would go to different brew pubs and do their brewing for them. So he had like three or four brew pubs on the go that he was under contract to just drive around and, and do their brews for them. Okay. And he invited me out to a brew day and I went out with him and one of the first things I did was I broke his hydrometer. <laughs> <laughs> nice work. It's okay. Uh, Aren't you glad you invited me now, Alan? Right. I've only taken away one of your most important tools for your brew day. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
Now, I, uh, uh, in more successful beer stories from you, though, Stephen, I have a note in front of me that, uh, that that's close to my heart. Uh, Cantillon, uh, it, people ask me what my favorite beer is all the time. You know, people who don't drink beer very much ask you that question. What's your favorite yeah. beer? And I can never answer that. But I do have a favorite brewery, which is Cantillon. I just, I love everything they do. I love the history. Um, I have a note in front of me that uh, you got to drink a seven-year-old bottle of the very first St. Lamvinus with Jean-Pierre. I did indeed. I got to um, know about that. That was that was a great story, actually. Uh, it was my very first ever visit to Cantillon. Okay. And um, my my significant other at the time uh, didn't like lambics. Uh, we had tried them several times together, but she just she just did not like them. And moreover, she didn't uh, speak much French. Uh, Jean-Pierre does not speak much English. I speak French. Okay. So we had kind of gone over this on the way over to Cantillon. I said, you know, we'll go through the tour. Um, Jean-Pierre will eventually offer us a, a glass of Cantillon, accept it, say thank you very much, and then I will explain to him in French that it's not your favorite style of beer, et cetera, et cetera. So that that went off according to plan. <laughs> okay. And he, in, in his best English, he said to her, how do you like it? And she said, I like it very much. Thank you. And the phone <laughs> rang, and he, and he had to go off and answer the phone. And I turned to her, and I said, do you really? And she said, yeah, I love it. <laughs> so she was converted wow. right there I believe into it. a Lambique drinker. Yeah. Uh, that's the power of the Cantillon Brewery. Oh, yeah. If any place yeah. can do it, that's the place. And we spent, I'd say, four hours there. And every time I go to Cantillon, I, I, I've, I've walked in there, like, one time when we were setting up um, Beer Bistro in Toronto, uh, Beer Cuisine Restaurant I'm involved in, I, I bought a whole bunch of um, mussels, pans, and pots and stuff, and I, I was carrying all this crap with me. And I went in, my last stop was just to get um, a dozen glasses from Cantillon before I headed back to the hotel. Okay. And I walk in, and, and I see Jean-Pierre walking towards the front, and he's squinting because the daylight's behind me, and all of a sudden, he's, bon <laughs> And next thing I know, I'm there for three hours. <laughs> so welcoming. That's very It's a nice. very difficult place to leave. Yeah. Every time I go, I'm there for about four hours, too, and they don't remember me. I still stay and talk with the guy for four hours. He's nice even to me. He doesn't uh, say, Krasli. No, he doesn't, because, no. Uh, well, I don't speak French, or let's be honest, Stephen, it's French-Canadian that you speak anyway, isn't it? it well, you know, the funny thing is, I had to admit to my Quebecois friends last summer at the Mondial de la Bière in Montreal, uh -huh. I have actually gotten to the point now that I understand Parisian French better than Quebecois French. Really? I'm Which told... is really embarrassing for a guy born and raised in Quebec. <laughs> I'm told the difference is that, uh, that French-Canadian, that Quebec French is very old school and proper. It's like old world French, whereas Parisian French is a little more slang and new world French. Is that accurate? That's absolutely true. Um, in in Quebec, a parking lot is Le Station Mont. In Paris, it's Le Parking. <laughs> right. Perfect example for us. Plus one for America. <laughs> Woo! Yeah, yeah. Get that influence in there. I think that's in the Monopoly game, actually. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now, maybe you could help describe, too, uh, some, there's something, you know, 
Cantillon's a perfect a perfect example. I love their beer already. But there was something about going to Cantillon and meeting the brewer and touching the brewery that made that beer uh, much more a part of me and, and my own culture and what I love about beer. And you've done a lot of beer travels. Uh, in fact, we can talk about some, some of your upcoming travels. But can you talk a little bit about how seeing a place, even a, a beer that's less than perfect, when you, when you meet the, the, the people behind it, it kind of changes the whole thing. Well, you know, there are two sides of that, and one side is that, you know, this business is amazing because you meet the most extraordinary people. Um, I I consider myself lucky every day that I get to work with such, you know, wonderful people. Uh, The brewing industry is is filled with, with people of passion, people of dedication. You don't go into brewing to get rich. You know, you do it because it's something you really need to do. Right. And the, the, you know, the, other, the other side of that is that sometimes, you know, I've got to be objective. I've got to be the guy who is determining whether this beer is going to get a good review or a bad review. Okay. And I've been in breweries with some absolutely wonderful people with some absolutely shitty beer. Right. <laughs> and, you know, and it breaks my heart. But, you know, I, I can't change my my opinion of a beer simply because the people brewing it happen to be great how do you approach that on site i can see you and it also i can also see it being difficult in your writing by the way but i can see how you can write about it how do you approach it on site well in the early days i used the word interesting a lot okay yeah um now my my approach to it is you know what i i've been doing this for 20 years and when people ask me what I think, I'm assuming that they're going to really want to know what I think. Right. And if I'm tasting diacetyl or if I think that there's an off flavor or if I think they could improve it by doing something, I say it. Yeah. And I, you know, I, I'm tired. Of, I, I don't beat around the bush anymore. I don't, I'm not going to say, oh, this beer is shit. Right. But right. I, I am going to let them know what I'm thinking. Okay. It is lay poop. <laughs> so I if have... They ask. I ha- if they a- now if they ask is is a key point and I and that's something I had to learn uh, by the way Stephen which I didn't learn too quick I didn't learn quick enough in my opinion was that not everybody gives a shit what I think about their beer so that if they ask is is the most important thing and I think that's important for for uh, all of our home brewing listeners too who go out to craft beer bars we've talked about this before uh, to brew pubs I should say and just automatically start spouting off about the beer. Wait till oh, yeah. you're wait till you're asked. Yeah. Is because... the brewmaster here? Because I really like to talk to them about their <laughs> right. dry hopping edition, and I really think that if they go a twenty minute whirlpool, it will be more bitter in my palate. And rah, rah, rah. being asked, nothing is, is going to make you hated more quickly. Right, <laughs> right, absolutely right. nothing. You could actually urinate on the floor as soon as you walk in the door, <laughs> and it's not going to get you hated as fast as doing that. Right. Funny story. Actually. Yeah. I, uh... <laughs> right. That is that's true. Uh, the other side, though, is that even I still have to do it on a case-by-case basis. I put out little feelers first is what I do because I can often find out that um, there are brewers who really do want to know what you think when they ask you, and there are brewers who don't really want to know what you think even though they're asking they're you. It, yes. And so yeah. sometimes you have to walk a... Uh, I don't envy you, Steve. We're not in the business of, of reviewing beers, to be honest, so it's not as difficult for us. I don't envy those of you writers who, who really are paid to do that. What it uh, is, it, it's like the, you know, hey, how you doing question. 
Yeah. Cuz you don't really give a shit what yeah, I'm how I'm doing like or that. how I don't care how you're doing. Yeah. Um but I think some brewers will go, "Yeah, what do you think?" They don't really care. They want you to say, "Oh yeah, great." Right. Just like they want yeah. you to say, yeah. "Hey, I'm doing great. How are you?" Just the same kind of thing. I get that. I mean, I, this this is going to come out sounding egotistical, but it's not meant that way. It's just for the for the amount of time that I've been doing this, I make the assumption now that if someone's asking me what I'm thinking, they're they're really wanting to know what I'm thinking. Right. That makes sense, yeah. Right. You know, it's just it's just a matter of uh, endurance more than anything else. Well, that's what you, you know, do I, for a living. You know, yeah, you, I've, I've yeah. stuck around this long. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it, I, when I find myself in a situation a lot is where I'm drinking the brewer's beer and he's watching me drink it. <laughs> when, and then when he says, what do you think? I know he wants to know what I think. Sure. It's like, you know, instead of like the other way where you're drinking his beer and then you go run him down and tell him what you think. That's a whole uh, yeah. whole different thing. I make fun well, of... The, other, the oh. other thing is now you're, you're, you find a lot fewer really bad beers today than you used yeah, to. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I was... You know, back in the '90s, going to breweries, I would I would be sampling a beer and it's like, oh crap! How do I get this out of my mouth? How do I pour right. the rest of the glass <laughs> down the drain? How do I get rid of this? Where's the dump bucket? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Because it was it was that bad. I find more often now because I, I I do agree with that. Um, more often, my comments about beer that that isn't great is that beer is unremarkable. I tend to find a lot of beer that's not bad. It's a well-brewed beer. I could I could have another pint, but I'm not going to go away telling anybody about it. I'm not going to. I find that that's more kind of that middle of the road beer that it's, that isn't this, these two huge extremes anymore, where it's shit or great. There's just a whole lot of beer that's it's fine, it's, yep. but it's unremarkable. I would imagine I, that I, is hard to write about, right? I mean, that's got to be but, the hardest type of beer to to put to uh, you know into words. That is that is a really important point because. What you're getting to with that, with that, is that the bar is so high now. Right. Yeah. Clean you know, beer. Clean before the bar, right. it, it goes back to what we were talking about Guinness FES. You know, if they had introduced Guinness FES in 2000, we would have all been wetting ourselves over it. <laughs> right. You know, now they bring in FES, and we're like, eh. You know, right. that's that's fine, but there are better beers out there. You know, it, it's it's no lost abbey. Yeah, you know that kind of thing, and um, I think I think that you know when I go through my reviews, and and I very rarely do I ever publish star reviews. Um, I've had I have two books that have star reviews in them. I don't use star reviews in any of my review work, um, but I keep them for myself. Okay, and I re- I use Michael's original star standard, which is one to four stars. Okay. Zero being something that you know is seriously, seriously wrong, and four stars being something that is one in a million, a, 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 a game changer, that's like a, a real significant beer. That's okay. a tight. I, uh, I tight write scale. a lot of two and two and a half star reviews. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, especially on that type of, of scale. I mean, zero is awful <clears throat> and four is great. Yeah. Now, so, I can Steve, describe a two and a half star beer, not by name, but just in terms of like. Would you know? It would be what? It'd be at least clean, right? Wouldn't be uh... a, a two and a half star is is a beer that is you know. <clears throat> again, we're talking about intangibles here. For me, a, it, a lot of beer is about balance. Mm-hmm. And when I say that, a lot of people say to me, "Oh, you know, you just that means you don't like hoppy beers." No, I love hoppy beers, but hoppy beers have to be supported, and yeah. there has to be that malt backbone that those hops can cling on to. 
So to me, that's what balance is all about. If you've got a really multi beer, you've got to have some, enough hops there that it doesn't get cloying. Um, and, and to me, a two and a half star beer is something that is, you know, everything's great, everything's right there, but it's lacking that point of differentiation that when it hits your palate, you go, wow, hey, wait a second, this is something. Right. And that, that, that beer that makes you go, this is something, I really want to think about this, that's the three star beer or the three and a half star. Okay. And, and the beer that makes you go, holy crap, this is amazing find me something to write on that's your four star cool i'll tell you right now guys i want steve i like steven's approach i think that he's no bullshit i it's he sounds like he knows what he's talking about i like his opinion about what makes a good beer i want him to come in the studio and do a a a brewing network beer tasting where we put our beer? Uh, no our beers oh. in, in front oh, yeah. of him because i think that uh that we I think we're pretty honest with each other in here, but even there's still a little bit of patting each other on the back every now and then. Well, and I yeah. also think that other people who come in here aren't very comfortable to to really say all the. I, I, there are exceptions. I'm just saying to you that Steven sounds like a great guy to sit in this studio on the air and throw our our home brews at him. I would love to give him your beer here, Nate, and just have him go ahead and give us his rating and uh, tell us what he thinks. Yeah. I'd love to give him your beer too, Nate. In fact, I'll give it to you. Well, you know, I'm, I'm in California probably a, a good once or twice a year, so it could happen. It yeah, could we, happen. we should do this. I know you do come out here every so often. I think it, I think it'd make for a good That'd show. Be awesome. We have like two or three months in advance notice. Yeah. Oh to, yeah. To easy. brew. Oh yeah. I think the listeners would really like it because Stephen hasn't been on the show before. Uh, he doesn't necessarily like or dislike us yet. Right. We're not done with the interview. <laughs> right. <laughs> and uh, we'll wait till I get in my jokes. So he's the perfect. Yeah. Uh, I think the perfect judge. I agree. It'd be fun. It'd be great. Yes, Chad. Hey, uh, Stephen. <laughs> I'm, for I'm pretty sure head. you were at the uh, chocolate beer tasting at Cho Chocolate. I was indeed. Yeah. Yeah, I was pouring some beer down there. What did you think of that event? What did you think of the whole cocoa nib uh, kind of movement? That kind of thing that's going. Well, on? I, I, I was. I was actually in the judging. Of that. Oh, okay. So I was I was down there for the um, the judging. We we did it in <clears throat> excuse me two rounds. So um, we tasted our way through. I think about seven beers. Um, we had three different panels, uh, doing six or seven beers each, and then we each put forward two or three, and we did a, a final tasting. Um. And, and I, I thought there were some really, really good beers. There were. Mm, um, you know, the, the Moylan's uh, Chelsea Moylan Porter, that was, I, I think that was the ultimate winner. That, was yeah. great, that one yeah. really, you talk about balance in a chocolate beer, that was really gorgeous. Oh, and, yeah. and it's funny that you, I'm glad that you mentioned that, balance in a chocolate beer, because it was also one of the chocolatiest beers that was there. I mean, you could you could really taste the chocolate, but it wasn't like eating a chocolate bar. It was like drinking a refreshing and smooth and dry and balanced beer that tasted a shitload like chocolate. Hmm. Uh, exactly. It, it was it was the integration of chocolate into the beer. Yeah. You know, you, you could make the same parallel with a with a pepper beer or a spice beer. Yep. You don't want it to be all about the pepper, all about the spice. You wanted to. I'm, I'm sure you guys are familiar with um, Judiciel. I don't think their beers have come out that way yet, but you must you must have heard of them. No, I've not uh, heard of Judiciel, that. Judiciel, they're they're in Montreal. Okay, 
and their their lead head brewer is a guy named Jean Francois Gravel, and JF, as he's known, um, has this this like uh, amazing ability to put ingredients together that shouldn't be put together and make it work. Nice. And he did a black pepper beer called La Route des Espices, or the, the Spice Root, um, which, you know, the first time I tasted it, it absolutely blew me away. And I said to him, you know, you must have gone through several attempts before you, you got this right, because black pepper is such a difficult brewing ingredient to work with. And he said, actually, this was the first one. Wow. Like he nailed it straight off. But that's that's what chocolate is. You, you've got to in, integrate it into the flavor of the beer. You can't just have it sitting all over top of it. Otherwise, you have Dixie White chocolate mousse. And you can't. Was, you also can't. You can't sis out on it either. You, if it doesn't taste like chocolate, and you're telling me it's a chocolate beer, then nobody's going to believe. Nobody's going to want it. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And I think that so something that we've said on the Brewing Network for years, which I think could be corrected as we go, is something we said with, with dealing with all spices and and random ingredients like pepper. As we go, well, you just you always have to be careful about how much you use. Which I'm not saying that's untrue, but I think how you use it is the new moniker. And tasting uh, the Moylan's beer, tasting Denise's beer that night was kind of eye-opening for me because clearly she had used a lot of, of chocolate, a lot of cocoa nibs. It just tasted so much. But she used it in a way that it just melded with the beer. Well, it also depends uh, on how long you leave Le Mans. You, yeah. know, you can leave uh, Le Mans for yeah. like, yeah, like, yeah, you know, yeah, you're right, like six months. Yeah, I've done mm-hmm. some beers that are on six months, and it, it's a more complex chocolate where okay. if you do like an oak, I think if you leave it on for that long, you're getting you know deeper flavors, but also more intense flavors. And the nibs kind of give up that intense flavor after three, four weeks, maybe six weeks. Yeah, and then it's kind of this more deep, complex um, cocoa powder you know flavor. So, and that's a good description. It, 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 I don't know you didn't even have this beer, JP, but that's a great yeah. description of how it was. It was a deep flavor, but still a beer. It yeah. was a beer through and through. <clears throat> that's a good. Yeah, question, and, and yeah, that that's exactly what you want is that that flavor integration that. That chocolatiness, but you don't you you can't even cycle you know mentally understand whether it's chocolate coming from the malt or chocolate coming from the chocolate. It's just chocolate. Yeah, mm. yeah. Well, the, uh, I think the hard part is it's not even really chocolate. It's the main the ingredient in chocolate. Yeah. yeah, but it's yeah, cocoa nib. Yeah. So you you kind of just don't really know what's going on. Yeah. So it is. Yeah. I think it's a really interesting ingredient to to play with. Uh, you guys picked the clear winner. Uh, it, it was yeah. by there were great beers there. That Maui uh, Imperial Coconut Porter with the nibs, Ooh, that was tasty. Yeah, uh, the, the Maui that we oh. we we just refer in the judging room. Uh, we just refer to that as um, uh, uh, Mounds Bar. Oh yeah, oh. absolutely. I mean that's that's what it was. It was coconut and chocolate, and it was like they were you know that old commercial almond joys got nuts, mounds don't. Yep, um, <laughs> that was sung several times in the judging room. <laughs> yeah, that was delicious. You guys weren't drinking or anything. Oh, heavens no. We were judging beer. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Now, uh, I I only have a little more time with you. I know it's getting late out there, but I have a couple more things I want to talk about. I want to talk about what's upcoming for you. But first, I wonder if you could shed a little light on the Canadian craft beer scene for us, because we haven't had any real uh, experts in here talking about how it's grown and and what it looks like right now. Well, Canada's a cool scene right now. I would say that uh, without question, and you know, I can't even deny this, I just wrote it in Hill Street News, the most dynamic and exciting market is Quebec. Okay. 
um, Quebec is where you know uh, years ago, back in the in the nineties, uh, when uh, Brasserie de Chouf in Belgium, La Chouf, yeah. when they were starting up, they sold one third of their production in Quebec. Wow. Um, so you know they it, they they go back, and, and Quebec has a real gastronomic streak. So there's a lot of interesting brewing going on there. Um, the the, um, the the guys at uh, at Judiciel are, are kind of leading the way, but there are a lot of young breweries in the background. Um, out east, uh, it's still outside of Nova Scotia. It's still kind of pretty quiet out there. It, it's picking up. Nova Scotia. If you want to, if you want to go beer drinking on, in the Maritimes, you know Halifax is the place to go. Really, um, really good beer scene. Actually, they've got they've got a couple of really great brew pubs, um, a couple of very very good craft breweries. Um, but outside of there of Nova Scotia, it, it's really quiet. It's it's picking up, but slowly. Okay. Um, Ontario, this is the land where they love classic beer styles. Uh, you know, I could, I could, you come up here, I could pour you a spot perfect Bavarian Hefeweizen. Okay. I could pour you a spot perfect Bohemian style Pilsner. Um, uh, a great, uh, English style brown ale. You know, these types of things we can get. The innovation, the, the you know, the, the more interesting stuff is kind of hit and miss. Okay. Uh, I just tasted tonight uh, what is a brewery just north of the city called uh, Flying Monkeys, and they do an, uh, a beer called Netherworld, which they're using that that so controversial moniker Cascadian Dark Ale. Oh yeah, <laughs> Tasty's um, favorite style, CDA. <laughs> And it, it, you know, it's, it's got the hops and it's got the roast, but they don't they don't play terribly well together. Okay. But that's one of the first of that style that we're seeing around here. So it's it, it's a it's a learning game. Yeah, I've had a hard time in Toronto. Again, it was it was a few years ago now, but I there was a period where I was going to Toronto about once a year for about three or four years to visit a friend of mine there, and I was already into craft beer. I hadn't started this whole thing really yet. Um, but I was always looking for good craft beer, and I, I did have a, a pretty hard time in Toronto. I think you're right. I, it was my experience that I could find some nice classic styles of beer. I didn't always have to be drinking Labatt's Blue. Uh, I could find some nice uh, – I could even find a nice English IPA, like what an IPA would have been, yeah. you know, 100 years ago. Uh, but but I did not find too much more than that. It was tough. Yeah, it, it's it's big on the classics. It, it's better on on the off the wall stuff now than it was four years ago, but it's still it's going to be hit and miss. Okay. Well, Stephen, what's the home brewing scene like in Ottawa and Toronto? I mean, is that could that be a, a, a way that the uh, they can get away from more traditional styles and get into more experimental styles? Um, you know, I, I I will admit I don't know a lot about the home brewing scene in this in this province. Well, um, can, if a lot of people are, aren't coming up to you and bothering you about beer, that means there aren't there very many of them. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. That's what they'll do. Yeah, yeah. It, it's it's um, there. There's an organization called Canadian Amateur Brewers Association, kind yeah. of R A H A. Right. Uh, and I think that my my perception. I may be completely wrong, but my perception is in the last several years, it's kind of gone down in in uh, membership a bit. Mm. Uh, now, on the plus side, their past president and probably the most, you know, 
I hesitate to call him our Charlie Papathian, but certainly the most <laughs> important home brewer in Canada okay. is now doing his own brewery and uh, mm-hmm. and turning out some absolutely wonderful beers. Nice. Ours, is, ours Ches- is too. Cheshire Valley, Cheshire Valley Brewing is, is what he's doing. It's really quite nice. Okay. All right, and then so the other thing I wanted to ask you about, and by the way, just so you know, uh, for for homebrewing's sake out there, we we have a lot of Canadian listeners. Uh, it's our, I think, uh, U.S. first, Canada is second in listenership, and then Australia is third. So, I, my impression of the Canadian homebrew scene so far is that there are quite a few of them, but they're just pretty quiet. They're just kind of doing it at home and doing their thing, and there's not a whole lot of hubbub about meetings or festivals or anything else going on. Well, most of them are mental, I think. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's what <laughs> the ones that, The ones that call in this show. <laughs> yeah, that's true. The ones we get calling in. Right. Good point. But, but come on, isn't, isn't that true of homebrewers in general? Well, yeah, yeah, yeah probably. Yeah. yeah, right. I'll bet the cold weather hinders it, and it's just harder to have a beer festival if it's twenty-two degrees outside. They have buildings. Drink whiskey. Yes. We do. We do have. We're we're actually a, a modern city. We've got buildings, <laughs> high rises, and everything. You don't, right. need, you don't need to be backing up, Stephen. We know that. <laughs> yeah, uh, actually, uh, in order to get to Stephen today, I had to call an operator yeah. who had to ring <laughs> another a dial. <laughs> And ask for Mr. Beaumont in the community of... Yeah, on the party line. <laughs> we're, uh, we're trying to dial uh, Beaumont, 514. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, Stephen, what about some of the uh, Quebec breweries that are pretty hot right now and up and coming? I have some family that lives in Rosemary, and my father's always kind of going up that way looking for beer places. So would you well, recommend two, that I, two I'm really hot on right now are uh, Charlevoix and uh, True de Diable. True Diable is in um, Shawinigan, I think it is. Um, they're doing some really wild, funky stuff. Um, they've got they, they've got their hands on all sorts of different barrels that they're playing with. Uh, I, I think that they're they're really an up and coming brewery. Um, Charlevoix is up near Quebec City, and the most exciting thing they've done lately is they got the equipment in their brewery. To do Method Champenois beers, so they're cool. doing their own brute style beer. Nice, which is really impressive. Nice, um, yeah, that sounds good. At, in L'Assomption, uh, Fred at Hoffenstark is doing some really good stuff. He has actually a, a, an entire series of saison beers, kind of like you know the Phantom style. Yeah, um, variations on the same theme. Hmm. Uh, Very French. And Judiciel, as I said, in Montreal. Um, who will, who am I? I'm, I'm, I'm sure there there are all sorts of different breweries that I could mention. Hmm. Uh, they're doing some really really cool stuff. Okay, it's yeah, good to hear. Yeah. All right, and and so I also just wanted to talk to you a little bit about your travels. I know you have some things coming up. I saw Stephen at the Craft Brewers Conference a couple weeks ago, and we were speaking together about uh, a new uh, kind of the Great American Beer Festival, but of South America. In Buenos Aires, mm-hmm. um, yeah, they're they're calling it the Great South Beer Cup. Nice, and you're going down there to judge some beer. I am indeed. Yeah, and so, I'm I'm going to be doing a little uh, talk, a seminar as well, of just basically talking about how the craft brewing world's going on because you know a lot of the South Americans they they haven't had a lot of exposure to what's going on around the world. And uh, so I'm going to try to give them as much of that information as I can. Okay. 
And for talks, I know that our, our one of our other co-hosts, Nathan, had some questions about you, – you seem to be doing uh, education and beer talks around – Nate, you want to? Yeah, there. One of the questions I had for you, Stephen, was uh, you do quite a bit of work around uh, restaurant consulting, or had had done a little bit more recently, and as well as server education. So, yes. um, over the last ten to fifteen years, I imagine you've seen quite a change in restaurants' uh, interest in this type of thing. Do they come looking for you now, or do you go and actively seek them out as uh, as an expert on this subject? Well, my, my my biggest failing as a freelance entrepreneur is that I'm I'm really suck at promoting myself. <laughs> so uh, yeah, they both. they come to find me uh, a- for the most part, and uh, I've worked with some you know some pretty big names. Um, I got that the whole Starwood Hotels, the Four Point Hotels beer yeah, program. Right. Their their CEO of beer. I got that whole program started. Okay, um, fantastic. Actually, actually, I got it started twice because I started it before September 11th, and then again a few years later after yeah. they recovered a bit. So. Yeah. Uh, as a matter of fact, this is this is kind of a perverse digression, but the reason I, I flew into Manhattan on the morning of September 11th to have meetings with the Starwood people. Oh, wow. Wow. Ooh. Oh. Yeah, it was, it was really bizarre. That is what? weird, but I do want to say that if you think that's a perverse digression, you've never listened to our show. <laughs> <laughs> I know for a fact now that Stephen has never listened to this show. <laughs> Busted! Yeah. This, is a, this is a pretty important point that Stephen brings up, though, because I think in days past, uh, restaurateurs and whatnot would not have, have thought about the beer menu in that sort of way, and they're actually seeking out people with his level of experience now, which I think is a pretty cool turning point you yeah. know all of us in this room i know would like to walk into a uh you know fine dining establishment and see a nice beer list expect our servers to know what it is and expect it to be served in good glassware and whatnot but uh, are you kidding i'd like to walk into a brew pub where the server knew exactly. what the beer was but exactly yeah. <laughs> well, was you, know, you know what the difference is the difference is money right you know yeah. everything in the hospitality industry is, is led by money and the restaurateurs are realizing that you know what the only growth thing out there right now is Irish whiskey and craft beer. Okay, two things. And when I, I love talk about lot. craft beer now, I, I'm trying to get people excited about a new phrase. I say imported and domestic craft beer mm. because imported beer sales are down. But if you talk to companies like Be United and Shelton Brothers. Uh, and artisanal, these guys can't keep their beers in stock. Right, they're blowing through their stocks. So, I think it's important domestic craft beer. I don't think it's just mm-hmm. you know America alone anymore. Sure. Um, and and restaurateurs, bar owners, they're saying, "Wow, you know what? This is something that we need to get behind because it's what the customer wants, and it's what's going to bring in the cash." Right. Um, and, you know, next month I'm going down to Chicago at the largest restaurant conference in uh, North America, and I'm giving a seminar on beer glassware and, you know, hmm. how those fancy glasses actually have a point. Right. Yeah, and what you should do at the end of that, actually you should require all attendees to bring a shaker glass, and at the end they should all slam them on the ground and break <laughs> it. Yes. <laughs> but you know what we're doing? We're actually... this. This came to me in a moment of what I like to think of as brilliant. Um, I've got <laughs> you and me both, man. <laughs> I've got uh, Duval Murgat 
uh, well, Duval Omegang or whatever they call Duval USA. Yeah. I've got them to um, give me uh, 150 bottles of Duval and 75 Duval glasses, which is the capacity of the room. And the Restaurant Association is going to provide 75 shaker glasses. Oh, man. And everybody is going to pour oh, no. a Duval into a shaker glass and then do another one into a Duval glass. Nice. Dude, that's awesome. That's really cool. Love it. That, see, that's as good as it gets when it... That's right. really putting your money where your mouth is. You're, you're not just telling them. You're showing them why it's so important. Right. Show, not tell, man. Yeah, that's fantastic. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. Um, and, uh, you know, if that doesn't get the point across, I don't know what will. <laughs> no, I think that's exactly right. And it's just, it's too bad that with the, the I think it's, again, that there's there's money behind it. Money is what's driving it, and that's, uh, we can't do that everywhere. That's a fantastic show uh, of, of why it's so important. These changes are really encouraging, I think. Right, right. Well, I'm sad to say I cannot meet you in Buenos Aires. I, I, I had looked at it and hoped I could, but... Uh, this we're we're working that weekend, I think. That's too bad. Stupid. Work. Oh well. Yeah. I know you're it's a long flight anyway. Thing. There's yeah. a first time for everything, you know, Justin. That, that first I have to time work? for everything. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of going to Europe or somewhere yeah. parts unknown. Right. It's South America, yeah. but we Americans don't really know that. No, they don't. <laughs> Chart all... the uncharted regions of the South American women. I'm going to Buenos well, Aires. Yeah. Oh, I love the islands. <laughs> <laughs> it's yeah. real close to San Diego, too. Yeah. That's why Steven's job, you know, it kicks ass, because he has to work, too. It's just he'll be in Buenos Aires. Right. But let me tell you guys something. You know, I, I don't know what's going down in Argentina yet, or, or Chile is the other big South American country with some beer happening. But when I was down in Brazil in November, I thought there was some really, really cool stuff going on. Okay. And what was what was most interesting was the... Um, the things that they're trying to do with indigenous ingredients. Yeah. Uh, you know, there's a brewery down there called Cervejaria Colorado, and he called it Colorado because he, he bought his brew kit from Colorado. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, and every single one of his beers has an indigenous Brazilian ingredient in it, whether it's uh, coffee from a plantation up the road that normally supplies Italy coffee, or it's uh, Rapadura, which is their um, their kind of cane sugar. Um, and then there's there's another brewery just new, and these guys blew my mind. They took a high alcohol lager; it was like nine nine one or nine two percent lager, and they aged it on uh, chips from Umbarana wood. Cachaça would normally be aged exactly Umbarana yeah. Umbarana casks normally age cachaça. And that was a lucky guess, Nate. <laughs> no, I'm actually, I'm, I'm having a memory now. I think uh, Stephen wrote this in Celebrator, oh, which okay. I was reading about four hours ago. I think you talked yeah, about I this. Might, I might have written yeah. it in Celebrator, yeah. yeah. But it, it was just phenomenal the way it just mellowed out and rounded the edges of this lager superbly. It was gorgeous. All right, I'd love to go to all of those countries. And I'd love to hang out on a beach in Brazil, too, for obvious reasons. <laughs> well, you do have a German <laughs> fetish, so... <laughs> yeah. You can hook up with all those Germans that came over. Right. And you're also working on a book uh, again. Will, will this be your seventh book, your sixth or seventh book? This will be seventh, number seven, yeah. Tell me about that. Uh, uh, well, it's uh, I'm, it's another co-authorship. My, my latest book, The Beer Bistro Cookbook, which came out of this restaurant I'm involved in in Toronto, 
It's a co-authorship with the the chef and principal owner of Beer Bistro. This new one is um, with Tim Webb. And okay. Tim is Tim is famous for the Good Beer Guide to Belgium, and uh, also has his own little publishing house that's getting pretty well known for the uh, the City and Eighty Beers series. Yeah, uh, you know they, he's done London, he's done Bruges, Brussels. Um, I think Berlin's about to come out. Nice. Uh, so there, he he does he's done some great books, and he and he's a terrific guy. And he approached me to to do this book with him. So we are co-writing the World Atlas of Beer. And uh, we basically just had a, a, a you know two-hour phone call where we played Napoleon, divvied up the world. And uh, I've got most of the Americas. He's got most of Europe. And we're splitting up Asia. And actually, I've got Italy, which has given me a lot of grief. But, uh, yeah, we're, we're basically writing about the whole state of the world of beer. So do you have to travel for all of your regions? Do you have to go to these countries, uh, have to go, and taste their beer? <laughs> I have had some rather unscheduled trips, including my, my trip to the Craft Brewers Conference in California. Um, that was less for going to the Craft Brewers Conference than it was for tasting beer. Okay. Because it was the best opportunity to get a hold of a bunch of beers that I hadn't previously tried or or knew about it hadn't had for a little while right um and i actually i stayed at the intercontinental on knob hill and i'm i'm sure that the housekeeper who had my room on her route <laughs> thought that i had a serious serious drinking problem <laughs> yeah yeah because she would she would come in every morning i did two tasting sessions a day and she would come in every morning to this room that stunk of stale beer and was littered with these empty beer bottles, yeah. most of which I poured down the down the sink. Right. <laughs> um, Steven actually gets two beds when he travels, one for the beer bottles and, uh, <laughs> and one to sleep in. Yeah, it was... Uh, I, I, I left her a very, very big tip. I, I just thought that she earned it. <laughs> yeah. And a couple bottles of beer, I might add. Oh, there you go. Well, she nice. got the recycling money, too. That's probably big bucks. <laughs> That's racist, Tasty. That is racist. This is the, uh, I swear, I'm not a drunk tip. I just It's my job. I actually remembered to leave you a tip. I wasn't hammered when I left. Yeah. 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 Here's a tip and directions to the recycling place. Right. Yes. That's really cash. All right. Well, I'm looking forward to the new book, The World Atlas of Beer. Do you know when this is expected to come out? It will be out uh, hopefully spring 2012. Okay. And is, is there any particular website that people can find out about all your books? Um, all my book, well, most of my books are out of print at this point, okay. um, but they can always go to worldofbeer.com, okay. um, and, uh, they can get in touch with me through there. They can, uh, you know, make a comment, keep up with what I'm writing on my blog and, uh, just stay in touch. Great. Well, Stephen, it's been a lot of fun to talk with you, uh, and I always enjoy seeing you. I do hope that one of these times when you come down to California, we can get you in the studio because I think it'd be a lot of fun. I think we'll have to arrange that. All right. And I'll get you uh, judging our beer and making fun mm. of some of our cast. I think that'll be good, too. <laughs> <laughs> Except good. Not, not the sensitive one. So not me or JP. So, yeah, Moscow Everybody and JP. Hey, who are you calling out. sensitive? <laughs> <laughs> right. All right, Stephen. Thanks very much. Uh, I do appreciate your time. Check out the new book coming out, uh, The World Atlas of Beer. You can find out all about Stephen uh, over at the World of Beer blog, worldofbeer.com. Thanks, Stephen. I appreciate it, man. My pleasure. Nice talking to you guys. All right. Take care. Cheers. There you go.
Another good uh, Canadian show. See, Bebo? Uh, those Canadians are all right. Two in a row. She's crying. She's so intense about this show. Oh, what's she crying about? Too bad he's from a city with a lame is hockey team, though. Is it you idiot? Is it... <laughs> I'm sneezing. Which one's, which one's the idiot? Really? I think it should be both of us. You do look like you're crying, though. Is the baby coming out? <laughs> oh. It's not coming out yet, huh? A drunken fetus. <laughs> you guys remember when Bebo's fetus won Drunk of the Week? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> last week? Yeah, yeah, last week. Well, seven days ago. My favorite line was uh, <laughs> Bebo saying, yeah, I, I'm I'm about to be a mom. And JP said, what, do you have to take a shit? <laughs> I love that. That was so funny. funny. <laughs> I don't even remember saying that. Good low I don't remember humor. hearing that. That's all I do is lowbrow humor. Oh, I Actually, I prefer to call myself unibrow humor, but wow. that's just me. Yeah, that's worse. Uh, do we have a break <laughs> to get to or some bullshit? Like it's time for a break. We're going to let Bevo keep crying over there. She's watching <laughs> Sex in the City or something. Uh, are you monitoring the chat room? <laughs> no. no. <laughs> I'm playing Angry Birds and I love Going yeah. crazy in there. I can only get two stars. All right. Thanks again to Stephen Beaumont for hanging out with us. We really appreciate it. A good writer. Check him out at worldofbeer.com. We'll come back. We've got to taste Moscow's homebrew. Uh, speaking of making people cry. All right. You first. And see how he did. We'll talk about that. 888-401-BEER. Hit the chat now button and watch the live video. Justin.tv slash Brewing Network. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters. Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Downtown Joe's, located in the historic Oberon Building in beautiful downtown Napa, California, offers an award-winning brew pub experience from 8.30 a.m. to 1 a.m. every day. For 15 years at the corner of 2nd and Main, Downtown Joe's has been voted Best Night Spot seven times and Best Brew Pub for the last four years in a row. Brewmaster Colin Kaminsky's handcrafted ales, like his Tailwagon Amber Ale and Double Secret Probation IPA, are the perfect accent to riverside dining, live music, and a relaxing outdoor patio. Don't miss the Beer of the Month, special rotating taps, and the BN Army Member Special. Wear your BN gear, get 10% off your beer. Visit downtownjoes.com to make reservations, peruse their extensive calendar of events, or just read more about their fantastic beers. Come enjoy the fine beer food, and music. Downtown Joe's, the award-winning brew pub where you'll feel at home. When Blickman Engineering set out to design a great brewing stand, they knew it had to be strong, adaptable, and last for a lifetime. The top-tier brewing stand is now proudly available at BlickmanEngineering.com. It grows with your brewing skills and equipment. Start with 5-gallon coolers on its heavy-gauge stainless steel shelves. Then move all the way up to 30-gallon pots on the high-output burner tiers. Speaking of burners, the custom Blickman Engineering top-tier burners are extremely powerful, efficient, and amazingly quiet. They have safety stops to center your pot, and they'll last a lifetime and won't rust. The top-tier brewing stand allows virtually infinite combinations from traditional gravity systems to two tiers to completely horizontal. Configure your stand the way you want and have the freedom to change it at any time in the future. Your brewing stand should adapt with you, not force you to learn a new process. Visit BlickmanEngineering.com today to configure your top-tier brewing stand and to find a local Blickman retailer. You'll be surprised with all the flexible features and the competitive price. Start brewing with Blickman. 
from the top tier. Whether I'm making me dry stout or rebuilding me kegs, I head to the heart of dear Dublin for me homebrewing supplies. You head all the way back to Emerald Isle just for a wee batch of grain or a bit of keg tubing? No, you moronic waste deliver. Dublin, California. I go to HopTech. For 30 years, HopTech in Dublin, California has been supplying homebrewers with malt extract, fresh grains, hops, spices and sugars, hop oils and extracts, and much more. HopTech is one of the first homebrew supply shops on the internet and is proud to offer a Award-winning beer kits, both online and in their store. Mention the BN Army for a 10% discount off your order. The store is open every day except Wednesday or shop online at hoptech.com anytime. Hoptech is run by passionate, award-winning brewers who live, love, and travel for beer and bring their experience to the store for you. If you don't want to visit Dublin, just call toll-free 800-DRY-HOPS or go to hoptech.com. Visit Hoptech today in Dublin, California and at hoptech.com. Williams Brewing is your online resource for prompt delivery of quality home brewing supplies. Since 1979, Williams Brewing has offered the finest equipment and freshest ingredients and the best customer service in the business. Cut hours off your brewing sessions by using one of our 11 varieties of famous Williams Malt Extract. Our Williams Belgian Pale Extract is mashed with pure Belgian two-row malt and a small percentage of Belgian wheat malt for an authentic Belgian character you just can't get from other extracts. Or check out our unique fermenters, two-and-a-half-gallon kegs, paintball tank-based draft beer equipment, bottling aids, and much more. We even have our own line of precision hydrometers. Go to williamsbrewing.com to browse our vast selection. That's williamsbrewing.com. Orders placed by 3.30 p.m. Pacific time ship the same day. Brewing is easy. The Williams way. Wait till you can pour it out of your own kegerator. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, your friends will look at you with awe. And, and it's stuff. just hot. It is? It's so super hot. <laughs> <laughs> The home of live beer radio. Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session. Keeping the ass out of Brewcast. Welcome back to the program. Thanks to Stephen Beaumont, World of Beer blog. You can go to worldofbeer.com, check it out. Great guest. Love to have him in the studio. That was yeah, awesome. He's an interesting you know, guy. I'll, I'll stay in touch with him, and we'll, uh, we'll get him in here to critique us right. and our beers. You think he'll be Facebook friends with me? I doubt it. Oh, man. We were talking about some beer travels, and we got some coming up here. The Cleveland International Beer Festival is coming up May 13th and 14th. It's the largest showcase and competition of world beers in the Midwest. It'll be at the IX Center in Cleveland, like I said, on May 13th and 14th. Bruce Strong will be there. Jamil Zanishev and John Palmer performing. Uh, I will also be there. Cool. You'll find upwards of 800 beers from 200 breweries all under one roof. Uh, there are three sessions, much like the GABF. Tickets are on sale now at the IXBeerFest.com. On May 13th, there's a live broadcast of Bruce Strong with Jamil and Palmer from 8 to 9 p.m. And then on May 14th, uh, Jamil will be helping with the awards ceremony. Also on May 14th, He'll be hosting a VIP beer uh, experience session for one hour. Time to be determined. So check it out. You can go to ixbeerfest.com and get all the information. Find out when we'll be there. Get your tickets. Come out and see us. 
Um, what is that? Two or three days? It's two days that's and cool. three sessions. Sweet. Yeah. So I think it's, that's a good way to do it. I like the way the GABF does it. Like yeah. that. a couple of days and three sessions. You know? Is it a park or a big center? It's like a, a big, big ass center, I think. Yeah, cool. the, big, it's the, uh, the like convention, convention center. So it's a, a lot like GABF. Con- I think it's going to be a huge fest. Yeah. Yeah. Big cavernous room. I like that they call it... Um, Audio's going to be good. Experience, instead of uh, trying to get all crazy and going experience. No, I read it no, wrong. It's experience. It's experience. And if you've been listening to the promo the last <laughs> several weeks... I don't, though. No. Yeah. <laughs> it's experience. I like that they got all creative on yeah, it yeah. and called it experience. Yeah, me too. That yeah. was a cool thing to do. <laughs> nice save. I just... I'm, I mispronounced it in my words. Right. You know, I've seen a yeah. few ones out there called, like, a tasteable. Oh. <laughs> Have you seen those? No, I haven't oh, seen that That's a good one. one. That's Beer almost as good as like webinar. Uh, it is kind of good. Wow. We should steal it. Yeah. Webinar. Yeah. webinar. We edit, we can, we're not on the air, right? We can edit this out? Yeah. All right, thank you. No one listens to this yeah. anyway. Uh, all right, so check us out there May 13th and 14th. <laughs> right now, oh, we've got uh, right kind of afraid to, to do it. Oh God! It's it's not poisonous. Jeez. <laughs> so well, we'll be the uh, just skin. Scott the Jew, getting in the spirit of the program and the brewing network and the beer world, decided to take up home brewing a little bit. See how he liked it. Mm-hmm. Hell yeah! <laughs> and made his first batch of beer. How long ago did you make this batch of beer? It was a while. We actually first talked about it on this show when you were in the hospital. Yep. And uh, JP okay. was uh, at the helm. Yeah. Um, so it's been um, a few months now. That was January. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got to get back to the hospital. You just need more meds. I know a guy to hook you up. You that was a good time. They <laughs> <laughs> got the good stuff. Uh, okay, so it was at least uh, a couple months ago that you brewed this beer. Then, yeah, uh, close, like close to four months almost. Four months yeah. ago. And what did you brew? Uh, it's uh, it was an English mild, I think. It, really, it was like an extract. I just I told the guy at the at the store to throw together a, a kit for me because I wanted to do as little thinking as possible. Okay, so you asked for and and he gave you an English mild. That's right. All extract kit. Correct. Did you have to steep grains? Uh, yes. You did. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Nice. Okay. Good way to start. Mm-hmm. So the color, uh, it, it could it could very well be an English mild. I think by the BJCP now, they would, they'd knock you for it. They'd say it should be red or... A little, or, red, or, a little darker. Yeah, yeah, a little more darker, orange. But, yeah. but uh, yeah, I've had some milds in it's England. It's like a dark, dark that, golden color. That could, yeah. that could look like this. I think the the first thing that came to my mind when I first tried this was that it was undercarbonated. I think I used too little priming sugar um, in the better bottles. than too much the first time. Is it, otherwise, you might just get bottle bombs and you, yeah. then you don't get to drink any beer. So you know, better to undershoot than overshoot the first first shot. Do you happen to remember how much it was? Uh, no, I, I, you know we weren't very uh, we weren't very careful with exact <laughs> measurements and exact right. times and temperatures. I mean, we don't have a setup that's conducive to precision, you know. Uh, and so I I paid much less attention than I than I should have. So I don't so, know. It's so tough. You were given a, you were given ingredient kit. Is that what you said? Um, yeah. And did, do you know what's in the kit? Did they, they give you that? Like, uh, it was a couple packets of hops. You know, one for. Do you the have that with you? The, the ingredients? Uh, oh no! You know, I should have I should have brought it with me and I and I didn't. Right. Where'd you was, get the uh, kit from? Uh, it's uh, SF Brewcraft. It's the okay. homebrew supply store in the in the city in San mm-hmm. Francisco. Sure. Um, Did you just say just a couple packets of hops? Uh huh. Yeah. <laughs> what is that? Well, yeah. Chad's about the backhand Scott on right now. Well, what do you Come mean? on. <laughs> a little attention to detail. I know. 
I only pay no, attention. No, he said he didn't want to pay attention to deer. That That's right. He didn't want to think too much. He wants to brew. He wants to go through the process without having wow. to overthink yeah. it. You know, I, every, I, well, I'll leave the detail to the uh, the huge guy in the armchair. You guys ever been into SF? Oh, brew yeah. <laughs> There's a guy who weighs uh, probably yeah. four, four Gris? bills. Grizz. Grizz. That's Grizz. And he sits yeah. in this big, uh, what looks to be like a 40-year-old uh, leather <laughs> armchair, and he, probably, he doesn't he doesn't get up from that chair. Like, no, that's, really? no. That's, he camps out in that chair. He might even sleep there. Does well, he just point where things are? Yeah. With his cane. Yeah, he had a lot of questions. <laughs> right. A lot of questions for me when I went in there many years ago putting 60. a recipe together. He's like, really? You want that many pounds? Of- yeah, he, he gave me a bunch oh. of crap when I was like, you know, yeah. I just want to whatever, just a session ale, you know, something easy. And he was like, listen, guy, if you want to do something like that, just go buy some AB, go buy some Bud Light. <laughs> oh. I was like, hey, dick, I'm trying to buy from your store. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Too bad he's not a sponsor. Yeah, I like this guy. He has fun with it. Yeah, yeah no, he's, he's cool. Great. He is great. Yeah. I used to talk to him a lot when I was doing Fermatap. Okay. Uh, more beard wholesale nonsense. Right. Uh, he's a, he's a weird, just unique guy, set in his ways. He'll never change, and uh, he doesn't give a fuck. Is he on your yeah. WoW server? No, but I, well, he might be. I mean, if, most guys. You <laughs> I can envision him as a death knight. Most guys you don't move from their chair are on are on somebody's WoW server. You well, know yeah, I mean? well, because their skin is fused to the fabric, they can't move. <laughs> You know what I mean? Interwoven. Yeah. So, so they, they showed you an English mild kit, huh? Yes. Sure it wasn't a wit beer? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm positive. Sure? Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're was it up a, some spice in there? Was it a liquid yeast <laughs> or a, a, a dry yeast? Uh, it was liquid. It was liquid. liquid. Okay, yes. Got it. Mm-hmm. A little tube or a packet of one of the tubes? It was probably. a tube. Yeah, a definitely tube. a tube. Yeah. I, you know what? Right, I mean, White I'm, Labs, there you go. Yeah. I'm, I'm really sure that this did not come out anything close to what it was supposed to be. But I mean, you know... It's, it's drinkable. In it's my very opinion. drinkable. I'm giving you that. It's drinkable. Better I, than my first batch, yeah, I'll tell clean. you that. It's clean. Yeah. My I, first batch I do really get the, sucked. The spices that uh, McDole's talking about, but I don't get like the wheat. I get, a, flavor I get that a would clove, tip it off. Right? I get a clove phenol that would be you know typical of a of a wit beer type of yeast. Yeah. And I'm not sure if that was from the yeast being pushed in different ways, and it wasn't actually a wit beer yeast. Let me but, taste yours right. because the uh, <laughs> bison yeast, I should say. Because is this all from the same bottle? Yeah. Oh, never mind. All right. What do you mean spices? Like what kind clove, of spices? Peppery clove, yeah. clove, yeah. But usually when people say spicy, to me it, it's more just like a peppery, uh, some sort of subset of pepper. What did you do for temp control? It's temperature a, you ferment. Sat on it like Horton. Uh, it, we it's it's in his uh, in my buddy's garage where in the carboy and in the dark and it's it's pretty steady. It's cold in there, but it's pretty steady yeah. about. You know, fifty eight, sixty two, something like that. Yeah, San Francisco in the middle of January. That's yeah. that's got to be a pretty cool ride. It was I cool. Think, yeah. Mm-hmm. See, I was thinking that it tasted kind of clean, it's but clean. I uh, but I secretly drank a, a pint of Apocalypse at the break, so I wouldn't really taste the beer. <laughs> <laughs> Are you that worried about it? <laughs> Jesus, hold your nose. Uh, but no, my first uh, impression was, oh, it, it, I I think he fermented well. It's clean, and and I think it's okay. It's just. I I I found it. I find it thin, and um, certainly mild, and lacking body and hop character. Mm-hmm. Um, but that might just be a recipe thing, really. That's a good, yeah, that's a good point, Justin. It's actually a little thinner than I had originally thought. Now, that having a second taste of it, I think you're onto something there. It's pretty thin. You, this, I assume, was a partial boil where you boiled the extract on the stove, and then you had to add water at the end. Or did you yes, boil? Yes, that's did. right. Yes, two gallons, I believe. Yeah, mm-hmm. which of course is fine. Uh, but I sometimes you can overdo the water, Easily. or yeah. Um, yeah. depending on. I mean, was it? You said it was li- a liquid extract, uh, or yes. was it dry? The dry uh, no, powder? Yeah, it was liquid. No, it like was liquid. caramel. 
Yeah, 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 you added water after the boil was complete. Correct. Right? Got right. it. Two gallons. Yeah. Two gallons. So it could have okay. been like extra light or something. I when I first started, I used to for some reason like to use the extra light liquid extract. Yeah. I don't really know why, but I, I did. Know. And uh, light would, inconsistency. Would, no, no, Color. it was actually just Color. called like extra light, and it would come out a little thinner than say just even regular light extract or. Uh, you know, amber extract. There were different ones. So, so, so when you say thin, like, what does that mean? What, what, well, why the is body it of it, it's uh, it's a little watery. Well, like, okay. it's a very thin on the palate. Yeah, and, mouthfeel. Uh, right, but yeah. I think but I am. But I thought I, this is why I'm kind of curious about what you guys are picking up with the spices and stuff because I I think that it was fermented pretty well. And I agree. Uh, it seems clean. It just doesn't seem like an English. I think uh, actually, right, right. The yeast uh, that Scott pitched did do some work. Yeah, but there was a, there's actually another uh, player at at you know in the game here, and that was probably a yeast yeah. or some kind of a not a bacteria would have come out some like something else, but there's a wild yeast component to this, I think, and that wasn't part of the yeast that Scott pitched, and it probably came in on the water that was added. that was added, right? And that's where the, uh, the although he's got that good hetch hetchy, you know, it's true that it's good water, it's damn good water, but yeah. it's not boiled but, or anything, yeah. else. right? There's yeah. probably a little bit of a, a phenol production from some. Uh, Wild yeast that was able to ferment in the mid to high fifties. You know, so you so think it's not just snuck its way in there. Yeah, and you definitely have some, you know, good flavor contribution from the yeast that was pitched. There's another yeast that was also involved in this fermentation, I think, and that's where this the medicinal, slight medicinal, yeah. but more clove like phenol. And the whole there's a whole group of phenols that are present in the beer. I, I agree, and what 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 I find interesting for an English mild, it, it has a nice bitterness to it. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Uh, because which it was interesting. Those wild yeast attenuated so well. Took out you think they just took out the malt. Exactly. Right, right. That the hops are really punching through. Yeah. The, the bitterness in particular. Did you make you a, a starter? Are you starter? Or did you just pour the vial into the into the? Uh, the yeah, no, just vial straight in there. Okay. I asked the guy, and he said, "Yeah, you can just pitch it right in there." He didn't get out of the. He couldn't get out of the chair to. I gotta say, I'm, I'm pretty disappointed. Are you? Yeah. Oh, Chad, oh gee. I, I, I just think I you should have asked. You should have like maybe consulted with us and see. We got into this. I'm a little angry about good, that. This is a good point. Well, you like, have why don't you just to more uh, information? Uh, a couple of bags of hops or something. Whatever. And, uh, uh, there's some couple of yeast or whatever. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I, I wouldn't. Come I wouldn't try to go through uh, Adam Carolla's backlog without talking to you first. <laughs> Come on. So, right. motherfucker. <laughs> Yeah, I got you know I caught a lot of flack for that when we talked about this on the the show where Jay was in the the hospital and you know they said the same thing I think JP said yeah. why you know come to us but you know we're a we're a fountain of advice and knowledge and and I know that and that was sort of almost why I didn't like I was afraid of being overwhelmed exactly. and I just want I, I really I, I wanted to get one batch under my belt just to sort of see the process because I I'd heard about it but it's a whole another thing to actually do it well don't tell us you yeah. did and don't bring Hide it on the this. show. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Chad's like, do it and then shut up. All right, no. Wow. Did no, Chad and I change places? No, get this fucking beer out of here! You're saying yeah, oh, that's okay. great. No. Well, from now on, well, I, I get mean, that. I for, get that. Actually, how you said that. that's a good point. Well, yeah. for future batches, I mean, I'm, I'm going to have to st- if I want to improve. I'm going to have to start, you know, paying more attention and writing that's things cool. down. I get that. I will, but I really this batch was just to sort of see the process. Yeah, don't be yeah. so proud. Well, well, <laughs> frankly, that's a, that's the best way to learn it, though. Just to, to do it your own way I'm the totally first kidding. time. I think. Yeah. I yeah. agree. Did yeah. they give you a list of instructions with the kit? Uh, I actually printed it out from uh, our our fine sponsor, More Beer. Okay, good, cool. Yeah. yeah, and that list of instructions has gotten much better from the first batch I bought for More Beer. Too. It's yep. very thorough. I mean, yeah. they they no stone is left unturned. They tell you how to do it from every little detail. They cover it. Right. Yeah, no, right. that was fun rewriting those things, man. <laughs> was that you? It really? You or did not? a good job with it, man. I'll tell you what. <laughs> Thank you. Um, what I like is that it's not, 
super contaminated. <laughs> no, and I, and I mean in a good way because Wait, because, what, because why don't you just backhand him? I could, but he's too far away. So far away from uh, because usually when people first get into homebrewing, they're told, and I, I'm guilty of the same thing, assuming that the first batch is going to suck dicks, and they say uh, do a stout or a porter, right. something to really hide the flaws, uh, because in a lighter beer, the flaws are going to come through a lot more. And I didn't initially pick up on the things that Nate's talking about um, until we kind of got a little deeper into the you know half an ounce sample uh, that Scott poured. Um, and then you kind of started to realize like the, these kind of flaws, but I don't think they would have shown up in like a porter or anything like that. Or maybe they would have, but not, not as much, right? So uh, I think it was ballsy to go for a lighter beer, even though you didn't know it, and to have it come out as a very drinkable beer. Beer. I think it's a. That's I think a really it's a point. great first batch of beer, man. Yeah, nice. the smaller Thanks. ones are Thanks. the smaller beers with the less complex malt bill is not necessarily <laughs> yeah. easy to start. Yeah, dude, with. I went an English mild, for the dude. IPA. Really, like yep. for your first one, like most of us do. Yeah. yeah, I went right for the big beer, and I thought, yeah, I'll cover it up with it, and I did. It the beer came out really good. I did a was, Scotch ale was my first one. Yeah, even that yeah. one's a little borderline for me. I sure, I did but stout. It was it's not awful. terrible. You, you have a good awful. point. It's not terrible. I gotta say, the only two there's only two things I don't like about this beer. Uh, and that's that it's too thin, so it's just a little too watery for me. Mm-hmm. And it, you're right that it's undercarbonated. Mm-hmm. But if it had just a little more body, I don't know if you needed some more extract in there or something, uh, and some carbonation, I'd have given you a high five. Nice. I'm not going to do that now. <laughs> but I would have had you fix those two things. Well, and I mean, you know, there's specific a... things to focus on for the, the next yeah. batch. And, you know, I, I, did you take any gravity readings? No. Like, you did you use a hydrometer? Nothing. You no, just the, went for it. The Morbier instructions told me to do it, and I just did it. Did you use it. sanitation? Yes, we good, did. We, good, but good. we used uh, uh, iodine, which Iodin I've been four. told since yep. is not the not the best way to go. It's, okay. well, it's not the best, but it works. What are you talking about? I use it all. Really? Okay. That's fine. Yeah. Well, the reason we didn't go for a uh, a porter, or a stout, honestly, or or a big IPA, um, is because I and I mentioned this uh, before. The friend that I'm doing this with, and we have a, the setup in his garage. My buddy for that works for Electronic Arts. I mentioned. Mm-hmm. Uh, he is not he's not a craft beer guy and i'm you know trying to wean him and i right. he's not going to drink a stout or a porter even if it's done well uh, or a big ipa so i wanted to just you know brew something that was going to get him on board the uh, craft beer train True. Business, that's man. a good decision to make it makes total sense did Were, your did your clit kit include any dex, dexatrin your clit did, did your, your clit include any dexatrin did your kit include any dexatrin yeah i'm going to say no cuz i don't even any white powder that? that looked like you might want to snort it instead of put it in your sugar <laughs> you're saying i shouldn't have snorted <laughs> no then? no you shouldn't yeah yeah <laughs> my nose is real huge now yeah. any sticky white powder yeah uh no it's not pretty common in extract kits that would help you with the body of the beer yeah english mild i don't know if they would have included that i wouldn't need it Typically. That would have gone into the boil? It was probably a crystal yeah. malt. Yeah, it would have gone into the steep. boil. How many pounds imagine? of extract, roughly, do you remember? Was it a I big it was bag, five. a big jar? It's it was five. Be five. Yeah. Yeah. It was That's five. what I would have yeah. guessed, too. See, it should have been like seven. It's a pretty mellow beer, yeah. So yeah. That up you think like if it was, seven. you yeah. think if there was, <laughs> that's what I think. You think if there was more of it, that it wouldn't be so thin. Well, I don't know. There's a mm. lot of things. Even even some sort of wild yeast, yeah. like Nate's talking about, yeah. can, can thin it out, right? Can right. eat some of those long chain sugars that might otherwise have stuck around, right? And even if you know, even if I had had produced this beer and and let it sit at you know 55, 58 degrees and done. A full wort boil, it may have fermented in a similar way. Right. It may have just been a little bit too cold for the yeast. Yeah. Those yeast may have wanted about mid-60s or, or high-60s or something like that to get what we wanted out of them. So sure. they may have just fallen out of out of solution. And it was probably, yeah. what, just English ale yeast if, if you just gave it a It while. was. It definitely was. Yeah, yeah. Ale, yeah. It's an ale, so it went to fermented ale temperatures, yeah. not lager temperatures, which you were closer to. Now, were you drinking throughout the brewing process? Yeah. 
Oh, absolutely. Nice. Like beginning to end? Uh, yeah, because we, we mostly were just upstairs while it was doing its thing, watching uh, the sharks or something, and we were, yeah, drinking beers. Because you're kind of a lightweight, so I'm guessing yeah. that by the end you were, you were a little drunk. Um, yeah, yeah, I had a nice buzz going. What, were you, what were you drinking, given that you're, you've already admitted that your friend's not a big craft beer guy? Was this a, a natural light day? Absolutely not. I've learned uh, my lesson. I bring my own beer over to his place. Okay. Uh, I think I was drinking Sierra Nevada. He All was right. drinking the uh, Coors Light. The silver bullet. So you go two to one for yeah. you on those. Oh. <laughs> Tap the rocky <laughs> quite easily. Yeah. And by watching sharks, he means Real Housewives of Atlanta. <laughs> That's what they went up because Latoya to do. Jackson is a real bitch. <laughs> oh. So before you guys do your next batch, I'm sure somebody's already mentioned it, but just in case they haven't, a lot of times homebrewers won't clean the equipment if this was brand new equipment. They won't right. clean it as well as they probably should. Sure. So um, there's worth repeating if you haven't heard it yet. Be, yeah. care, be careful Clean. about the equipment the next time. I've yeah. heard it many times. Um, we actually have already done the second batch. It's in the, the carboy. Oh, now. cool. Um, and yeah, we, we cleaned it really thoroughly. Wh- At what least did I you? I did. Yeah. What's your second batch? Uh, it was a, uh, a Jamil's cream ale recipe. So a couple of hops yeah. and a couple. Well, a bag of this, bag a couple of that. bag of hops, uh, something. I Come on! Know. I didn't write it down. Did you? Did you? <laughs> did, you ch- <laughs> did you change anything in your brew day? No, not really. No, it's just mostly the, just the same, same thing. <laughs> it, well, yeah, because you know we weren't disappointed well, with this result. The well, pro brewer in the room is offended. He keeps banging how, on the how, table over here. How annoyed are you? Come on, Scott. Give. Well, I thought we were going to help him make better beer right now. Right now, right now. Scott, give. So, what are you going to do different next time? Not this batch you just made, but the one. Did you learn anything from what we discussed here today? Yeah, I'm not going to serve it to Chad. Well, I'd also just don't tell him. Yeah, right. I'd also recommend learning the word of one hop that goes into your beer for Chad before he rips your okay. face off. Well, you yeah. should learn to always bring your recipe. He'll go Bakersfield be Chimp on you. Right. right. Okay, that, that's yeah. That's uh, something I'll. That would be helpful do. to us. Um, and yeah, just you know, being being more careful with with temperature and, and time and really when important. we do the additions and and yeah, just just writing stuff down so I have gravity readings and recipes so I can yeah. describe it. Did you? Take a gravity reading in batch two. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> just, no. just put it all. So in. batch two it. really was just to replenish your beer that's supply. Pretty much because exactly you drank correct. all of batch one. Yep, that's, that's right. that was my batch two, three, and four. To be honest, oh with yeah, you. that's what I did. That's how it goes in the yeah. first few for sure. In fact, it wasn't. You know, I, I'm with Chad, and and we're talking about him, like you know, writing stuff down and getting it right. But it wasn't until I started doing all that that I got pissed off at home brewing. Before then, I was fine. I just the same way. I don't know. Throw a bunch of shit in a pot and, uh, and drink it when it's done. All this math and numbers and stuff. Well, as soon as I got into math, I was like, oh, great. I'm out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, you probably didn't listen to the early uh, episodes of, of these shows, but one thing that we taught people early on was uh, it's three things. It's sanitation, starters, and temperature control mm-hmm. of the ferment. Yeah. Those are the three main things. And that doesn't matter whether you do an extract or all grain. You can make better. You can make a really good extract beer if you follow those those three things. Yeah, yeah. I, people have been hitting those points hard. Um, so yeah, you know, we did pay close attention to the sanitation. Right. We were on, on top of that, right. and you know, no infection as a result. At least I don't think there was. Well, there could have been a, a wild yeast infection, which yeah. probably came from the air or like came the, the, the water. So how the hell do you avoid that then? Well, you would boil anything that's going to go into your beer should be clean, right? Like right. sterile. Yeah. All right. Is it? I don't do. Uh, partial boils like that is it you typically don't boil that water or you do you know the instructions do not tell you to do it Uh, and and there are there are those that say there's enough chlorine and stuff in your in your regular drinking water that you don't need to boil it and there are those that say what i think you were about to say everything that touches your beer post boil 
should have been boiled. Right. Oh, boiled. Uh, so you could take the two gallons of water that you had to add and boil it mm. while you're boiling the other thing, too. But as I said, there are plenty who say, including the doctor who told me to leave the hospital with a giant open wound <laughs> and shower with it open and let water run through it. There are those who say that your drinking water is safer than you think and cleaner than yeah. you think. Hmm. That's not to say it doesn't have wild yeast in it. Wild yeast is not dangerous to right. the human body, right. but it's not something you want to put in your beer. Well, also, you know, you're you're putting wild yeast in, or you're letting wild yeast get into an environment where they're going to thrive and actually have food for a long period of time. In right. your body, we have white blood cells to kind of kill all that. Yeah. So it's not saying you didn't actually get anything from doing that, right? But it didn't take hold. Whereas what did, in a beer, it would. Also, what did you ferment in? Uh, a um, an old pig bladder, a big kettle, uh, not made for brewing, just a big kettle that uh, we bought at uh, Ferment Home Depot, not boil, yeah. ferment. Oh, um, uh, a glass carboy, a five gallon glass carboy, a glass carboy, okay. perfect. Right. Yeah. That you, I would have done a bucket uh. that you sanitized beforehand. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Okay. I mean, you know, yeah. we just the little iodine, a little water, shake sure, it up, dump it. it out. That's, right? that's it, right? Oh, yeah. It's got to be clean, yeah. then sanitized. Right. Yeah. I mean, it, it doesn't it doesn't taste like there's uh, some sort of contamination from like dirt. No, but I mean it's very, no. very slight. So right. I think all your sanitation so is is, is fine. Yeah, it's okay. Not, yeah. um, if you went up to a full boil and got a wort chiller, and uh, you know you'd probably be fine. And maybe it's just this this one time. And, and you know, the the more you do it, you you don't think you're going to tweak your process, but you will. You're just in your head going to try to you know trim off uh, time here and time there. But I can do this and do this at the same time, or I can reuse my sanitizer here and there. Um, but you're not going to think you are. So your your second batch may be a huge success. And uh, that's all I have to say. How many batches before he has a kegerator? Before he's tired of bottling? <laughs> well, it depends. If he has to buy it full price, then a long time. But if we get him a deal... <laughs> right. No. I'd even think at full price, four batches maximum. You think so? I'm it, thinking the bottles eight. are just so convenient. You know, you can bring them places. And yeah, you don't have that's to have a true. Well, you can bottle off of a keg, man. Four brews, something goes on layaway. Yeah, you might put on layaway. <laughs> yeah, he's like, uh, what is he in Detroit? He's going, he's going back to what's his name, the Fez, the Grizz, the Grizz, and, and he's like, all right, twenty bucks this week, twenty bucks next week, you put away. Fez. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, it's a it's a pretty damn good first attempt, and I'm gonna say I think a lot of people say that people's first attempt at brewing is bad. I disagree. I have had a lot of first attempt beers that are a lot better than like sixth attempt beers when yeah. you start to really go nuts about it. And so I think that this is on par with, with some first uh, beers I've had and, and pretty damn good. Like I said, I just didn't like it's just thin and and the, and car and not carbonated. Right, not carbonated was also my I think first batch problem too. That's how I met Doc. I went in and my beer sat there for a month and still wasn't carbonated enough, and he discovered that it was too cold. Um, so that's another thing. If your beer, it might not be a lack of priming sugar. What Doc discovered was that my beer was sitting at less than sixty degrees, and that for for the bottling portion, you should move it up out of the basement upstairs. And let it go ahead and sit, like up towards seventy degrees. So yeah. we actually we did that. We had the bottle sitting in his kitchen, oh, uh, which is probably you know closer to. Actually, his girlfriend is cold all the time, and he keeps his house probably even closer to maybe seventy two, seventy five, even. Okay. Um, so that's what made me think it was a lack of priming sugar because okay. it was yeah. it was pretty warm. Yeah. Because you want that to be uh, up in temperature. But yeah, the other thing, even with the priming sugar, it sounds to me like if you just went by the kit, he probably gave him the, what is it, five ounces or something yeah, of, of, of priming right. sugar. 
Uh, you got to make sure you stir it up real good too, mm. and get it all. Uh, did you find that some bottles were more carbonated than others? Uh, so far, so far, no. It's been pretty consistent. Pretty consistent. Yeah. Okay. Here's an interesting. Uh, How many bottles do you have left? Just one set. Oh, um, I don't know. Maybe twelve, ten. I'm Warm sure. them up for a week anyway. Make sure that they're in a seventy plus environment for a week, and then open them. Okay. Just test it. Yeah. Even because after all I the, think even they after probably all this time. Huh? Yeah. 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 Definitely. Yeah, sure. Because I was ready to throw my batch out by the time I met Doc. There's still live yeast yeah. in there. Just try it. Been I, sitting a while. I only say that I'm only sticking to it because it, if he gave, if he was given a kit, he was probably given the right amount yeah, of yeah. prime sugar. Yeah. Yep. So mm-hmm. or close to it. <laughs> just be certain about the yeah, temperature. Yep. Seventy or above. Seventy see, would see be perfect. Okay. For right, a week. I'll do that. Um, interesting thing from the chat. Um, uh, Monarch Brewer says, I have heard that cold water has much less bacteria than hot because hot water tanks contain lots of bacteria. Well, that's a good point. Is that I've true? Heard the same thing. Interesting point. Yeah, it's, it sitting, is, it's kind of interesting, something I would never really thought of. Because the tank is sitting there at 120 or something, you know, just breeding those guys probably. Right. Right. Yeah. 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 Hot tub. <laughs> it's too hot, hot tub. Did you pour <laughs> cold? You, you poured cold water in, though, yeah, didn't you? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, because the good thing about partial boil is this none of this chiller bullshit. Yeah, you have there. hot work. Right. Which you still actually, you can put the kettle in an ice bath. Did you do that? We, sir, yeah, we did. And then you throw cold water and in. And just you, almost instantly done cooling. In fact, what do you remember what temperature it was at by the time you pitched? Because yeah, that's a problem. it was already down to maybe 74. Oh, that's fine. I, I was thinking yeah. that, I mean, a problem could be if you chill that wort, then you add cold water, it could easily be 50 degrees yeah. by the time you're ready to pitch. Yeah, sure, sure. I've had to actually warm up my carboys when I first was doing the, the partial boil. No, it was definitely not that cold. It, it was, was it was in the 70 range. So, so, so you, you have one of those stick-on <laughs> thermometers or what? Uh, yeah, it's actually um, it's like a meat thermometer on a, with like a long needle with a little uh, circle at the top. So it know? was an insertable one. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I got a meat thermometer. Insertable. So, uh, so you chilled it in the sink? Uh, yeah, he's got a big uh, tub sink down in his uh, his garage, and uh, yeah, just surrounded it with now, cold was, water. Was the chilled beer open to the air at any time? Uh, no, I had the lid on, so I mean, oh, no. good, good, yeah. you had the lid on, great, okay, good. When did the rabbi bless it? Um, well, he blessed me like three days before I even started, okay. and I think that actually covers everything. Just carries over, so it's yeah. kosher. That's, right. that's just because yeah, I sneezed. Right, Whoa, that was good. Yeah. All right. Well, hey, this is uh, another velvet-handed. Uh, you know, something or other. Well, something. Except for from Chad. <laughs> oh, well, right. This is so what needs to tell you how it is. Chad's yeah. ready to rip you up. Uh, all right. Uh, someone wants to know if Tasty's ever brewed with pot. Uh, no. No. You know, we... What do you mean? Like in my pocket or in my hand or... Lies. In your bloodstream. In the beer itself. Yeah. No. It's a waste Lies. of pot. Justin, you and I Kinda. tasted... Uh, I think a listener came up to us last year SoCal Homebrew Fest. Mm-hmm. Remember someone came up to us and gave us a pot beer that they had dumped like an ounce and a half into right. something? And remember how god-awful that beer was? Yeah, is oh that my why, god, it was bad. Is that why I passed out that <laughs> night? <laughs> my no. ass is real sore afterwards. No, I think why. I'm allergic to pot beer. So I, I'm sure I, Tasty hasn't brewed with pot because it doesn't produce very good results. Yeah. Yeah. No interest in that. People try to give it to me all the time. It's just, I'm not going to drink it's that. It's terrible. It. All right. Well, I'm curious to try the next batch, so I say keep bringing it in if you can. Okay. Yeah. Every, you didn't just, even taste this chat. one. You had that yeah, hot you, you oh, <laughs> Come on. That's why I want the next one. 
Yeah. Will you come brew with Chad one day so he can yell at you all day? I, I mean, yeah. I guess I'll, I'll tolerate the yelling just to watch the process because I right. mean, obviously the dude knows what he's. Well, should I come hand. into EJ Fair uh, and stop. and watch you brew there? Are you doing that yet, or what's going on oh. with that? Oh. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It's great because it's like Chad's kitchen. It's great because Chad's the most passive guy I've ever met. But when Moscow comes in, he's like, "Yeah, fuck you. Yeah. Yeah. This is bullshit. You think this is cool work? Bam! <laughs> Just have a little respect coming. Two packets. What right. were they? Chad wants you to respect the beer. I think is what he's getting at. <laughs> that wasn't punching you. That was Italian for respect the beer. Right. I think. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well done, Moscow. Thank you. Well, you know, Chad and I have drank more of this beer than you guys, by the way. So as critical as we were. We filled our glasses back up. Nice, good. There's another bottle here if anyone's interested. I didn't know we had any. Just throwing that out there. (laughs) (laughs) So I've got another idea for Moscow and his newness to beer. And it's also going to get us out of something. So it's perfect. (laughs) But, you know, a lot of times listeners will, they'll send in beer, um, their own homebrew, which we keep here and we taste. But a lot of times what they do is they send in their local brewery's beer along with it. Do they? Um, we get so for ballast. Maybe it's not shit. a lot of time. It's every now and then. Ballast, yes. You get you know something coming in from somewhere in the middle or, or on the fringe states, whatever. And, and they'll go. So I sent you my homebrew, which is fantastic. And I thought I'd throw in the five local uh, breweries what? also. So we end up, with, which I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, it's really hit or miss with those beers. <laughs> so what I thought was, as as Moscow is taking his journey in discovering craft beer, those could be his beer reviews. He can give us reviews on the breweries that we've never heard of. And then based on his review, we can decide then if we want to go and taste it as well. So he's oh. the court jester. He's the taster of Precisely. Shit. Right. Precisely. For the king. Precisely what I'm getting at. And the queen. <laughs> and the Not queen. So if he doesn't get sick, we're going to try it. He'll prelim so the beers for I've, us. I, well, and, I, and I've already started yeah. storing up some of these beers. I have some for you to take now. Okay. They're in the trash. And it's also but... part Moscow's going to have like his own blog thing on the site, too. Right now he's doing the BN Army blog, but we got another one coming out. And I thought that this could round out your blog, too. You could give amateur reviews mm. about unknown beers. Interesting. Because most of the beers I'm talking about are unknown. I mean, you guys can be sure that if Bells get sent in with a homebrew... We're drinking that yeah, shit. Yeah. I'm talking about the unknown beers right. from an amateur. And I think, and I'm being honest when I say I think it will help him think about beer, Right. And it'll keep us from having to taste beer that might not be so great. <laughs> and then I just I pass on to That's you guys the stuff that I dug. Right. Well, you'll write about it regardless. You right. will yeah. come in with a report and write about it no matter what happens with the beer. This part of the show brought to you by How to Outsource Your Life. That's Get it right. Now, Amazon.com. Yeah, you well, know I'm not Eastern Indian, right? But what? But it's not even being done. It's not even You're outsourcing. Because right now, that beer's getting thrown away. Right. It sits here for a year, and no one ever touches it. And then we do spring cleaning, and it I'll gets thrown it. out. So, to me, this is just a win-win for everybody, and it's hardly even outsourcing. So, is that just because you, you had like a, a sip of a bottle and you never touched any of the other ones, or you didn't even want to try? Like, I'm scared. We just get too much of it. Just too much. We get too much of it. It sits here. If there's, if there's a beer in the fridge that we know is great, uh, that's what we grab. Uh, there is the occasion, if we've heard about it or something, or it's, it's come highly recommended, we will crack it open. But there's just too many of them coming. I know a lot of beer writers now who just throw tasting parties because they can't possibly get through all the beer. Right. We tend to have that happen. So rather than store this beer up and throw it away, the, the listeners have spent money to, to buy it for us and send it. I'm going to give it to you. All right. And you're going to taste it and write about it. 
and come back with a report. Yeah, that'll be interesting. I think it'll help you, and it will help us. Yes, definitely help us. <laughs> right? I mean, we can go through that fridge right now, Chad. <laughs> yes. And send him Unload. home with a refrigerator full of beer. Unload. It is packed. Yeah. It is packed in there. Oh, okay. <clears throat> we got to take a break. When we come back, we're going to wrap things up, get your Drunk of the Week calls ready. And by ready, I mean ready. I'm not going to hang around all night. Take a phone calls, but I so I I had five beers and the first one reminded shut up me I don't care of the first time that I put shoes on. I'm gonna call back in five minutes. I, I'm I need drink to, some more and call back. Soon. I need to feed my fish, so hold on a second, and I'm gonna call back with my beers. Don't call back if you think somebody's resume is better than yours because I have caller ID and I just won't answer. I could be his resume. I already called and gave the resume, but then I heard of the other resume and I have another resume. I had four more beers since you know the what last that's time I called. That's called a lie. It's a lie, but it's also a lot. <laughs> yep, 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 yep. That's right. <laughs> How did you get in my head? <laughs> All right, so we'll take a break. We'll take Drunk of the Week when we come back. Uh, I got to do feedback, and uh, I think that's about it. All right, hang in there. It's the session, and uh, we'll be right back. You're listening to the Brewcasters. The Brewcasters on the Brewing Network. Hey, what are you doing, man? Writing a review of WLP 400. What? You're reviewing yeast? Yeah. White Labs has home brewer reviews of all their strains. Are you new to these interwebs? Check it out. That's awesome. White Labs, your source for great yeast, invites all brewers to visit whitelabs.com to read and write your own reviews of all their yeast strains. Get real-world tips and tricks from other brewers who have made the most of their vials and post your own experiences. It's another way White Labs brings you closer to the best yeast on the planet. And send. There you go. You misspelled flocculate, dude. What? Ah. Uh. White Labs. It's all in the vial. Since 1921, Mundins has been a provider of quality malted grain and extract. What did he just say? That's 90 years of locally sourced grain for home brewers and professional brewers alike. All farmed within 50 miles of our malt houses. What? I can't understand what this guy said. Last part. Whole and crushed malts, including wheat and peated malt, liquid extract, hopped and unhopped, as well as dried malt extract. Everything from beginner home brewer kits to all the ingredients an infant's home brewer needs. Something about trains? What? Language is this guy speaking? He's from Austria. <laughs> Mundins is proudly serving brewers in 54 countries and honored to be a leader in mowing. Can you understand this guy? No. <laughs> That's a really free language. From Muntins Malt and Malt Extract at your local home brew shop. Muntins for brewing, distilling, and baking. Quality malted grain and extract for 90 years. Make your malt Muntins. What's up, dude? Why the long face? Valentine's Day was awful. The World of Warcraft subscription was a strikeout. Ooh, yeah, I hear ya. A couple of years ago, the new Hoover I got my wife was a bomb, too. But last year, I found PlayfulEvenings.com. What? What's that? You know. Mrs. Badrock's store. It's awesome. 
totally tasteful passion toys. Are you serious? Yeah. What's a passion toy? You know, it's a um, central aid in the bedroom. Ooh. All kinds of stuff. Massage oils, couples games, lingerie, and books. Books? Yeah. Where do you think Tickless Pickle came from? Yeah, boy. Seriously. Fun stuff, and Mrs. Badrock takes care of the BN Army with 10% off. Go to PlayfulEvenings.com and click on Shop Online now. Put BN Army in the coupon code. PlayfulEvenings.com Thanks, Mrs. Badrock. You're a lifesaver. BN Army, it's Valentine's Day all year long at PlayfulEvenings.com Here's a bite for beer lovers. Soft caramel made with real craft brew and coated in chocolate. And hop drops, hard candies made with real hop oil. Introducing Beer Candy from BeerCandy.com. Beer Candy's amazing caramels come in four mouth-watering flavors. IPA, bitter gold wrapped in smooth white chocolate. Lager, made with a familiar beer from Boston and coated in milk chocolate. Lambic, soury Belgian goodness full of fresh raspberry and dipped in dark chocolate and stout roasty cocoa chocolate insanity hop drops are made with fuggles or cascade hops and are known as the candy that bites you back choose from sampler and full sizes of both and make your mouth jump to life all at beercandy.com hop drops and beer caramels satisfy your sweet tooth as only a beer lover could with beer candy visit beercandy.com today What's funny is Bruce will say, yeah, I don't brew to stop. I'm brewing my own beer. And it's like a German Pilsner, but it's black. Yeah, it's a sports beer. Sports beer. beer. <laughs> you know? The, the home of live beer radio. TheBrewingNetwork.com Because like beer, radio shouldn't suck. You're listening to The Session. You're listening to The Brewing Network. Because like beer... Radio shouldn't suck. Welcome back to the program. Thanks for sticking around with us tonight. Great guest in Stephen Beaumont earlier today. We appreciate his time. Uh, we're going to do Drunk of the Week calls here fairly soon. Uh, but first, you know, we were talking about making beer, which is weird for us. Yeah. Home brewing. Who would have thought? Tell you one thing that could have helped your homebrew process, uh, Moscow. What's that? Beersmith. You can go to beersmith.com. You could have gotten your own 21-day free trial, and you would have known exactly what the gravity of this beer would have ended up being. But that would have required me doing things, and then yeah. Chad would have no one to hit like he just did. It would have required Sorry. that, but you could have. Uh, it would have been pretty easy to do. Uh, Beersmith.com, you get a free 21-day trial. Uh, take the guesswork out of brewing with Beersmith. You can precisely adjust for color, gravity, bitterness, any recipe. Scale recipes to batch size. Uh, over 300 recipes alone are available on Beersmith recipe site. Uh, also, equipment profiles allow you to match your own personal equipment. Adjust any recipe to your equipment in just a few seconds using the scale recipe command. Uh, search and sort recipe by ingredient, and even pick recipes to match the ingredients you have in stock. So just a ton of ways to get to brewing. You know, you kind of wake up in the morning, you go, oh, I want to brew, got a bunch of shit laying around, maybe I can make a beer out of this. Uh, yeah. Search by recipe and see if you got enough to make a certain beer there. Free 21-day trial. So, look, I know you don't want to take my word for it, and I don't blame you, but uh, for 21 days, you can do it yourself. And if I'm wrong, 
It didn't cost you a dime. If I'm right, you end up with an awesome uh, brewing program in Beersmith. So check it out. All right, we got a call coming in. Is, are we already starting Drunk of the Week? Is that what's going on here, Beavis? No. Uh, they said you were expecting it. Oh, I think I was expecting this call. I hope so, because <laughs> I, I did not do any sort of screening. That's new and exciting for me. I didn't even look at the call. Uh, uh, caller, you're on the air. Who are we talking to? Hello, this is Bebo Baby. Oh, it's Beavis's baby. <laughs> well, uh, wait a minute, black. wait a minute. What's that it accent? Black to me. That's, this is problematic. Uh, what do you? Right, s- go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, we're just curious about the blackness in your sound and southern accent. Well, I I don't know. I don't really know a, a whole lot. I'm kind of uh, you know shut off from the outside world here. Right. That's true. That's true. I just wanted to I just wanted to call in and. And say hi, and thanks for telling my mama not to stop drinking them four loco. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you like that, it don't might you? Go down, I do, I love it. It might go down real well for her, but once it hits that whole placenta deal and gets into my system, it's all bad. You dig? I understand. We, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, we do dig. I dig, yeah. So, uh, mostly since I, wow. got you, since I got you here... I mean, something we, I think we've all been wondering for years. Uh, what's, it, what's it like inside Bevo? Oh God! <laughs> what's I mean, what's, that's what we really want to know. I have know. a better question, but I can't answer. <laughs> you can't ask it. I can't ask. What's it like inside Bevo? Bevo's baby. Hello. Hello? Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you. I thought you were talking to Sam. I thought you were talking uh, to Sam. I'm sorry. No, I'm no, sorry. no, no. No, we meant you. Um, meant it's Dad. Well, nope. <laughs> <laughs> he's already we called don't really him know Sam. That yet. <laughs> <laughs> one thing's one thing's for sure, uh, Mama, is that you are my mama because I'm in here right now. But uh, oh things are going good. Things are going real good for me. You know, um, my eyes just recently moved to the center of my head, you know, so, uh, so that's very exciting. That's exciting, yeah. Um, you know, also, I have a wiener now, and uh, so I can't wait to see what that whole thing is all about. Wait a minute, wait a minute. What do you even know what a wiener is for? You're, you're a fetus. How do you know what a... I, I don't even know you have a wiener. I'm, thanks. Well, Mama, I'm telling you now. Uh, I may have been conceived at night, but it wasn't last night. You dig? <laughs> he knows. He knows things. I yeah. guess I dig. Yeah. Hey, how, how's my daddy doing? How's, how's, how's Sam doing? What do you mean? <laughs> well, you know, last time he was down here, uh, you know, he seemed to be having some problems. You dig? <laughs> <laughs> what kind of problems? What are you talking about? Well, I, I don't know. He was just all fumbly, you know, real... Real clumsy, like. No, no, that's Words just that how it goes. My- well, that's what I mean, Mama, right? Words that come to mind uh, to describe the sand are uh, shove, <laughs> uh, force, right. uh, tra- trauma, you know, and right. like that. Well, and that, that oh being said, God. I mean, what's it like seeing Sam's, you know, manhood just coming at you like that? I, it was it was actually kind of scary. It was like uh, it was like that scene in Alien, right, where where the aliens pop up out of dude's chest, right, and then but it's like rewinding that and playing it forward again, back and forth, back and forth. Yeah, that and, sounds awful. Oh my god! I personally, I don't know how Mama could sleep through all that. <laughs> yeah, you'd be amazing. What an ambient will do. Uh, oh, listen, how do? You, how do you even get a telephone where you're at, baby? 
where you're at, baby. Yeah. I'm inside of a sheesh, man. I'm not in friggin' space, you dig? I know people. What else is up in there? <laughs> this is what I gotta know. Well, obviously there's a, a VCR with rewind and fast forward and a copy of Alien. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. There's obviously all Anything that. else you want to know? Yeah, I have a prediction that, uh, you know, so you, I don't know if you know this yet, baby, but, uh, you know, you're a drunken baby. You were conceived when both mama and daddy had had a little too much to drink. I know this. I know, I know this. And you were also this. conceived on the island uh, of, you, you, were, you were in Hawaii. So my prediction. I did not know that. I my prediction that. is that you could come out. <laughs> You know, slightly brown and Asian looking. And and because I don't know how drunk Mama was, is what I'm saying. Drunk enough to fall well, I'll tell you off what, the bed. Either I'm, either, yeah, that happened. Either I'm going to be president or real good at golf. It's a joke. It's a joke. That was a good one. I have a feeling that you and JP are going to get along. You, have the, <laughs> you both have the same shitty sense of humor. <laughs> Well, I take that as a compliment. You know, he and I have been talking every now and then, and uh, he's a good dude. You should really lighten up on him. How do you guys we chat, talk? We AIM. We AIM, motherfucker. I got phone. I got smartphone. Are you, are you on Twitter, baby? I Twitter. I Twitter. Uh, I don't really want to give out my handle uh, because I think there's some weird age limit. I'm like negative age right now. <laughs> right. I gotta wait till I hit like positive age, positive numbers up in here. Now, Moscow, when you call him baby, is that like, hey, baby? Hey, baby. Or like, he's a baby? Yeah, everyone's a baby. Yeah, you <laughs> I, I don't know, man. I think Moscow pushing up on this. I think Moscow trying to push up on this. Right. Well, now, listen, uh, baby. There is one thing uh, that, that you will get to do when you enter the world that, that most of us can only dream of, in, including your daddy. And uh, that, is, uh, that is get a hold of them boobies mm -hmm. over there. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Don't you tell me about none of that. I'm all up in them shit. <laughs> I'm ready. I tell you what, if I turn out to be lactose intolerant, I'm kicking someone in the motherfucking nuts. <laughs> wow, quite a mouth on this baby. He does have quite a mouth. He must get that from his dad, right, Bebo? That, that dirty mouth? Yeah, it's not from me. <laughs> and by dad, I mean Terrence. <laughs> <laughs> Don't talk about the life giver like that. Don't talk about the life giver. <laughs> All right. Well, listen, I, I hope we get to get to know you more as you age and develop. Oh, I can't wait. Uh, Bevo's baby. Well, I, I plan, on, I plan on, on, on being right. I want to leave you um, with some, uh, some information, if yeah, I could. Please do. Oh, sweet Jesus. Well, you know, I, I do. You know, I'm on Twitter, like Moscow said, and, and I know about the Internet. And I wanted to tell you about my friends adamandeve.com oh my oh, god you know about adamandeve.com already <laughs> you know what look a baby got to be knowing his shit keep it straight keep it tight and know where to go all right you dig i dig tell us all about it all right, well you know if you're looking to spice things up in the bedroom uh you know if you've been fantasizing about surprising your lover with an adventurous new toy or adult movie well, I got an offer you won't be able to resist, sucker. Go to adamandeve.com, and for a limited time only, you get 50% off oh just about any item. Wow. But that's Did not all. Oh, no. When you select your one item at 50% off, you'll also receive three free adult DVDs. 
for a little inspiration. <laughs> Plus a free extra gift so sensual, I can't mention it in the uterus. <laughs> and to top it all off, right. we'll even throw in free shipping on your entire order. And no, I ain't teasing. Baby, don't tease. Baby, tells it straight to the point and no teasing. So check out AdamEve.com today for this special offer. Get 50% off one item when you type BN Omni for the offer code upon checkout. When you do, you'll get three free DVDs, a free extra gift, and free shipping. That's a BNOmni.com, baby. Actually, that's BNOmni at AdamandEve.com. All right. Thank you, Bevo's baby. Well done. We appreciate it. All right. Keep it real, sucker. Hey, you you keep us up to date, man. All right. There you go. Let's fell asleep. Wow. God, I only wish JP was here for that. He would love to have gotten to know Bevo's baby firsthand. Hmm. Do you think the baby's going to pull that uh, super creepy breastfeed until I'm like four years old thing? Or 40. (laughs) Nine. (laughs) 40. You seen those things? (laughs) Yeah. Baby's going to be around for a long time. He's going to be co-sleeping. Have you looked into all that creepy mommy stuff yet? I don't know what... You're, what? Co-sleeping. I don't know what that is. There's all these like uh, hippie movements where... Uh, oh, the over-nurturing? Mm-hmm. I think I have family that does Do it. Do I look honest. like I'm an over-nurturing type? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. People's like, hell no. I won't even, Kick him out. I won't even talk to Sam. Yeah. He's already on the street. Listen to him. There's like co-sleeping where like you sleep together for no. five years. Hell and no. breastfeed um. for a hundred years. <laughs> like literally. Like the you- only reason I would consider, I mean, consider breastfeeding yeah. a long time is because you burn a crap ton of extra calories when you breastfeed. <laughs> so you're going to use your baby as a diet? Hell yes. You burn like 800 extra calories a day. Try just buying a treadmill. It's cheaper and your tits will look better afterwards. Right. Well, the calories get sucked out of your body? Like, I don't I don't understand. Yeah, I don't really know. The fat it's goes like the, into the milk. Yeah, you give up fat, I guess. It's like the dark crystal where the Skeksis are trying to pull the essence out of the yeah. girlfriend. It works for me, though. Like, um, Pull the essence right out of the I'm chest. I'm all about nursing. Chest essence. <laughs> See, that's how it ends up being five years. That's as nurturing as I get, though. Speaking the kid of nur- has a room. Speaking of nurturing, I'm concerned that you're not going to bounce back. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I worry. As I you have worry. mentioned, yes. Well, I just, I love my Bevo. And, uh, you Look, know- I have to bounce back or you'll fire me because I won't be pretty anymore. <laughs> yeah. I'll be like, listen, the webcam has got to go up. My girlfriend has a friend who's getting married uh, soon. And she straight told her fiance, even when they were dating... Uh, yeah, I'm gonna have a baby and get real fat. I'm gonna stay fat. Stay fat. <laughs> She's gonna, wow. she doesn't Why would give, she do that to herself? She doesn't don't give get married. a fuck. Yeah. If she wa- if she doesn't care, she wants to eat, she doesn't care Ugh. about anything. She straight told this dude, this idiot. If she's thinking that, that's amazing she said it to Right, him, and it's amazing yeah. he's way, going, okay, here's a ring. <laughs> By the way, lest anybody jumps on the chauvinist wagon. Right. Wagon? I'm thinking... Wagon? Uh, yeah, yeah. Wagon. Okay. I'm thinking that this goes for both sides, by the way. Oh, if for sure. If the dude sure. gets in there and goes, look, I'm going to drink a crap load of beer and get fat, yeah. and tells you that ahead of time, you're allowed to bail, too. Oh, for sure. Get on out of there. Easily. I'm saying this goes to... Who wants yeah. to be a two uh, a big giant pieces of skin? <laughs> swimming around, moving things aside. Yeah, you look like two zeros walking down the street. You know, going, ah, I'm sure this worked a year ago. And uh, you know what I'm saying. I, I just... Uh, it goes both ways. And uh, Bevo, I, I got high hopes for you, but I'm concerned. <laughs> Especially because I think that you and Don't Sam be. are going to have a hundred babies. Yeah. Well, think about it. Yeah, religious. They're both stupid. Yeah. 
Hey. <laughs> <laughs> Damn. They, well, they won't put on a condom. The, right. One won't allow the other. Here, here's how it goes. It's really backwards. It's Bevo, really backwards. Bevo won't allow Sam to put on a condom. Right. Sam won't allow, won't allow Bevo to take birth control. Wait, what? So between the two of them, it's a it's a double negative <laughs> oh. positive baby. I don't understand environment. Yeah. Don't understand. positive I pregnancy test. And they so, suck. So then, right. so you that got part I they get. got those two things going for them, and so then they go, all right, we're gonna do uh, the ri- we're gonna do the pullout method, which is effective until they until go on really a week long drinking binge, <laughs> and they stop doing. Which, the by pull-out. the way, is every three weeks. Right. <laughs> but I, I don't under- I understand the the condom part because. Bevo hates condoms. That's most chicks. But well, what, it's, it's what, a religious the, thing. It's a, it's a religious or thing? Christian? No, yeah. I think it's because Bevo doesn't like condoms. She's like, no, no, I don't I think like it's, condoms. It's, religious. it's nothing I don't to do with religion. Really? Yeah, yeah, I think it's the birth control that's Catholic, a religious They're they're Christian. Right? Oh, see, I get those two. They're so <coughs> almost in step with each other. Well, what's yeah, with right. the birth control thing? I don't understand. Sam thinks it's poison and will kill me. No, he doesn't. Yeah. Oh, you want to ask him? I'll Actually, tell you, kind of. If I'm Sam, I'd rather kill you than knock you up. So put you on the pill. That is true. That's I why mean, I'm saying a hundred babies. Actually, I'm, no, because I'm going to stop drinking, and we only have sex when I'm drunk. You're not going to stop drinking. <laughs> you're stopping drinking for nine months. Let's be honest here, Bevo. At nine months and three days, you're going to be hammered. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. And here comes Sam. Realistically, no uh, more, more honestly. <laughs> Five babies is my prediction. No way. Five, five baby. Five, five little Sam Moores. Four Sam gives up, and on they're that. all going to be dudes. You will not have a single girl. You're going to have five I dudes. I don't want that many kids. I will have this removed or something before <laughs> this, that happens. This. Why did you point to your boob when you yeah. said this? I don't know. <laughs> because they're hanging down. It's hard I don't to know point where to anything, anything is anymore. Just this. I predict five dudes. <laughs> five little Sam Barrymores. Coming out of there. Yeah. It's going to be a mess of a family. Okay, for the record, my breasts will not be down to my knees in four years, and I don't hate the taste of latex. (laughs) Back off. So you like the taste of latex. Are you talking to the chat room? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. All right. right, But you hate the taste of contraceptive jelly. (laughs) That we can all agree on, I think. (laughs) Shut up, JP. I mean, I'm not gay. I just, you know, I know. I'm hungry. All right. Drunk of the Week calls haven't gotten any yet, so I'm assuming we have no Drunks of the Week this week. I'm going to no, do a little feedback right now. Nobody's drinking out there. And uh, that's fine by me. Oh. <laughs> fine by me, too. Feedback is brought to you today by the 21st Amendment in San oh. Francisco. That's right, Cans, just two blocks from Giants Park, 563 2nd Street. Check out the new Bitter American in Cans. It's a fantastic beer. I've still been trying to find that. I can't find it. It's a good beer. I think, people, I think out, people are just buying it so much. Good. I really want to drink it. All right. Here we go. Oh, my God. You've got mail. Kick ass. All right. Josh writes in, I effing love everything you guys are doing. I listen to back issues of the Sunday session every brew day. Sometimes I even listen to those other shows. Yeah. Anyway, happy to have been able to tap into the insane resource of the archives. I'd be proud to say that I represent the BN as my club. What I'm saying here is your subscriber model is cool in my book, and I think this would be a much more positive addition to my distractions uh, than HBO ever will. Best of luck to you on the TV show, and make sure that piece of shit makes it to the East Coast. Well said. He's talking about you. Uh, says, let me know where to sign, and I may be able to convince the woman to buy less expensive diapers for our future child, who basically future shits on this purchase. 
Which is really the only reason I chose to read this feedback about our uh, potential subscription uh, subscription model. Good. With love from Philly from Josh. Uh, okay, as I said earlier, we got a lot of feedback for the Goose Island uh, interview. Mm-hmm. I got a lot of feedback just Did. myself, yeah. Yeah, me too, man. Uh <laughs> Are you, were you just chiming in there, JP? Or did you actually get a lot of No, I actually did. Oh. I, I did get a lot of feedback. I answered some feedback on Twitter about it. Oh, nice. Good. Uh, hey, Justin. First, I love the BN, but I got to say you guys sounded uh, naive when talking about the acquisition of Goose Island and by InBev. You seem to confuse what made good sense for Goose Island and what is good for craft beer. Think about shelf space in retail out- outlets and tap space in bars and the bullying that is a regular part of InBev and SAB's standard business practice regard to both of those. It may not affect California, where there are multiple outlets and bars that are independently owned and operated and committed to craft beer. But for the rest of us, it's a problem. If you want an idea of how uh, it can become, look at the situation in Ontario, Canada. I mentioned this uh, with our interview earlier with Stephen. Where the only place you can buy beer other than the province-owned liquor store is at the beer store chain. 49% InBev, he says, 49% SAB, and 2% Sapporo. Um, Sapporo. Let's see. Uh, Proper pronunciation. Good job, man. <laughs> yeah, thank you. I realize you want to be nice to the guests, but that doesn't change reality. The head of Sony Records back in the 80s said, if it was up to me, Madonna would be the only thing on the label. A good example of how what's good for the business is just not is just that and nothing more. Appreciate what you guys do from Josh. So... Uh, you know, listen, I think distribution is not the issue that everybody thinks it's going to be. I think there might be the occasional uh, um, problem that arises that arises now. I don't think the acquisition of a place like Goose Island is going to do that. As Stephen pointed out himself earlier, um, they've been doing their distribution already for years. It already yes. goes through all the major exactly. companies. I think Stephen brought up, uh, on that note, I think Stephen brought up an excellent point where salespeople will be given incentives to push certain products. That right. happens right now. And those incentives don't exist too much within the craft beer world. There might be a, a special in- incentive uh, to push Goose Island. Uh so there's a small problem there and and I and I and I get that. I also get that there are other problems that could arise. My whole point though was not distinguishing the difference between what's good good for Goose Island and good for craft beer. Rather it was looking at a company who has been in craft beer for all these years, built a craft beer company and respecting their decision to do what they want with their company and to make a little coin off of it on top of that. Also, giving the man the benefit of the doubt that he's going to look out for his beer. Now, of course, I said the beer will do the talking, so you we'll said, see what happens. Yeah, you gave the six months. Uh, but you know, it's not that I'm not looking at the two sides of the issue. It's it's really much more that I'm, I don't know, I guess I'm just kind of glass half full, man. I really tend to give people the benefit of the doubt until I'm proven wrong. Uh, and I just I want to let Goose Island prove me wrong. Well, it, I, I don't even know where to begin. Um I, uh, first of all, who's who is this guy who thinks he knows what is right for craft beer and What's what is not opinion? right for craft? It's a no, it's opinion. a good opinion. But for 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 him to say, well, this one thing that's happened uh, that's happened before with Red Hook and it happened with Goose Island earlier on when they got part of their distributorship and it, you know, but nobody really knew about it. Um, and it's happened before and it will happen again. That it's bad for craft beer. What if it's not? You know, like you said, want, let let's let's let the beer talk for itself. Um, I had a guy on Twitter kind of going off about, well, you know, AB InBev have done a lot of bad things for craft beer, and and, and they really knocked a lot of craft beer out. 
I said it's I look at it as more of the consumer has done that. Mm. If you if you are if you don't want that kind of presence in your in your kind of you know beer cooler, uh, then don't fucking buy it. Right. Don't buy it. Vote with your wallet. Don't complain about it. If you think it's bad for craft beer, then don't buy Goose Island beer. Yeah. But if you don't care and you like their beer and you know their beer's not going to change, then buy their beer. It doesn't yeah. it doesn't matter who gets the money. You're just arguing over who gets who gets that final dollar. Is it is it uh, you know a large company or a larger company? I it's all feel, the same, man. Uh, in, in kind who of cares? the same note. I feel like there's a point where we have to find a middle ground between the big beer companies and the craft beer companies. Or they're, they're finding it for us. Well, well in, in other words, we can't keep going on and on like this in a, in a, in a war. I, I think that it's been right. good for craft beer to have an enemy. Sure. I think, mm-hmm. I think that there, is, has, there have been cases where they do have a real enemy. Yeah. I think that's true. Right. Um, but I think that there's, a, that there's a time where you have to go... I guess what I mean is we can't just keep being uh, Israel and, and Palestine, can we? Like we have to, we got to figure out eventually where there's a middle ground and move forward. Well, the only way to get uh, your AB or InBevs out of the buying up uh, beer company business is for somebody else to buy them up. You <laughs> and, know, and who has that done? You know, who's doing that? I mean, I'm right. sure. But that's a good point. John Hall would have been more than happy if uh, if uh, I would have come up with nine million dollars for him for his expansion. But no, nobody was running up with the money. Yeah. Yeah. So he had to, like he said, he had to grow or. Just go away, right? So he went the only place he could, and that was you know people that had the money. Yeah, I mean, he started a business not to see it be you know self-contained or or restrained in, 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 within a certain boundary because he doesn't have enough money to go forward. Yeah, AB, yeah. AB, he, wants, yeah. he wants to see it grow and get as big as possible. AB right. already had a controlling stake through right. Craft Brewers Alliance. I didn't find it very surprising that that this happened in general. If, if people wanted to sort of write off Goose Island or Widmer or Red Hook. For being part of CBA, which Budweiser had a controlling stake in, then seems like that point could have done been, it. Then they could have done it a long time ago. I mean, it seems yeah. kind of uh, you know right. bes- and, aside the point to complain about it now. Oh, for sure. Well, really. and, and I mean, let's face it, craft beer when this whole you know movement started, you know whatever you're, craft beer sucked. A lot of it was awful. A lot of it is still kind of bad. But it's but it's good at the same time, right? There's more and more craft beer breweries better, opening but, yeah. up, right? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Uh, you know, it it there was a lot of beers five, six, ten years ago that just sucked balls, and you can taste it. They were contaminated, and they just tasted like ass. And and they've gotten a lot better, and there's a lot more craft breweries. So 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 we are growing as a segment, uh, and everything's going everything's going well. So what if if a couple people get you know bought out and and allow their beers to be to you know to be sent. To a wider audience, that's a good thing. You should want that to happen. <laughs> well, well, I think, it, but it doesn't matter who gets that money. That's what people right. are complaining about. It's it's the the big faceless corporation that gets that that gets more of this money. Who cares, dude? Well, here's what I agree with. I I agree that there is a potential for disaster as we know it. I think that that very often it is uh, that that large corporations can do things to beer. We also talked about that with Stephen. In the cases of Guinness and, and, and other beers, I think that there is the potential for disaster. So I see why people are up in arms. And I want to remind everybody that I, I have no stake in Goose Island. They're not even a sponsor of this show. In Bev, my email is justin at the brewingnetwork.com. Uh, or GP. They're not even a sponsor of this program. So I'm not, I'm really not even defending this particular acquisition, although I get how it sounds like that. Here's what I'm defending. I'm defending giving the benefit of the doubt and moving forward. 
That's what I'm defending. I'm defending the fact that as craft beer grows and as this whole thing starts to happen, as Tasty's pointing out, there's only one other uh, part of the beer industry that has the money uh, to, to really go nuts, and that is that's big beer. And inevitably, they're going to decide to get involved in craft beer. So we either find a way to figure out that relationship and have good beer on both sides or it all it goes to shit or we just keep having enemies and, and however it goes. So I'm, I'm merely defending the prospect that it could happen that a big beer company comes in and buys a small beer company that's done very well for themselves. And that small company carries on producing fantastic beer that's widely available to everybody. That's what I'm defending. I, I genuinely hope that that's the case with Goose Island. I wanted to give Goose Island the genuine opportunity to, to talk about that. I will also be the first one to admit that I'm wrong if I find out that the beer uh, it goes to shit. So uh, that's really the only thing I'm defending here is, is just the opportunity for us to open the conversation. Right. I also can really relate and I think feel for the people of Chicago who've had this small company grow up with them and feel a little betrayed by uh, by the movement. I get it. I understand it. And I'd probably have that feeling myself. So I don't mean to shit on that either. I, but again, I hope that you guys are wrong. I hope that the people in Chicago that are upset about it and feel like that their beer is going to go away, for you, I hope that we're wrong. I, I hope that the beer is better than it ever was, you know. I got more. I, we can keep going with this. I got more feedback. Here we go. Uh, <clears throat> hey, guys. I just listened to the podcast of the Sunday session from a couple days ago. You did a great job getting John Hall uh, on so quickly after the InBev takeover. Moscow, you did. I appreciate that. And I thought you did a good job interviewing him. I'm incredibly grateful that I don't have to deal with the commercial pressures he does. As long as I stick to home brewing, the quality of my beer is only limited by my skill, imagination, and availability of ingredients. It's <laughs> a good point. Yeah. Commercial breweries can't say that because they have to turn a profit. So uh, all I have to be happy uh, with is my own beer. I completely understand why John made his decision. That said, I still had a horrible feeling when I heard the news about the buyout. I live in St. Louis and work in information technology. I had quite a few friends who worked in IT at the old Anheuser-Busch, but none of them do anymore. They all lost their jobs when InBev bought AB. Uh, the word here is that InBev is a numbers-obsessed outfit who cares more about the bottom line than the people who work for them. That's led to a backlash against AB uh, and growth in sales for our largest microbrewery, Schlafly. I hope John Hall was right uh, about the future of his employees, but I fear he might be wrong. Um, here's, an, here's an important point, I think, about the interview, too. He says, uh, you said on the show that you wanted to know how AB InBev had harmed uh, other craft brewers. You might try contactingly, uh, contacting Schlafly. They've had problems selling their beers at local events because first AB and then InBev insisted on ex- exclusivity, mm-hmm. and event sponsors uh, could not afford to offend the giant. Uh, I, I would like to make a correction here. I did not question how any of the big companies had harmed craft beer. What I had stated was none of the big beer companies had harmed me personally. And uh, I did watch Beer Wars. I, I do understand the distribution issues that Big Beer has. I understand shelf space and tap handles. I'm blessed to live in the Bay Area. I'm also blessed to live in a time where a lot of those things that have, that have gone on don't directly affect me. I understand that they affect other people. But I'm not in the business of, or nor do I, I just don't like to do it. 
I don't like putting my other people's problems on me or assuming that because you've offended my friend Jim in Omaha that you've offended me. Uh, I tend to take everything on an individual basis, and I've just not been personally offended yet by any of this happening. So I get it. I, I know how it's, how it's hurt other craft brewers. Just in my generation, it's not really hurt me a lot. So I'm kind of waiting to see. Again, I'll be the first one to speak up and say, well, you were right. You guys told me, and uh, and I'm sorry I spoke up. Well, I mean, I, I get the, you know, the uh, the whole, well, you know, they put pressure on these beer fests to, to not, you know, pour anything but AB, you know, beers. Then it's up to the brewery to say, well, you know what, then I'm never going back to your beer fest, and I will talk openly about this. And, and you know... Go go that route. Appeal to to the people. There's always something you can do instead of just sitting back and saying, well, I, I can't do it, so they must be crushing me. They must be affecting my business. There's nothing I can do to bounce back for it. It's business. Apple does the same fucking shit, and you people line up for two days to buy iPads. Right. You guys are hypocrites. I mean, Steve Jobs is the same controlling asshole that he's been for 20 years, and he took that company back over. Yeah, made it a bunch of money, made everyone's stocks go up. Well, but, but he's never but, pretended to be like the uh, you know the small people's uh, well, but but that's but beer. that's what he appeals to. He appeals to the well. This is just how if you want something that works, and if you want something that is just perfect in every way, then you buy my product. Mm. It's the same thing. This this beer right here tastes the best because I handmade this. I designed right. this personally. It's the same thing. But 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 we are so in tuned, and we are such good. Um, craft beer drinkers, right, and craft enthusiasts and enthusiasts about our hobby that we are so in tune to what's going on that we get really pissed because we take right. it personally because we're all we part do. of a group. We um, do take it personally. I mean, it's like I your sports that up team, with right? John, too. Yeah, that, that we do, and I get right, that right. part of it. But well, here, but no. it happens in business in every other facet of your life that you don't give a shit about. All right, except right now, which is, so I, I just I think it's uh, hypocritical. Here's another one, and I think this is excellent criticism about our interview. I'll be honest. Like I said, I'm the first one to, to, to admit when we're wrong. And here's something. Uh, Justin and crew, my thoughts on the interview. Amazing job getting the former owner of the brewery on the show regarding such a timely and hot topic. Goose I- uh, Second, though, Goose Island's head brewer announced he was leaving the company the same day as the news hit. Mm-hmm. And you dropped the wow. ball on covering that item. Now, I have to admit... That uh, let's see here. What's his name? I didn't even know about that. David is one hundred percent right on this. Yes, he is. Uh, I totally dropped that ball, and I did know about that. I think I was so concerned about giving an opportunity uh, to answer questions, I did forget some of the harder questions. I tried to think of the harder questions, and this one was a fantastic question, probably the hardest question that we forgot entirely to ask of John. Yeah, no, that would have been an ideal question. I didn't even know about it. Yeah. And I I thought I was pretty well-versed on the whole subject. Yeah, I read about it first thing. (laughs) Actually, it was big news, and uh, I did know about it, and I screwed that up. And I apologize to my listeners for that, because it's a good good question and a good indication. I think, you know, the questions we focused on were were about the beer. Mm -hmm. And I think the brewmaster leaving... It's such a uh, clearly a, yeah, a big a, part well, of that. I as well knew about it before the show, but I thought the fact that uh, what is their bear? They make like a what hundred and something whatever. He still does barrel. How many barrels a year do they make? It was like one hundred twenty five thousand. Make a bunch, right? Yeah. So uh, being master, a head brewer at a, at that kind of thing, you're not on the brew deck. You're you know you're you're off doing more more other things. Okay. And it's the guy's son, right? So he's getting 
the buyout just like his dad is. Oh, was it his son yeah. that left? Yeah, I thought, right? Because I thought he said his son was still in it. I, I think don't it's think, a different yeah, guy. He's, so. there, he's staying on, but he's not. they got a new head brewer to replace him. The guy from I, Deschutes, the old yeah, Deschutes head brewer. Yeah, right. yeah. So he didn't leave the company, no, he just moved to another... He's, but it's, he's phasing out, I think, oh. something like that. Well, see, I don't know. I, I don't, I'm not sure about that. Yeah, so that seems natural to me. Okay. Yeah. Well, regardless, then... I think that I think that David's right, and I apologize for yeah, not we, asking we that did. question because it's oh, yeah. a good question, and it's a, and I think it's a valid question that that we totally dropped the ball on. So I was happy that he pointed that out. Uh, bittersweet, happy to say I'm sorry, <laughs> basically for screwing that up. Um, but he did like the uh, the interview, and uh, the email goes on for a long, long time about other things. Uh, he also mentions shelf space is the biggest part about his thing, sure. feeling like distributorship is going to change. You know, most with the exception of, of, of uh, a small amount of states, California being one of them, distribution is handled by the big beer companies. Exactly. Anyway. Yeah. Uh, exactly. They make uh, craft brewers have to make deals yep. with these distributors, and the distributors make money on craft beer. Yep. They know, they know that, so they're no longer uh, you know pushing that. Uh, Shelf space is still is still an issue. Uh, the the little guys have to make deals with these guys already. They can't they can't operate entirely autonomously and independently in most markets. Some people can self distribute and not do that. Right. And we have a few in this region who are lucky enough to do that in the Bay Area. But yeah, you're right. In many many cases, they can't. So I don't feel like we were naive about that at all. In nope. fact, I think it's quite the opposite. I think uh, just talking to brewers for a long time, I, I have a, a fairly keen understanding of how it, how it works. And I just don't see that happening uh, as part of the problem. Well, people want to be purists and say, "I don't want to. I don't want to support AB at all." And I buy craft beer, and that no money goes to AB right. because of that. That's probably not entirely true because those guys have to make these kind of deals anyway for distribution. Right. See, right. that that was the feeling that I got overwhelmingly as I as I talked to people about the interview right. last week was that people tend to, especially the borderline uh, anarchist homebrewer crowd, they are very anti the man or big brother. Sure, they they seem to like. Um, you know, decide that this uh, they they form their arguments around their initial knee jerk reaction of this is bad. Not to say their arguments aren't valid or well stated, but they they sort of have that initial knee jerk reaction, and then they build their whole their whole mindset around that. You right. know what I'm saying? Yep. It's it's a valid initial thought. Right. I just don't think it's going to apply. Time will tell. But I don't think that I think that since they're using them anyway. To distribute beer. There's already that relationship there. Right. Well, and, and I wonder... Stephen brought up the best point about it where I think it comes to incentives for salespeople. Sure. Right. Sure. Well, and, you, that, and that is different. And then Goose may be affected by that. Uh, That's yeah. true. Yeah. Well, even when, when I was buying beer at, at More Beer for, for resale, you know, we would get the distributor come in going, oh, hey, have you heard about this, this new thing and this new thing? Right. They wouldn't give you a list. They were selling what they wanted to sell. Yeah, but that's and that's every the distribution new thing was ship. fat tire and Sierra Pale, right? And yep. like all this kind of nonsense, yeah. right? But I, th- I mean, I, and I wonder if some of the problem that, that you know, like Nate, you were speaking on uh, on self distribution and you know people like Stone. I mean, they had investors, right. right? Right. Because California is such a huge, wide open market. Whereas Stephen was saying, uh, Chicago is really choked down. Yeah. So I wonder if that actually had, had hindered his ability to get outside investors because who's going to invest in a business that is really hard. To get distribution, but you talk about a, a you know a, a place like California where it's just growing, or the West Coast in general, you're probably going to to find a lot of venture capitalists willing to kind of get into you know jump into that boat. Um, also true, you know. So it made the logical sense for the business, and you know, I know people don't like hearing it's just business uh, as as an excuse, but it, it's unless it's you've business. been there, you don't know it. It really is 
just a business thing. All right, here's more. Uh, Derek from Purdue writes in, Hey guys, as a resident of Chicago's southern suburbs, uh, northwest Indiana, I can say I nearly crapped my pants when I heard Goose Island was bought by InBev. I consider Goose Island one of my two local favorites, along with Three Floyds, and can say that my friends and I were very concerned with the future of the brewery and its products. I'd like to thank you for having John on last week and talking us back from the ledge. It was a very well done interview and set a lot of things straight, informing me of many things I might not have found out elsewhere. I'd like to say thanks and keep up the good work, Derek from Purdue. P.S. Fuck JP. <laughs> yeah, John Hall deserves yeah, a ton of credit, me. by the way, for, for, for coming on. He, he was no problem. He was all about it. and He didn't know what to expect. And It I, makes me think that he's got nothing to hide, doesn't it? Right, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he That's didn't right, seem exactly defensive right. about I mean, why would, you say, why would you say yes to some shitty little internet beer show? That that clearly might ask you right. uh, put you on the although spot. we missed some of the difficult questions, but clearly might ask sure. you some of the difficult questions <laughs> if they wanted to, which I they mean, didn't. What if he said no to us? What would we do? What what, what power do we would say? Oh, uh, we tried to get John, he didn't respond. We would assume a shit? that he's guilt- hiding something or is guilty of something, but, but it wouldn't hurt him any. No, you're right. So he jumped on right away. Yep. And, and so I got to... I just have to be now. Look, if I'm CBS or somebody, then I get it. You you get on there because if CBS says he won't talk about or, or any kind of big beer entity, right? Uh, some other en- media entity, then I get it. But to say yes to us, whatever. Yeah, I, I think that shows a lot of balls, and he's not he's not hiding behind anything. That's right. Yep. Actually, maybe it's just a lack of balls because he's not hiding behind anything. Just talk about it. Someone in the in the chat said uh, it isn't the brewer uh, Hall's son. He, uh, no. He was stepping down, but still works there. So the head brewer, he 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 stepped down, but he stepped still down. works at Goose Island. So yeah. it is the son. Yeah. Okay. All right. <clears throat> so uh, Tasty okay. was right. Uh, same show, but moving on a little bit. Here's some more criticism about the show. Matt uh, wrote in, uh, Justin, I have to say that this is the first time I've really been disappointed in one of your shows. Oh. I listen to the... <laughs> Really? Yeah. So How I, long have you been listening? Well, I wanted to say it's the first show you've ever heard, but <laughs> I didn't. Wa- good? No. I didn't want to have to do positive jokes after that. So. Right. Did you listen to the Mufasa show? <laughs> right. I listened to the Sunday session interview with Cal from the Electric Brewery, and uh, I thought the content and professionalism was really lacking. I know you prefaced the show by saying that you were really wiped out from working really hard. <laughs> he put that in quotations. Uh, but that's really no excuse for an unprofessional interview. My main complaint was that during the whole interview, there was an underlying premise that gas was superior to electric, and the questions tended to be worded in a way that made it seem like you guys were thinking, why use electric when you could use gas? I realize that none of you guys have ever used electric before, but I still expect a level of professionalism that I've grown accustomed to listening to your interviews. You guys never even got into how the setup really worked. I, uh, and just scratched the surface when he mentioned PID controllers, which are the heart and soul of the system. Maybe the topic's really better for Bruce Strong. Uh, blah, blah, blah. I was just a little disappointed in this episode, as it was one I'd been looking forward to, Matt from Minnesota. So we basically got uh, beaten up for not thinking of other questions? Where was Matt during the chat? Well, you're saying we had a bias towards gas. It's a valid reason. Uh, so here's all I think... Uh, I, I'm not. I, I don't think the the, the interview is unprofessional. I, we probably did miss some questions. Here was our. I think this is my opinion about why we were kind of slighted uh, toward the gas side. What is it? Ninety nine percent of of home brewers use gas easily, and maybe one maybe one percent use electric. So I really was asking from the point of 
what are the majority of our listeners going to be brewing on? And that was gas. So I wanted, I, I thought it was a valid comparison to make. Tell me what it means to not brew with gas. Yeah. It's like the it's like the burden of proof. Right. All right. You accuse somebody of something, then you have the burden of proof. Right. And so I feel like the electric brewery people, since most of us use gas, like by most I mean the overwhelming majority, I felt that the burden of proof lied with electric, not with gas. Right. Right. So that may ha- have kept from some some better questions, uh, and and if so, I, I, I apologize. But it is my only experience, and I felt like most of our listeners were coming from a gas place. So yeah, I want well, vast, I want to know. Yeah. Tell me the difference between gas. The vast majority of people that are interested in electric, or that go to electric, are going to be coming from gas. So yeah, that's the context that uh, we looked at it from. So, but I do, man, I always want to give you guys what you ask for. Uh, JP makes a great point. Uh, the chat room is always open. So, uh, I, I'll i tell you what. In fact, the chat and the callers over the last six months have been Nothing. shit yeah. in asking questions of our guests. Yep. I mean, Moscow's doing a great job of bringing people in here yeah, yeah. and allowing you to have access to people that you wouldn't normally have access to. Get in that chat room. Go into the feedback and ask the questions. Moscow is posting the guests ahead of time. You got you got time to get in there and do it. So, my challenge to you is is get your questions in here. I, I'll tell you what, I'd rather not think of questions. What a big pain in the ass! Yeah. Well, could we obviously miss some? I'll do my whole interview based on listener questions if you get them to me. Yep. And it used to be that we got tons of listener questions. Yeah. I think our listeners have gotten lazier than I am. Yeah. I've been, yeah, I've been really sort of su- surprised, actually, at the lack of uh, questions. I can count yeah. listener questions for the last four months, I think, on two hands. Yeah. You want to hear what they're talking about in the chat room right now? Here, I'll give you just, I'll just read a couple. Adam, my wife and I got married for $2,000. Her dress, our rings, food, beer, etc. B, nice, Adam, beer nut. It's not that difficult. B, who would complain about Cal's setup? Grod, well done, Adam. My wedding cost me less than $200 in Vegas. The dinner that night cost me twice as much. Brew Dad. Sounds about right, Adam. We said they screw the some. ceremony, and they had our wedding at a 20-minute ordeal in one corner. Nothing, nothing. They need some That's man. all what they're doing. I'm going to put some man into that conversation <laughs> Should. right now. Some bow. Yeah. I'm going to get a white snake tattoo, I think. You should get several white snakes. <laughs> so I can go to the show in Oregon? Yeah. Yeah. In, like, what is it, Lincoln? I'm going to get a back tattoo. A full back tattoo of David Coverdale. Is his that gay? Face? No. <laughs> yeah. Of his face on your face. <laughs> All right. But seriously, listeners... You guys got to step it up, man. Oh, and apparently there's been just a busy signal. People have been trying to call in for like 10 minutes. Oh, yeah, I got to call on hold. I got to finish feedback. (laughs) (laughs) And now they're just giving a shit about... uh, No, we're complaining about busy signals, so we're talking about weddings. Uh, Oh, my last one you guys are going to like. I'm going to clap right now because you're going to like it. Yeah, okay. But if I don't, I'm going to fucking unclap faster than anybody. Clap twice, and I will give you $20 if I'm wrong. Okay. Clap again. Just you, JP. I'm going to give you 20 bucks if I'm wrong. All right. All right. Is it in a check or can I have cash? Uh, shark guy Tom from Virginia writes Go in. Go Sharks! Says, sup, guys. 
So I totally missed last week uh, live because I was praying to the porcelain god. Jip, listen. Yeah, I'm listening. I'm sorry. Not from too much beer, but due to some food poisoning. Oh, it's too bad, man. Anyway, now bear with me on this. I'm planning on coming out that way sometime this year, and I'd love to come into the studio during a show. Which, as you guys know, we now generally say no. We don't like the whole studio visit too much. No, we don't. Um, mostly because it's my house. That's your house, and, yeah. Uh, I don't even like visiting the studio. <laughs> this is where you live. Uh, okay. So, wants to come into the studio during the show. Also, what I wanted to know is that if my lovely wife showed her tits, could I take JP's spot? Since he doesn't contribute much anyway. Oh! <laughs> what a dick. I could easily fill the quiet moments with bad jokes or crickets. And then he writes in, LOL, JP actually is a good guy. Uh, what can I say? I'm a star fucker. I'm willing to use my wife's tits to get ahead. Anything for the BN. You guys are awesome and do much, uh, so much for the brewing community, I figured I could give back what I could. A drunk of the week would rock, You're so if I'm still anything. awake on the East Coast, wait for it. Uh, if, if I'm still awake on the East Coast tomorrow, I'll call in. So, to let you decide, I've sent in a preview of my wife's tits. No good preview. <laughs> all right, like let's see him. One now. Wait a second. One boob. JP, I want you yeah. to decide right now already. Okay, all Am right. I right or not? One boob. You're right. <laughs> okay. You're right. As long as I don't have to pay you twenty bucks, you're right. You're right all day long. Now, before I show you this, I'm just going to go ahead and cast my vote. JP, you're fucking out of here later for that show. That's fine. She, his wife, is smoking hot. What? Really? Smoking hot. What? That's fine. I'll be out of here. I don't give a fuck. I also want to say. Yeah. I'm liking this new trend of sending me your wife's tits. <laughs> Didn't I? Yeah. I'm loving it. And that was with 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 Opresky yes. started that shit. Well, you can thank me I think, all day long. I think it's good for the show. Oh yeah. Well, it, it, <laughs> it puts us in the mood. Now, before we see this, uh, we, we had 36C. We saw her, right? No, yeah. now she was wearing. What a is this? Bra. She's wearing a bra. Is going to be bigger or better or what? <laughs> okay, well, 36C was wearing a bra. Yeah, yeah. and so, kind of an ugly bra, really. Yeah. If you want to get down to it, I'm going to tell you right print. now that a fucking Ross for twenty gonna, bucks. I'm going to tell you right now that Tom from Virginia, yeah, he's no pussy. No, Damn. is he banging one though? There is no bra in this photograph. <laughs> oh fuck! Wow. wow! All right, here we go. <laughs> May I say again that I'm really liking the trend of wife <laughs> tit pictures does being his, sent in. Does his wife know about yeah, this? Is, yet, she, I is this a sanctioned picture? Yeah. Like, how does this work? All right, studio. Sanctioned. I'll show you the internet sometime. Studio at large. Are you ready? And yeah. to, now, Bebo, get over here. Bebo, Bebo jumped out of her chair. Yeah. Go to see for five seconds. Now, see, this is what you're going to miss when you uh, are breastfeeding. Of course. You, Ow! Of course. Sam, by the way, Sammy just ran yeah. in. He was, well, Sam won't see him either. Why? Watch this. So it's just <laughs> saggy oranges. So he's coming to California, and and I'm going to show you the photo of his wife. And the decision is: do do we allow him to sit in JP's chair? If she will, uh, he said this just a preview, so we'll get a second viewing. Well, she's coming with him. You're saying out here of these? Oh, okay. No way, Turkey. Come on, give it up. Give it up. Yeah. She's sitting inside a Jeep right now. He's on with, the sh- yeah, he's on the show. That's she's pretty got, good. Here's, here, for the folks at home, she has a cowboy hat and cowboy boots mm-hmm. and, and nothing that's else. That's about it. Yeah. And she's got great little boobies. She has great yeah, little What are those, bees, wow. medium bees? And he did scratch out her face, which that's <laughs> which, fine. It's kind of yeah, hot because yeah. she looks like a zombie right back now. Here, I was like, what the <laughs> hell is going on man? Dude, Nate, see it up close. Tell me that's not a fucking creepy zombie yeah. chick with nice tits. It's really creepy. Clearly scratching out your wife's naked picture face is yeah. is the level of respect that he's not allowed to cross. <laughs> but leaves one eye, so she's still looking at you. It looks she's like still giving us the look. Looks but like has, her skin is ripped off yeah, from here. But has no mouth. Uh-huh. Oh. <laughs> you can't even talk. 
So I'm going to go ahead and vote for us if y'all don't mind. <laughs> JP, I'm sorry, but whatever that week that's is, fine. you don't, I don't have a chair. Fuck. Well, that's fine. But as long as uh, if she comes in and shows the studio and then I leave. Like, right. I want to see some fucking shit. Well, here's my question. I'm seeing some shit. I kind of want to go a step further. You want I, a banger? Yes. <laughs> but, I was gonna, but only anal, Scott. How, how I don't want to make it yeah, weird. Sure. I, well, I wasn't going to do that till after the show. <laughs> after the show that she's on, I will, I will take them aside and discuss that. But for the show, I think for him to take JP's chair... I mean, JP's job is not as easy as you think. It's no, easier. It's not. It's true. I mean, he spends a lot of time... Yeah. Uh, what? Doing things, yeah, and stuff, and it's right. it's not easy to be that seat. So no, it's not. It's a fucking second chair, right, motherfucker. So and to fill that, I wasn't done. Uh, sorry, you're oh, done. Okay. So to fill that, <laughs> I recommend that she has to come just like the in it, just in cowboy boots and the cowboy hat, Ooh. and sit in Moscow's chair. I'll get rid of oh. you both. Can, for the she whole, can sit in my chair for the whole, for the whole show. She's sitting there in the cowboy boots and the and the and the. Yeah, hat. She might Tasty, not want to be on, on the webcam yeah. the whole time. Though. I'll turn off the webcam. Yeah. I don't care. Fuck yeah! I don't, don't care, care about webcam. our listeners See? in this case. This is complete selfishness. Can, can this isn't that kind of show. Let me tell yeah. you, there is not much to be proud about in the Brewing Network. No, <laughs> but when wives, when hot wives start showing up naked, yes, proud. Yes, <laughs> and when we can leave. Proud. Proud. Can you forward that to me? Those really are. There's some great looking boobs. I'd they like really to add are. it to they my collection. Nice she looks great. I think she's going to be my new screensaver. Can you forward that to me? Maybe, maybe we can do that like Titanic thing where I sketch her topless, you know? <laughs> and then you end up drowning in ice cold water? Yeah, that's where I was going with that. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, can you forward that to me? I, I don't think that that would be appropriate. It was, it was hmm. just sent to me. And, uh, you know, Brewer's Code suggests... Suggest, I, but suggest, not implies. Suggest that uh, I could probably take a photo of it with my camera and text it to you. What if but I so did you're, that? You're, you're beating it on a technicality. Yeah. What if you okay. turned around and entertained the cam with a dance? <laughs> then, right. Right. Those are impressive. I think she's impressive all around. Yeah, I agree. She's great looking. Yeah. Do you have a zoom in version? Uh, let's see. You want me to zoom in? By the way, that's a preview. What's coming next? Like, spread? Spread. <laughs> if that's a preview, there you go. How close do you want me to get? There's a zoom for you. That's better. Wow. Thank you. See that one? God, it looks like she's a beat up zombie, dude. She's hot, oh, man. Yeah, he's got a hot wife. Fuck yeah, that's true. All right, so oh, got a little uh, cottage cheese down there, though. <laughs> Not much. No, it's fine. A little bit though. I'll I mean, take come that. On. Is that an automatic transmission on that Jeep Wrangler? That's four wheel so. drive. Is that a bruise? What is wrong with you two? Homos over there. <laughs> Look at the background. Oh my god, there's some cellulite and an automatic transmission. Look, I'm just saying. Really nice hat. Yeah. <laughs> well, she needs to put a little. Uh, she needs to clean those boots a little bit. That's What's that blue thing you? in the background? That looks like a dildo in okay. the background. Like a I know this is not the Leave first time to... you guys have seen boobs. Can oh. we focus for a second, but these please? Are really nice. It's just the first time in a long time. Leave like, it to JP and the Jew to look a gift horse in the mouth. Yeah. Or the Vishesh. horse. Right. Uh, all right. So anyway, I love the creepy. No so face, Tom though. from Virginia, I really like that. Twisted, you I'm bet your ass on. you can yeah. come yeah. in here and have JP's chair. You bet your wife's tits you can come in here. But we're gonna have to negotiate the amount of time we get looking at your naked wife. Yeah, and, and I get to see it before I leave. Right. It's not that I'm just getting the night off. I'm I'm oh, here. You don't have to. Le- you just have to leave your chair. You could sit behind me, JP, and stare at her all night. I don't care. Oh, all right. As long as you don't bother me, that'll just, make her feel just really blinking, comfortable. Just like this, not blink. <laughs> right. 
and then you blink real hard. Yeah. Moscow, on the other hand, you got to leave. You're out of here. I'm out of here. If she decides oh, to angry. sit naked in the in the cowboy hat and the boots all night, oh yeah, I'm happy to throw Moscow <laughs> out. Close the door, turn off yeah. the webcam. I will make that yeah. sacrifice. Okay. <laughs> what do I have to do to not be here? No, you're in, Beaver. You're in. Because okay, I, think it's I, a- I really don't want to continue the boob talk. I would really like you to take this call. All right. You should have a boob talk. But just so you know, you're in. Sam. Go ahead. I got Don't tell me what to do. I'm wearing my ring. You're not my dad. All right. I think we have Greg on the line calling for Drunk of the Week. Greg. Hey, what's up, Justin? What's happening, brother? Not too much, man. Had a blast. Drunk of the Week? Yes, yes. What have you had? So, so we started out today at Downtown uh, Joe's. Oh. Th- thanks, JP. Thanks. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. So we started out at Downtown Joe's. All right. Uh, drinking... Drinking some of the Colin Tasty Collaboration Pale oh, Ale. Nice. We all brew. Yeah. So Mike, Mikey's here too, and uh, we oh. we helped brew this last batch. Hang on a second. Oh, okay. Hang on a second. You guys want to see your tits again? Yeah. Yeah. Dude. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. All right, go ahead, Greg. <laughs> this is BYOB no, 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 TV, I, I, Greg. Yeah. 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 No, oh, no, I'd, I'd much rather I'd much rather see tits than talk about my uh, my resume. So yeah. That that's much better. All right, go ahead, please. Oh no no okay. Uh, and then from there, we went to Lagunitas, and we loved some Lagunitas, had some goose. Oh, the goose is good. Man. Chad, the you got to get down goose. there for the goose, man. Fuck you. I'm Come telling on. you. I got to go it's there. It's probably going to run out you bring us some back. There. Yeah. Should, you guys are supposed to meet me there. That's yeah. why. That's right. All you had to Because Chad dinner. left me alone watching the, the final four. Doesn't yeah. matter. It turned out good. It did. Oh, it, uh, the, the goose is good. All right, go on. What else? Then from there the uh, the Sonoma Farmhouse, their Saison. Nice. And that was that was amazing. And then had some of that Dogtown Pale Ale, which I yeah. may or may not been able to brew that. Okay. So that was that was exciting. All right. And then uh, we had our we had our pregnant wives drive us home from there. <laughs> wow. Sam's clapping along with the studio. I'll have he, you know. He's smiling, big guy. He's pretty Biscuits happy. looking around, like what the fuck's going on? Right. So. Now, now they're sitting on the couch eating fried food, so that's uh, that's exciting. Booze. So you're sounding pretty good. If you had to total the amount of beers that you had, Greg, how many would it be? Well, I I don't have the topper yet. So the number one, we came home and we cracked an 08 Cantillon. Oh, nice. What kind? Yeah, what so we, uh, what uh, what brand? Not brand, but uh, what what I, beer? I told you the brand. The Cantillon. What's the name? Uh, Rose. Yeah, that's what Rose de Gambillon. That's making me thirsty yeah, right did, there. Did you, rub, did you rub it to that label or what? I, I, I rubbed it all over my nipples before I drank it. It's a pretty hot label. Man. <laughs> it was awesome. Why, wow, your wife has a manly laugh back there. <laughs> I helped brew that beer. Mikey does. <laughs> yeah. Mikey. Harumph, harumph, harumph. So total amount of beers tonight, please. Um, Ish. What, nine, nine, niner? Niner. Nine. Niner, Niner, somewhere in there. Sounds right. pretty sober for Niner. Yeah. He's doing well. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and then and then we got home and we we cracked the uh, the cappuccino stout. Oh, oh that's a that's, that's why he's so awake. It's a big beer, but yeah, the cappuccino. Yeah, he said he said good morning. <laughs> All right, Greg, you're in the running, man. Oh, 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 one more thing, Greg. How oh, yeah. how was that paleo at downtown? Oh, it was good. It was good. good. Tasty. Um, uh, we talked to Colin a little bit. He said he may have sparged a little high. We're getting a lot of breadiness off of it. Uh, a little, uh, <laughs> little, little, little bready. He wants you to go by and taste yeah, it before yeah, it goes yeah, off. Yeah, I'm going to hit so up there. Get, so get up there already. So I'm glad I can play your uh, personal messaging service yeah, while th- I'm Thanks for that. In. You're a good courier. A- a- anytime. anytime. I'm bored already. All right. All right. Thank you, Greg. Donsky. All right. You, Greg. Yep.
See you on Warcraft, buddy. Speaking of sparge. Yeah. You want to look at that chick's tits again? Yeah. Yes. I already sparged yep. earlier today. Oh. When I got sent the picture <laughs> at, at like noon. There's a new emoticon of sparging. You want to oh, see it? Oh, it was the most efficient sparge I've ever done, I think. Right there. What's the new emoticon? I can't see. Oh, there we go. It's a boob emoticon? Well, it's a boner squirting on boobs. Oh, boners. Boob. I see. It's a sparge boob. Yeah. Boogicon. Yeah. I batch sparged like eight times today. <laughs> to, the, I, to faceless zombie picture? Once I got faceless zombie girl. Flies. Can you forward that to me? I, I can. need to check it for Viber. That would be wrong. It was sent to me. And, um, All right. Well, dude, send it to me. Yeah. Once more than one person has it, then it can yeah. go viral. That's where it gets crazy. Yeah. See, they can trust me that I'm not going to put it on the right. net. But I don't JP, know how to do let's that Let's face shit. it. You're JP. I am JP. <laughs> you know what I'm getting at here. I do. Uh, okay. The listeners are already asking Code to probably hack in and get that picture <laughs> adjusted. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Code's probably telling them, hey, you guys want me to do that? Yeah. I think Code does have access to all my computers. He probably knows my porn habits more than I do. Uh, all right, uh, here's a little comment from the, the chat. Um, Jago, Jago Fenizer? Jago Finzer? Jag Offenizer. Jack Offenizer. Okay, Jack Offenizer. I'm going to jag off. Eh? Says he's been brewing for a year and took home four medals at his local comp today because of the BN. Oh, nice. Thank you. Four, well, four medals. That's pretty good, man. All right, also, it looks like we have uh, Sarah 36C on the line. Our first. Uh, no, I'm not applauding her because I'm, I'm underwhelmed by her now with her leopard print. Bra. No, no, no. Sarah, what's up? Here's the thing. Yeah. Some people like to keep their dignity. And just because you've got the full-on, full-frontal does not mean that you need to get all excited. Bevo, you shut up over there. Well, Dignity is overrated. It wasn't full-frontal. <laughs> she had her leg up over the, the other bits. It's true. We only saw the top bits. Yeah. True. Yeah. Okay. I applaud your dignity. Well, anyway. <laughs> I'm going to fucking Thank cut you. her mic off, I swear to God. Bevo's? Yes. Yeah. Don't cuss at her. You can cut her off, but don't cuss at her. I'm She's not. I'm cussing mother. at you. I'm cussing at you. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> For not cutting her mic right. off. Right. Uh, all right, well, Sarah, listen, your boobs have done well for you. You have nothing to complain about. You've gotten two drunk of the weeks. Also that you yeah. earned because you were drunk. Well, so yeah. You yeah. were crunk. And possible, uh, maybe, well, running for thing. best new, um, what is that, I'm best not, new I'm color. not complaining at all. I'm not complaining in the least bit. Well, you're the I'm starter. Well, if you've ever met you a know, dude before. I can before, hold my liquor. If, if you've ever met a dude before, you, you, you must understand that, that sending a dude bare breasts is always going to top bra breasts. Right. I mean, let's not be bitter because... Boy, especially you know. that discount rack bra you got there. Oh, it was hey. good-looking bra. You. It's all right. Apparently, it made me look Latino, so... <laughs> that shit was not me. I did not say that. Don't look at me. It was not my ass. <laughs> but that's what you meant, JP. Well, no. Wow. Well, Sarah, listen. <laughs> I still love your pictures. They were very good pictures. Oh, picture. how many did you see? Well, now there's just one. There's just the one. You're holding out on us. I just want to say hi, mm. and I actually I did I want to play for Junk of the Week. You're but, back in. Um, right. I figured. Well, I thought I would let other people have a chance because oh, I. So you're not in. Okay. Why? Well, no, I'm. Fuck, I'm in. But... All right, Sarah's in. What have you had? What's your resume? <laughs> okay. So, we started pretty early. Like, 
one Eastern time. So you guys I want to look at the other like chicks' boobs while Sarah's talking? Absolutely. Right. Yeah, that'd be awesome. So you can just imagine me in that face where they got uh, erased from there. So anyway. <laughs> um, I like how Sam stands up in the background like there's an obstacle. <laughs> well, there is. She's sitting in the booth answering phone calls uh, in the back. Carry on, Sarah. Don't mind us. You, you can. You can. Okay. Take. Okay. Okay. She's a so I had um, Sierra Nevada <laughs> torpedo. Then I had. Um, we went to a baseball game, and I actually had five uh, flying dog raging bitches there. Wow. That Jeez. got a little intense. Damn. Did yeah, that cost like a hundred bucks at the ballpark? <laughs> yeah. It, yeah. It, was, um, it got a little crazy. So I kind of had a pull back, and then we went to Mexican. Uh-huh. So I had half a picture of this Equis. Which was kind of wow. bland after I had the nice Belgian IPA. Uh-huh. Um, so then, yeah, and exactly. Then what happened? It was Mexican. It was cheap Mexican. I was hungry. So then we Double came home, and then I had, I think, two torpedoes, and then uh, two Sam Adams. Okay. Out of 248. That's a lot of beer. That's Not pretty bad. good, babe. That's a good yeah. resume. Yeah, well, I tried to spread it out. It was over the whole day. I love you. Okay. All right, you're okay. in the Sarah. You are in the running, wow. and um, you know. Good job. Listen, we still love you. Don't don't yeah. feel uh, you know. Don't feel like you have to send naked pictures to us now. But <laughs> you know, which would not be bad at all, though. I well, mean, it might I mean, be pretty awesome. Look, we're not going to delete the the email oh, yeah. if you did. I'm yeah, just saying. we wouldn't think it was not awesome, <laughs> right? Or undignified, <laughs> right? You would still keep your dignity, Bevo. Bevo. <laughs> I, I do appreciate Sarah because uh, her initial bra thing, it served as a springboard for right. this guy to, so, you know. Yeah. He I, had to step it up. Do you know how right. excited and I am that this I, is launching a whole, like a whole new Drunk of the Week it's a, saga? It's a solid right. trend you've right. started. Yeah. And, and, and if it weren't for Sarah, we, you're right, we may never have gotten the stepped up photograph. So, uh, once again, Sarah's really, Sarah, nice work, really made it happen for us. All right. Thank you very much, Sarah. Thank you, Justin. Have a good night. Okay, bye. And my aside, email is jp at the Bruno. Aside from being creepy, yeah, why is it? Yeah. Why does it matter to see listeners' wives' boobs as opposed to logging into your spank bank? Can I answer that? Well, Can I answer that? You have so much to learn. Maybe. It doesn't matter that <laughs> that, <laughs> Moscow's answer. that they're yeah. listeners' wives. They're tits. Right. First of all, bro, creeper. Yeah. More importantly, if. I'm going to answer the phone. Please stop talking. If Bebo's baby is a girl, how long before we ask to see his tits? Oh, 14. (laughs) Do you want Uncle JP to help you shop for another bathing suit? (laughs) Oh, man. Uncle JP. (laughs) I mean, I'm just being honest here. If this show goes on another, you know, 14 years, for example. I hope not. uh, Who will be our new call screener (laughs) if, if, if there's a young Moore lass? In the more lass, yeah. There's more lass. Sam, don't look at me like that. I don't like it. <laughs> Sam's like, if she takes, it, if she sexes you, will you give me one? <laughs> Sam's not like that. Schumann, Uncle Shushu will be like that. <laughs> but Sam's not like that. All right, we now have Roscoe in uh, North Dakota. Roscoe P. Coltrane, drunk of the week. Roscoe, what's happening, man? Oh, not too much. Drunk of the week. Uh, we're working on it. All right, what do you got? Rickle Rockle. Give us the resume. <laughs> I've been uh, brewing with my buddy. I, I actually have never brewed before, so working on it today, and then, I don't know, I've been wait, getting wait, away wait, from wait, wait. You did your first brew today? Yep. 
Yeah. Nice. All right. Congratulations. Well Did you have a couple uh, bag of hops, or what would you add? <laughs> yeah. Do you even care about the recipe? Generic hops. Do you write anything hops. down? Or right. But you drank all day as you were brewing, Roscoe. <laughs> uh, I'm afraid to say yes. Yes, I have. <laughs> all right. Tell us about your resume. What have you had to drink? Um. Well. Well, we have a bunch of IPAs. I guess I've been drinking, but then a bunch of. English Browns, I guess, have been down a bunch of those lately. So, put the other guy. Put the other guy. So, Roscoe, Roscoe, uh, do you drink craft beer normally? No, not too much. (laughs) So, you're being instructed by your friend about what you've had to drink because you don't even know what it was. I'm afraid to say yes. That's pretty good, though. That's pretty good. I'm giving points to Roscoe for not even knowing what's happening. It's like calling to the show and tell him you've been drinking. Yeah. So, a bunch of IPA, a bunch of English brown. Anything else your friend can translate? (laughs) I've had some Google. Um, No, that's about it, but we've been having a good day, but... How many pints of beer, how many glasses of beer would you say you've had? (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to dumb it down. Uh How many glasses of beer have you had? Approximately. Maybe 15 to 20. Wow. God oh, damn. 15 to 20. All right. Yeah. Roscoe, Roscoe, you, how did you like brewing? Roscoe. I loved it. Yeah. Oh, nice. Nobody got burnt. Pretty sure it was Roscoe. <laughs> yeah, but I like Roscoe. And, yeah. uh, and had you had your friend's homebrew before today, uh, before brewing today? Oh, yeah. Yes, I have. Yes. Yeah. So that's why you wanted to brew. That's why I'm, that's why I'm here. How yeah. many How many donairs have you had today? you got to be Canadian. How right? many what? Are you Canadian? No, heck no. Oh, no, I'm God. not. I thought for sure this No, dude he's from Canadian. North Dakota. I said that. But it That's doesn't mean that Canadian. he's not from Canada oh. and he lives in North Dakota. I thought Canadians enough. weren't allowed in North Dakota. Yeah, well. Mm. All right. Well, Roscoe, I hope you keep homebrewing. And, yeah, right. Uh, and if you, if you were to go to a bar tomorrow, what kind of beer would you order? Actually, I would want my buddy's beer because it's the best ever. Yeah. Wow. Oh, damn. Nice. Don't need to go to a bar. That's like in that's like in, in FM radio where they I'm make off. the caller do a shout out like to the DJ. Like that's <laughs> right. how good that. I'll tell you what. Right now, I'd like my buddy's beer on one hundred six point nine. One hundred six point nine is the bomb. Yeah, and it's free. I'm hooked on homebrew. Uh, okay. Yeah, hooked on homebrew. One hundred six point nine, the Brewing Network. Thanks you for just said the phrase that pays. <laughs> you win. Yeah. All right, Roscow. Uh, Roscow. <laughs> Roscow. Fuck Roscow. It. You're in the running for drug of the week. All right, thank you. <laughs> it sounds less than Except enthused. that they screen out that right. guy when they do that. <laughs> Take me out, Roscoe, will you? <laughs> I like the homebrew that pays on the Brewing Network. <laughs> All right. The Brewing Network. Yeah. What else? I don't even know, man. I think Bevo's going to call right now. <sighs> Did the, I do all my reads? Put the fetus back up. You did Adam and Eve. Yeah, you have Cleveland, not. Yep. Oh, and you did the uh, uh, beer smith. Yeah. And you did the homebrew or the beer yeah. fest. Thing. Good to go. You did all your reads, bud. Did we talk to Bevo's baby? We did talk to Bevo. Bevo baby. We did. Okay. How could you forget? He was like a, a an overweight man of color that from baby, the south. That baby was funny. I don't know. I was taking a crap. I couldn't hear it. Yeah, you missed out. Yeah. Missed out on some good stuff. Well, I'll listen to the archive. <sighs> I think I have a naked picture of a dude in my email now. Oh, oh, why Jesus. am I keep looking? That's gross. That's what you get. That's good. Wow, Bevo sounded Bevo real husky what? right there. I hope it's a dude. If it wasn't a dude. Really? It was 
the bad man. Maybe, the, maybe that was somebody's wife. <laughs> it was only the backside. It could have been a real not. Oh, oh no! Oh, it cool. a real bad wife. Be careful what you yeah. wish for. If you have sex with that girl, you'd be gay because it's a dude. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Beave, are we done? Uh, no, I guess we're no. Not done. I'm getting more. Um, caveman it takes her longer to type than it does to answer. In so. Grants Pass, Oregon, uh, you hung up too quick. Caveman. Color needs a phone. He caveman. Nice. <laughs> That's too bad. What is going on? All right, so here we have uh, three people in the running, and possibly Caveman if he calls back here real quick. We have Greg. Who went to downtown Joe's, had a few Tasty's beers over there, the pale ale between Tasty and Colin, went to Lagunitas, had their uh, Saison as well as their Goose. Then he had uh, hmm, some 1500 pale or something. No, New Dogtown pale. Yeah. Uh, then he had uh, Cantillon when he got home. He says he had about nine beer. About nine beer. About nine beer. Niner. You have to disconnect the line if you want him to call back. <laughs> then we had Sarah, 36C. <laughs> what was that, Jay? Like, Your official nickname. About to start the applause and yeah. thought the better of it. Yeah. Looks like she knitted that bra. <laughs> <laughs> the bring network? Uh, well, they're warm. Uh, she had a torpedo, five bitches, a half a pitcher of Dos Equis, and two something or other. Are you drunk? I can't read my own writing. She had a lot of beer. I she did have a lot she of beer. She did have a lot of beer, She, she, she kind of sounded like it, too. Hasn't she won for, like, okay. three consecutive weeks? I think, like, two of the yeah, last three. Two out of the last yeah. three, maybe. Yeah, yeah at least. And the, she it's only, Alonzo. She's not joking around. I got it. <laughs> She's not joking around. No, no. She's serious. She goes, loves to go to work hungover on Monday. She yeah. takes that craft beer lifestyle. To the fucking <laughs> no, degree, no nonsense. Man. It is no nonsense. Then we had Roscoe, <laughs> who is Moscow's cousin. Roscoe. Right. <laughs> from Russia. His <laughs> <laughs> Moscow's cousin from Russia, Roscoe. Yeah, the redneck Russian is Don't Roscoe. believe that North Dakota stuff. Uh, he had a bunch of IPA, a bunch of English brown, a bunch of other things he doesn't even know because his friend was translating. <laughs> But he, overall, he had 15 to 20 beers. Damn. Yeah. Glasses of beer. Glass. And now we have Alonzo on the line. Alonzo, <laughs> what's happening? Alonzo. Hey, you guys are fucking rock stars, apparently. If I cannot get through and it's just busy. Oops. Uh, really? <laughs> wow. That was weird. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'll just answer, Beave. I'll just take it direct. Who is that, though? The Ohio guy. Someone I don't know. Uh, Ohio, you're on the line. What's happening? Hey, this is Spider Wrangler. Spider! What's up, Spider? How you doing? What's going on, man? I'm good. Drunk of the week? Uh, that's what I'm calling for. All right. What's your resume, man? Um, I started out with uh, Avery Karma, uh, followed that with an Orval. Um, had some blackberry cider, a uh, couple of homebrew smoked robust porters, um, Bigfoot 2010 uh, alongside a Bigfoot 2011. Wow! Uh, homebrewed pale ale, uh, tall grass oasis. I am drinking more homebrewed robust smoked porter, um, and my wife is at least as drunk and more stoned than I am. <laughs> um, okay. 
So, and she has a boob picture that I can also send that uh, does not have her boobs in a bra. Oh! That's okay. JP yeah. at thebrewingnetwork.com. some nipples, and I have it on my computer, and I can send that. J- uh, JP at the Brewing I can Network. put you on the phone with her if that will... Uh, yes. All right, you go, do the, you go do the email, which, as you know, is justin at it's the Brewing JP. Network.com. It sounds a lot like yeah. Justin, but it's shorter and easier and, to type. Uh, Spider, put your wife in the line. What's her name? Uh, her her name is Prissy. Here she is. Prissy. Prissy. I will, I will in email. Room. I heard Trissy and Prissy. Moscow, could you put beer Prissy. in that for me anywhere? I don't care. You know, I got some Any kind of beer. beer Bring beer in here. or s- Send Sam. He's not doing anything. He has a boner. You can't move. Chrissy. I have a huge boner. <laughs> All right. Here she is. All right. Thank you. Hello. Hi, Chrissy. Hi, Chrissy. <laughs> Listen to Hi, you so... <laughs> Hi, Chrissy. My husband listens to you a lot. A great. Like... He listens to your podcast on his iPod and does the dishes and, like, sits by himself and laughs out loud <laughs> when nobody's paying attention to him. So, so. We, we keep him out of your hair, it sounds like. Yeah, he kind of has a boy crush on you. Nice. Nice. All of you. So, right. yeah. So, he's sending you the picture right now of my breast. Fantastic. And let me tell you, they're beautiful. So, wrong so you'll appreciate it a lot. Stellar. Chrissy, hang on. You had me at breasts. <clears throat> Chrissy, you, I have breasts. You, you have no qualms about it? Like, it's, you know, you're just proud of them and it's all good? Like, how do you feel about it? Um, no, I'm okay. As long as you're not. Oh, Ryan's telling me to tell you how much I've had to drink this evening. Yeah, tell us that. Um, I've had. I've had two 22 ounces of our homebrew cider, so that's 44 ounces of cider. All right. I've, I've had one woodpecker cider, which is from England. I wasn't so excited. I'm gluten-free, so I can't drink regular beer, which sucks ass it big does, time. It, I would say suck ass also. Yeah. And then I had two um, gluten-free wits that Ryan has brewed for me that were very, are very, very tasty. Nice. And I've also smoked a lot of cousin, like a lot. How much? Evening. How so, much is a lot? Like a dime bag. Well, two very full bowls so far. Oh, that's quite a bit. And I'm ready for my third. Yeah. And how would you that's describe it? Are we talking like you know diesel? High quality. Or, okay. So what color? Yeah. What color would you describe it as? Oh, bright green. I'm. I live in chronic pain on a regular basis, and that's how I deal with life. Oh, I'm so, sorry to hear that. Like, good, good quality green cousin. Oh. Beautiful red and green and sticky. <laughs> is it like a strawberry, or is it like okay. grape ape, or Purple. AK-47, Mango or what? grape? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Yep. No, it's, it's... You got them perps? No kind of fruity flavors. It's all very cannabis flavored. Nice. Herbal, herbal, Ryan says. Very herbal and oh, sticky. Herbal. How, yeah, so, how so far you've described pot. <laughs> <laughs> right. What? I mean, actually, you've described pot if you're over the age of 17 and can afford good pot. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yes, yep. yes, yep. yes. Yep. I'm, near, I'm nearing 30 now, so I can, just, I can afford very good pot. Yeah. So, yeah. So would you say would you say that you are high all day, every day? Yes. Yep. 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 Yes. How about all day, every day? Do you also have a job? I I crochet. I have an online crochet business. Oh, nice. And I make things like backpacks. You can do that, Stone. You're rad, Chrissy. Yeah, yeah, yeah no, I, I totally it. do it, Stone. Yeah, no, I make ass hats and other things that are fabulous. Like, no, never mind. 
Oh, I got the boobs. <laughs> I got the boob pick. Wow. Oh, he has the boobs. I no, got the boobs. That's fabulous. fabulous. That's a serious boob Yeah, he got those. <laughs> serious boob. You were kidding. You those are boobs. Right that, that's full frame boobage no, right there. No BS. Nothing else in the background. Chrissy, you're nothing a lovely young lady. And uh, the only thing uh, that was keeping me from loving you was this boob pick. Now that it's here, I love you. Yeah. And I'm glad you love me. Yeah. Uh, That's fabulous. I don't like talking on the phone, so I'm giving you back to Ryan now. Well, well here's yeah, what's you're, happening you're with Chrissy. Great. She here's all the pluses. She's high all the time. <laughs> she knit, <laughs> she knits things. She drinks good beer. And she got a big rack. And she's a big yeah. rack. What else is? Uh, uh, yeah. uh, looks like Ryan oh, should change. Tasty is actually on a flight hey. to Ohio right yeah, now. I don't right. know if you knew that, but he left. While the room. still being in the room, uh, I'll bring yeah. some of that Weird. green purple stuff. Nice, I, nice work, Spider. Hey, Ryan, you should change your oh, name from you. Spider Wrangler to Tit Wrangler. Look at those things. Uh, I, I will do that in the chat as soon as I get off the phone with you. I like how uh, Ryan I, started it out where he was like. There's a little bit of nipple in the, in the photograph. There, there's a, there's a, a significant amount of nipple in there. It's all nipple. Uh, you're a lovely couple, and uh, I gotta admit, uh, the, like once again, the, the trend is fantastic, isn't it, Bevo? Everyone just and, and uh, just, just to put some numbers on those, uh, yeah. those thirty-six double D. Yeah, oh, wow. double D. Oh, yeah. Okay. Next time, D. if I can just offer some f- photographic advice, uh, get a little no, more top angle can't. because uh, they're right on front and they don't look that big. They look big. But they don't look like double D. So if you look at a little top angle on them, you get to see uh, more of the kind well, of incline. Those look and, huge, yeah. man. They're big. <laughs> they dwarf her hand. No, I'm just, just saying. Once again, just saying. taking that just horse's saying. mouth and stretching no, it open. No, 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 no. Climbing inside no. to take a look. Hey, man. Hey, man. <laughs> I'm just saying. She's got a little bit of hands. <laughs> those are giant. <laughs> those are double double. That's a giant so handful she has there in both hands. Bevo, aren't you feeling left out? Can't even hold them. All right. Well, Spider, let me tell you what I've done. I've put uh, both you and Chrissy in the running for Drunk of the Week. So you you have double the chance for your household to win Drunk of the Week. Oh, and... All right. All right. Jay, you you should have another another email. Cheers. I'm actually fielding some of these to you from the chat. What's going on? Are we getting more boob? Yeah. We should have... God damn. From from Greg, I believe. So, well, we got to be careful because otherwise you know, people, the the they'll just start Google imaging boobs and sending Well, that one's just, pictures. the one yeah. I'm getting now is just a couple middle fingers and no boobs. Also, oh. it, for some reason, it comes through upside down. Oh. oh which no. I'm willing to work with. Let me see if I can just maneuver around. Uh. And, uh, no, it's an angry middle finger with no boobs. Too much sore yeah. neck for not enough reward there. I do respect the, uh, the feminism, though. Well, well done. Good job. Uh, okay. All right. Are we ready to vote? No, last call. This is the guy from Grants Pass that I hung up on. Okay. All right. Oh, this is kind of rude, don't you think? What's his Shut name? Shut up. What's his name? I don't know. I uh, sent it to you, but I forgot. Grants Pass guy. Hi. Who are we talking to? I'm Caveman Brewer. My name is Steve. What size are they, Caveman? Oh, sorry. Wrong. <laughs> uh, my fault. Uh, caveman, what have you had to drink tonight? Well, tonight, well, today, I've had about... Four pints of my Mutton's IPA Bitter, which I brewed on Jamil's advice, which actually it was just mediocre. Um, I had about seven <laughs> is that German J- pills. <laughs> Whose fault was that? <laughs> Did I pass that? it off on Jamil? Yeah. Well, it was one of those ones he recommended, you know, trying the, the ones, you know, beer in a can. 
Okay. Oh, the can. The, 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 yeah, I know. The, yeah, yeah, the kit. Yeah, so it's the Mutton's, uh, their IPA bitter. And it, it, was, it came out okay, but it was just mediocre. Okay, what else? Um, I've had um, some German Pilsner that me and my buddy brewed. Um, I've had about seven pints of that. Wow. All right. I've had three pints of Dusseldorf Alt. All right. And the last one I just finished was a Lompoc C-Note IPA Imperial IPA. <laughs> that was just one of those, I hope? <laughs> You're still uh, standing? A 22-ounce, yeah, just one. A uh, 22-ounce. Currently... bummer, wow. And I'm currently oh. working on a um, barley wine that I brewed a year and a half ago. That's about a 9.5% ABV uh, barley wine. Keeps going up in alcohol here. So is he 7, 8, 9? Yep. The next one I have ready uh, in the lineup is a uh, Scottish oh. Wee Heavy, which actually finished at 13% ABV. I'm counting, <laughs> I'm counting 16 beers. One of them, at least one of them, is a 22, and he's God still damn. going. I think somebody in the background oh, was objecting yeah. to his last. I think it was a plans. macaw in the background. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what? I'm More? I'm planning on going until I pass out. <laughs> that that you <laughs> are. There's that macaw. You are well. Yeah. yeah. And your wife's like, you away. bet your ass you are. <laughs> and what? Sorry. No, nothing. All right, caveman, you're in the running for drunk of the week. All righty, guys. Cheers, brother. Love your show. You've helped me a bunch, and you've helped me win some competitions. Nice. And uh, yeah, I I did do the BJCP test recently, and oh. I'm still waiting for my darn results. Oh, it happened. Nice job, later. though. Good job taking that Very test. Cool. Everyone should try it at yeah, least once. You look, yeah. you're, you're coming along really yeah. well. Sounds great. <laughs> I'm, glad right. you're, I'm glad you're in training tonight. With uh, <laughs> I am trying. All right. Thanks, brother. Cheers, man. All right. Cheers. All right, there you go, caveman. Mrs. Spider Wrangler just uh, apparently just said, wait, was that on the radio, like live radio? <laughs> <laughs> no, don't worry no, about no, it. No. Don't worry, nobody's just, just a podcast. No. Nobody's just a podcast. And then I guess um, you can also kind of see him on the video. <laughs> no way. No, you can't. No, you can't. All right. That's bullshit. No way. Well, no. someone's saying, someone's The lying. listeners will They're take a frame scared. by frame yeah. out of that. And <laughs> right someone's Save lying, it. then. No, nobody has to worry about that. You can't see it on the video. I made sure of it. I hey. can look at it right now and double check. You can't see it. Hey, before we vote, Justin, can yeah. I ask you about BNA6 on behalf of everyone who is wondering? Yeah, uh, BNA6, it's yeah. June 15th. <clears throat> yeah, can we get Steel Panther to play? Can White Labs uh, swing that? Yeah. I don't know about that. I can get Deadbolt to play. Well, let's just try Worth asking. Yeah. Are we the only ones that care, though? What is it, a Wednesday night? Yeah, we're the only ones. Maybe a gray white, too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Chad. Or the Nelson. Those two acoustic guys. Remember those guys? The Nelson brothers? Yeah, you mean Winger? Where are they? Nelson. Full Nelson, what was that? Full oh, Nelson and Nelson. Yeah, it was just yeah. called Nelson, I think. Nelson. Yeah, yeah. it was just got on. JP, read the last line in the chat. This is who Bevo, uh, whose taste in music is even worse than mine, wants, uh, wants us to get to play. <laughs> She's probably made Sam learn this song before too. I can't hear it. I don't know what it is. Where's your headphones? Hold on, little yes, girl. Yes, I love this song. Show me what he's done to you. <laughs> By the way, Sam just committed suicide right here in the studio. Broken heart can't be that bad when You like this one, Chad? I saw you. Did. I just saw you rocking out to it. That's a little uh, twitch. Oh, it's a twitch. <laughs> This is offensive to people like Nathan. Yeah, I don't know about this. Oh, God. Oh, Jigsaw, up in that, though. 
Moscow, take notes. This song will get you laid right here. Wait on line. CJP notes. It'll get you laid. Love this song. It's the song you play in line for a gangbang. <laughs> I'm next. I'm in line. You're right. cutting. No cutting. Who's poking? See if you can find some Nelson. I do remember those videos. Oh, man. Who's they Line for gangbang. Yeah, you know, you're like chubbing up. You you're sort of halfway, half-hearted. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. You know. <laughs> chubbing it up. Yeah. Oh, I think this is what they sang. <laughs> oh, God. What is didn't, they, didn't these two die of the AIDS in a fire? I think so. Yeah. <laughs> I hope so. Just like an angel. Oh, God. Is that what you have in mind, Chad? Oh, he just wanted so to see bad. their long flowing hair. I just remember again. that like album cover in like middle school or something. You know, these chicks are hot. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, from far away, you're yeah. like, who are they? Oh, shit. <laughs> uh, actually, playing at uh, BNA 6 this year, it's going to be at the White Labs um, new building. They've got a new building. And I'd like to introduce our headlining Whoa. band. White Snake. Whoa. Just booked. Yeah. Nice. Moscow. Oh, just got, booked. Just confirmed. Moscow's been working on it all show long. So all that White Snake stuff in the beginning wasn't just a bunch of, you know, yeah, it with time wasting. Well, it won't be David Coverdale. It'll be the rest of the band that he fired <laughs> will be playing. And and uh, JP and I will actually be the lead singers. Oh, yeah. But the rest of the band will be White Snake, the original White Snake, playing at BNA6. And uh, you have, Ta- like, Tawny Catane is going to show up yeah. high on painkillers. Yeah. We now like to call her Granny Catane, but she will be crawling across the stage. Uh, we'll actually put a car out in front of the stage exactly. for her to, to crawl over. She awesome. is like 54 years old now, but I'm just saying. Yeah. There's we'll help be, her up on the hood of the car. We're going to put a 1977 El Camino just out in front of the stage, and she'll be sitting on top of that. <laughs> old Granny Katane. Fielding questions. Yeah. Uh, followed up, of course, by everybody's favorite band, Twisted Sister. Why didn't we pick Man. them as one of the, uh, of the opening? Sam has an El Camino. He's been restoring it for the last 30 years. No. It's currently growing grass on the inside. I wanna ride. That'd be perfect for your show. If I will, yeah. Once again, I will give JP $20 yeah. if Nate did not enjoy this song yeah. as a child. Oh, I love this song. <laughs> yeah. I, I was like, this Oh, this is this must be heavy metal. That heavy metal I keep hearing about. Oh yeah. Yeah. What all the kids all the parents are up in arms about. Yeah. 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 This was what we used to call no. an no. album cut because no. it was after the first single. You know, thinking back, I used to think of it as pure glam production back then, yeah, but listening yeah. to it now, it's, it's a little hard. The production's it's a little raw. Punk. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty raw production. Well, and his uh, the shade of lipstick, fucking awesome. <laughs> Nobody was wearing that shade. He went bold right out of the gate, man. I got you. Gotta you gotta respect that shit. That's true. Well, of course, there was the the single that "Stay Hungry." This is the album. It's called. Yeah, exactly. Oh, this this video. This was the song. This was the video too. Like this yeah. video was awesome. This is all it took right here. Yeah. Even being yeah. this come on. Walking through that house and she snarling. was snarling exactly yeah. with the uh, top ramen for hair and yeah. shit like that. <laughs> it was all crimped. <laughs> 
totally crimped, yeah. I don't even think I was four. I crimped my tail after this. Oh, I had a, my rat tail? Oh, this was, this was the toughest thing yeah. I'd ever heard Well, at the yeah, time, you were a desert dog. Oh, of course. It was tough. Yeah, it was the toughest yeah. thing I'd ever heard. Yeah, tough in lipstick. Yeah, right. <laughs> this is, I know. This is what Lita Ford wanted to be. They it were basically, yeah. Uh, they were hard. Were you a uh, quiet riot guy, too? Yeah, I, I guess Quiet Wyatt was around the same time. I mean, I was really looking for Slayer, I guess, but that was a good, you know, step in the right direction. I, I think Quiet Riot was too old for me. You know what I mean? They were a little. It was like they were me. like two yeah. years earlier, two or three years earlier. I mean, maybe, I was like yeah. six or seven. Yeah. I, don't know, I didn't know that shit from anything, man. Quiet Riot was real Connecticut, though. Yeah. Like this, yeah. Yeah. Shit they, my they older like. cousin loved those guys. Yeah. Here he you had go. the mask and everything. This was their hit, man. I don't know why. Oh, yeah. You know the uh, come on, feel the noise? Come is spelled C-U-M. It, it is. is. And yeah, noise yeah. with a Z. Yeah. yeah. That's right. Yeah. Oh, JP knew both of it, and he's not even looking at it on screen. No, fuck that shit. I know That's, this motherfucker. They may have introduced that spelling of the word to... Is that where I don't know. I'm guessing now. I've never thought of that before. I'm going to edit that into Wiki to make it a fact. All right. <laughs> All right. Nate, here's one for you. Was this one... Uh, I'm not going to tell you who it is, but was this one right. uh, too commercial, or, or was it for its time... Hardcore, and I mean the artist. All right. Okay. Honest opinion. Oh, I can't tell who it is yet. Oh, okay, got it. You gotta wait uh, for that second part. I mean, good pop music, but it was—it didn't fit into that whole like metal thing at all. Yeah, it was no, pop, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Billy Idol, which Huge. I liked, but mo, it wasn't—it wasn't metal. No. It was it was hard rock. I don't think it was met. well. Yeah. Maybe country rock. Or, or I don't. It just felt manufactured. Well, it depends like on what rock. was going on at the time. Right. That's how you got to measure it. And uh, by the way, Spider Wrangler just made the picture of his wife's tits a link oh, in the oh, chat room. Man, let us hear the chorus. Oh chat damn, room. he is drunk. He's gonna regret yeah. that later. Yeah, so no all kidding. ten people in the chat room. Let me hear the chorus of this, will you please? Yes. Midnight Owl. I'll sing it for you. You like this one too? The rebel, yeah. oh, Tasty's into it, yeah. Mo, I like this mo, one. It's mo. a classic, you know? It's a classic. We might have to do this one with JT. We're the rebel, yeah! yeah. Grab mo, 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 mo. Right. Oh, I'll sing the ready. fuck out of that song. He's ready. Alright, so here's another one that I did not consider rock. At the time that it was popular, I was too. I felt that I was too hardcore back then. I was yeah. too white snake and all that. With your rat tail. But later on, I ended up going back to them and and liking it. All right. So, you tell me, Nate. <laughs> bon Jovi. Yeah. Oh yeah. Because this was this was pop glam. This, there was glam glam, which was pretty. Right. You think it was pop glam? And then there was this pop song? glam. I don't know. You think, what does Nate think? It, it definitely made it more mainstream. I remember seeing... Yeah. They met- outsold everybody. Oh, yeah. I remember seeing metalheads in my high school that wear like Led Zeppelin t-shirts and stuff who definitely would, would rock this stuff, too. Oh, though. they would? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, see, yeah. I, didn't, I didn't experience that. In my crew, yeah. if you like Led Zeppelin, you did not like Bon Jovi. No, it was, kind of, it was funny that way. For a while... Yeah. I did For a while, this- until Bon Jovi really, really blew up. Right. Yeah, for like a year before they really, really blew up. I did oh, those the same metal, shit. metal guys were into Bon Jovi for a little while, and then I, they had then they had to cover and ditch that. Yeah, well, I was into Bon Jovi. I had a Bon Jovi poster. 
I was into Bon Jovi, dude. Bon Jovi and Warrant, and then all that shitty punk rock. It was weird, man. Slippery when wet. Slippery when wet. Yeah, that, yeah. that album, oh, yeah. That album <laughs> probably still sells hundreds of thousands Fuck of copies yeah, does, a year, man. man. It's probably on like the you know the uh, the revived remastered, you know, because <laughs> yeah. well, you really need that shit remastered. And then there's of course the one that that nobody questions whether it was hardcore or not. Oh yeah, you can tell how hard it is. <laughs> I don't know what this is. Everyone, I mean this this was hard. This is piano man. Sam knows oh, it. Oh yeah, it's you know why Christian. Sam knows it? Yeah. The cheesy little Sony, he's white yeah. trash. If yeah. you can name this within three chords, <laughs> you're white trash. Yeah. Now you know that you're We can take a call for this one. Uh, Caller, you're on the air. What's happening? Okay. Who are we talking to? This is Roscoe. Roscoe, what's going on, man? Roscoe. Did you get them Duke boys or what, man? What's that? How you doing, buddy? You hanging in there? Oh, I'm hanging okay. in there. That's good. I'm glad to hear that. You know? You doing all right? Um, I'm doing pretty good. Tell us about what's going on. Well, I'm just hanging out with my buddies. We, uh... Yeah, that's too bad, man. That's too bad. Now you're still the running. Well, what do you think about all that stuff? Oh, I think it's pretty awesome. It's pretty new, the whole thing. So I think it's awesome. Well, you know, I think that way too. But what was your first? What was your first thought when you heard about it the first time? What's that? Yeah. Well, that's what I thought too. All right, Roscoe, you're uh, in there running for Drunk of the Week. I Did, can't say Roscoe. Didn't we just say uh, don't call back if he's, you think you're drunker? He's don't new. call back. Plus his friends. He is new. His friends are fucking with him. That is pretty good, though. I, I like I that. do like, well, you know. I wouldn't have answered, but Justin did. Roscoe gets uh, more points for that shit. That's pretty good. Yeah, his friends are like, call back. Call yeah. back. Here, drink this IPA. All right. Talk on this phone. All right. All right, Nate. Uh, inspiration yep. or retarded? Inspiration. Yeah. Yeah, especially especially in 1984 when this stuff was really hidden. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody could play faster than Eddie Van Halen at that time. No. You know. Now, Chad, old school rap guy, reggae guy, even you guys oh, like Van this Halen, song, for right? Sure. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. I don't know about any other Van Halen really though. I mean, the earlier, maybe some of the earlier stuff a little bit, but what? The Sammy Hagar stuff, I don't know about that. Are you no. telling me that a guy who who plays hard like you can't enjoy a little Hoffer teacher? This is... This oh, is, yeah. This, this is classic. Is, this is hey, also a classic. This like isn't Van Hagar, is it? No, no, no. Not this Van Hagar. This is right. Van Hagar. That's what I was Van saying. Hagar I'm saying. Yeah. Jump was also... Right, but he was talking about the Sammy Hagar stuff. And you're like, about you can't after. appreciate this? Oh, yeah, I thought after. you meant only that one song. No, 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 no. This, uh, this era, this album. Yeah. You like David Lee Roth era? Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's Van Halen, not Van Hagar. Right. Dude, you know who does a rad cover of this song? Live. Yeah, that's true. Fucking rad. Yeah, by the way, Moscow hasn't spoken in 10 minutes because he doesn't know any of this music. Yeah. <laughs> Moscow yeah. is 17 years old. Hey, Moscow, I got my pencil. High five, Moscow. Are you forgetting that I'm a Rush fan? Oh, that's right. That predates all this. <laughs> and that's why you're angry because we're talking about this stuff and you're like, yeah. dude. You're like, come on. Let's put you guys in your butt rock. Yeah. yeah. I don't feel tardy. <laughs> Ow. 
There's a bunch of listeners right now in their car on their commute that are waking up. Air guitar. Yeah. What do you think the teacher's going to look like this year? Thanks for tuning in, everybody. We gotta go. We're yes. off. Uh, are we off next week? Yes. yes. We're off next week. Uh, when we come back a week later, we have. Did we choose the drunk? Of the yeah. Week? Who won drunk of the week? Oh. <laughs> Nobody shall know. Good effort there, buddy. Okay. Uh, Greg, Sarah, Roscow, Spider, Chrissy, or Caveman. All pretty drunk. Do you need me to go over their lists? No. No. All nope. right. Raise your hand if it's Greg. Good. Uh, raise your hand if it's Sarah. Okay. Raise your hand if it's Roscow. Rosdower. Yeah. Rosdower. Uh-huh. It's over. Uh, Beba, was that a hand? That's or done. Not? We're over. It was, yeah. but I changed my mind. Okay. All right. All right. Beba should your, vote with her boobs. Raise your baby. hand if it's Spider. Okay. All right. Uh, raise your hand if it's Chrissy. Double D. She's yeah, drunk enough yeah. to admit that thing into the yeah, world. <laughs> that's a good call. That's a good call. And raise your hand if it's Caveman who did very well. Sam, by the way, voted every time. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I just He's a neutralizer. Uh, Devo's voting for, for two. New home brewer, new listener, Roscow is our drunk of the week. Chrissy, hey, you keep at it, sweetheart. You did a good job tonight, yeah. and uh, thank you for that. All right, uh, we're off next week. We'll see you next time. Cheers. Yeah. Oh,